ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, we're having just about every technical problem that I can possibly seem to have on the show so far. So uh, welcome, and please uh, have some patience for us if uh, everything falls apart at the seams. Uh, anyway, Dee, take it away, my friend, and uh, tell people what they can and cannot do. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome. Hope everybody had a great week so far. This show is for educational and ed- educational and... Educational entertainment purposes only. You have to be 21 and over. Uh, thanks, D. Uh, my, yeah, ev- literally everything is broken at the moment. Uh, I was trying He's to start broken. the... Uh, the show earlier and all of a sudden like everything I was literally actually just trying to copy and paste the link for Mr. Toad and for some reason my computer would only right click like it would just only right click and then basically I was like oh great I'm going to do a show with a computer that can only right click so I was like okay I got to restart the computer and now it's taken 25 minutes to restart the computer and now nothing works like I can't get my video working and everything oh it's just wonderful so please everyone assume that my computer is working for now here let me actually make some co-hosts so that we don't accidentally fall off uh, there we go. Co-host, co-host, co-host. And uh, I realized, ladies and gentlemen, that there's just like a black image pretty much where I am. So that's a wonderful interview. Uh, but uh, the Zoom keeps telling me that it's trying to load the background and it's definitely not trying to do that. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. At least we can get this, uh, the show started. Uh, maybe I can hand it off to, to Mr. Toad or somebody for a second while I restart Zoom. Or I don't know, because it's kind of ridiculous to be interviewed by a black face, by just like a black screen, yeah. rather. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. What's That's that, Smash? You said blackface. I was like, you're amazing a little. I had to correct that a little bit. Anyway, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This show is for 21 and over, so even though I can't, uh, in fact, actually, I had to shut down Safari because that was broken too. Uh, So I don't have the whole list of uh, shenanigans that we're supposed to basically tell you you can't do. But in the meantime, for memory, ladies and gentlemen, this show is for 21 and over. If your uh, age restriction is something else, please follow that. Uh, This show is not cannabis related. Uh, You might think that it's cannabis related, but you're wrong. We used to talk about cannabis way back when, but that was in the way back way back before time. Now we only talk about exclusively fake cannabis. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a new business called uh, Hollywood Magic Cannabis. Uh, we're naming it right now with a dollar sign on the end with an S. Uh, I have FedExed everyone on the show, including Mr. Toad, everybody else before the show, uh, fake versions of cannabis. So when they're puffing on something, it's not actually real cannabis. So there's nothing to report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if, on the other hand, uh, you wanted to report something, if you were curious, uh, it's actually legal. Uh, believe it or not, we're not actually smoking cannabis, like I said in the show, but it's actually legal. Uh, we can grow, we can smoke, we can talk about it, we can toke it, we can give it to each other. Uh, so we wouldn't be breaking any laws, ladies and gentlemen, but just in case, just in case we are smoking the fake version of cannabis, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, once again, uh, no extreme dieting things on this show, no teaching anything about hacking, no stealing, no, what's the other one, no violent stuff of any kind. We definitely don't teach you how to make any kind of bombs uh, and what else, uh, uh, no, pretty much no shenanigans whatsoever, drugs. ladies and gentlemen. No drugs, no hard drugs whatsoever, that's exactly right, Smash. Uh, if you hear us talking about any kind of drugs, uh, at, like a story from our past or something, that is a fictionalized story of our past, and you should never under any, any circumstances assume that we are pro-drugs. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, let me hand it off to D. Uh, and uh, guys, if you can, uh, uh, well, first of all, uh, Mr. Toad, welcome. Uh, basically, uh, we can just say hello here. I'm going to try to restart Zoom so that I can hopefully maybe come back and actually do a proper interview. Guys, chat for a couple seconds, see if I can fix this uh, shenanigans. D, are you host right now? Yes, you are host. No, you are not host. Yeah. Now you are host. Oh. Boom, there okay. you are. Okay. All right, gentlemen, we'll be right back. All right, well, let's continue with intros.
Flora, but what's up, everyone? I hope you're having a good day. Um, I might be trimming in a little bit. I'll show you some of the Pacuolo. Awesome to see Mr. Toad on. Um, there's Fumi. Fuck, finally. Uh, Holy shit. Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> Abducted and back from the pro. That's it. Yeah. All right, post Fumador. Right, man, those things can go sideways. Somewhere. Oh, right on. Cheers, guys. Uh, by the way, I, I couldn't hear anything while I was gone, so I don't know if you guys were talking about introductions or whatever. Did everyone go through their whole hellos and stuff? Right, oh, right on. Go for it, Flora. Oh, hey, what's going on? Um, got some, uh, some brunt, some sour strawberry, and uh, yeah, just chilling. We'll see uh, Toad on here. Uh, yeah, should be a good show. Yeah, man. Toad's been on as uh, just a, uh, I need to think of a better word for it, like as a guest, but I mean, I guess, what does that mean? What, what is that exactly? He's a guest now, but I mean, he was like stopping by. Now he's the actual guest. I need to think of a better word for that. Mr. Toad, welcome. Welcome as an official guest. It's nice to see you. Uh, how do I say this? I think I don't know nearly enough about your breeding or honestly, as uh, you as a person, we've sort of known each other in passing. And I think a lot of us basically are that way. It's nice to actually finally make your acquaintance. What's, uh, what's the good word, buddy? Welcome. How y'all doing? Uh, just kicking back uh, right now. Let's see. I'm smoking some SR71 purple fish. I was packing some seeds and putting them away from a recent breeding project. Besides that, it's been kicking it, man. I appreciate y'all having me on here. Thank you and respect. I'm really happy. that. If, well, thank you very much, by the way, for the patience getting the show started. Uh, not everybody is as patient as you have been. You've been very, very chill the, the whole time. So thank you very much for that. I think you understand that, you know, not everything goes according to plan sometimes. How did you get started, Mr. Toad? I think a lot of us don't actually know. How did you get started? I know in the medical scene, but it's been a while now. And I'm, I'm asking you that because uh, I think some people get a really different... Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think people get a really different beginning to how they begin in cannabis, and that basically influences their entire journey, I think, in cannabis. But, you know, we can get to that. How did how did you get started? Oh, my breeding started because my grandfather died from cancer. Hmm. He had throat cancer so bad, they wanted to remove the bottom of his jaw and put radioactive rods in there and kind of use them as a guinea pig to see what would work for future can cancer patients. And when he passed away, he was screaming for cannabis and my mom. That's the only two things he wanted at the end of his life. Hmm. Because of that, I went from just being a dumb fucking giggling stoner to a dude that became dead serious about a plant. And it hmm. now became something that was more than just what I used to escape the world and was something that other people wanted when escape wasn't an option. And, you know, I was always looking for a way out, and those people wanted just another second. And with cannabis, they believed they could have it. And it kind of just made me become more serious. And I started to breed in 96 for the mm. purpose of making some lines for my grandfather, my Uncle Butch, and my cousin Danny, all three of which who died from different forms of cancer. Um, my uncle also had seizures from uh, falling through a roof when he was 19. He spent the rest of his life having massive seizures to the point where he had been pronounced dead three different times wow. woke up in the morgue twice and slab and shit um so for me cannabis became something of more than just my own personal drug and it became something that i wanted to use to help other people so that they never had to scream for cannabis one more day in their life so mm -hmm. somebody's grandmother have another day with a grandson or a granddaughter or their own daughter or son so they could spend an extra minute 
smiling instead of dying. That's, that's what I breed for. So in my early days, I went from doing that to where I got hired at a club locally and ended up using the patient base there to steer the lines that I bred for and the directions for the patients that were actually coming in for a hit that helped them for these diseases and uh, disorders that they had, and not just for cats that were getting high, because you can get high off it, basically, any kind of weed. But it takes specific cultivars and terpene profiles and cannabinoids to treat different uh, things, even when people are dying. Not that it's going to cure anything, but if you have cancer, there's a way to help you ease that without just getting you fucked up. Right? Because a lot of people in the older days, uh, when they are dying, or even young children, they don't need to be cloudy from being stoned. Mm. They they just need to have the effect of those cancer fucking cells dying. And you can do that without getting a bite. And without people recognizing that and breeding for that, we'd still all just be smoking the same weed that got us fucked up. We wouldn't have anyone breeding for different cannabinoids and terpene profiles that benefit all of us. I was going to say, how did you know that uh, yeah. the, the the strains and the lines that you were working were effective? Did the patients basically tell you, oh, I mean, what did they tell you? Well, it started off with me being a clone guy. Um, I had carried 176 different moms around with me, and I used to offer clones to everywhere. Then the club showed up, and I was able to get in there and start doing it. And I became a consultant in the club, working at the club. I made edibles at the club. Uh I did everything basically at the club. Fucking, I worked six days a week, ten hours a day, fucking doing everything, and then came home and did my own business and edible companies. And in that process, we had a patient base of four to six hundred people. So I was able to find people that would say, like, I could find twenty people that all had uh, different forms of uh, seizures, right? Or I could find a group of people that had MS, or another group of people that were dealing with cancers. And each one of those, when they come in, they would ask for specific cultivars. And when people were dying, our club didn't charge them. We'd give you what you uh, needed if you asked for it. Uh, we weren't going to give you an ounce, but you'd come and get a gram from us. You could get a couple of grams. You could get an eighth. We, eventually, we had our uh, vendors giving us specific percentages of what we sold of theirs for free for us to offer to the sick patients that way. And these sick people would take the cultivar they asked for. Say someone came in and asked for uh, super silver haze, right? And they said it worked for this form. <coughs> What I would do is tell them, here, I'm going to give you a gram of super silver haze and allow me to give you three grams of something else for free. They're unmarked. You take those with you. You come back and just report what works, what doesn't work. If it doesn't do anything, if it's worse, we want to know that. We'll continue to do that with you every time you come in. You'll get the four different kinds, what you believe works, and the ones that we believe will either work with it or don't work with it so that we could try to dial in our specific cultivars for each one of these types of uh, ailments. And it was better for those people to be able to either get what they were looking for or we could send them to another club that had it. If someone's dying, we didn't want their 15 bucks. We would rather continue a friendship and have them continue to come in when we did have it by sending them to another club. Hmm. So that's what eventually we'll be able to do. We would make friendships with other clubs in town. If we were at the Super Silver Haze, we'd send them across town to someone else. Or if they, we knew they were fucking way closer to another club because the town's pretty big and some people were coming from a distance, we could send them to the clubs. We know they had it for sure. And people would make friendships with us that way and they would gladly give us that information. Mm -hmm. So if someone had seizures and they didn't want to talk to everyone about that shit, they would come in and tell me because I was doing this with them. 
they come in, we have a consultation, and they'd be like, A, B, and C work. C didn't do, or D didn't do anything, or none of them did anything except for the super silver haze that it came in. This allowed me to start to take cultivars and group them together, knowing that some of them would work for these patients and then begin to use those in breeding. And then I did the same thing through breeding. I take those cultivars and give the clones to the patients for free. They were able to grow them. Because in our town, you could grow 99 plants at one time. And now we were able to sell you 99 plants to the club. As long as you had a 215 script, that's just how our town did it. So we had people setting up grows with 99 plants everywhere. And they were gladly take three plants because they were going to grow so much weed. It was just like a magic stamp with cannabis, how much herb people were growing. It was crazy. That's what brought the market prices down so far, though, eventually. Everyone had weed. No one wanted to buy it. And everyone was trying to sell it. And it started to swamp the area around here. So people started to just go in different areas <laughs> to sell their weed and just give up on growing that kind of weed. Like 99 plants you can't sell turns into a whole bunch of weeds you can't do nothing with, at least at that time. People had figured out how to fucking process it into different hashes and concentrates yet. Basically just selling flour. So those patients were invaluable. As most are today, like all my testers at work for, it's not just someone trying to get high. I'll send my gear to testers that have specific ailments for something, and then I'll send them the cultivars I think work for them. Uh, I give out free seeds for the same reasons, and I continue to get back that information because the only way I figure you're going to get any kind of feedback on relief of any kind of ailment is from the person that has it. As in, I'm a cat that's extremely sick. I've got one leg. Um, I'm an ostomate. I've had toxic surgery. I've got kidney disease, man. Uh, I've got Crohn's disease. I've got all kinds of shit going on with me. And that. Without cannabis, I'm in pain all the time. Right? But not just any cannabis. I have certain specific cultivars, and that's why I keep so many moms around that I need, and why I continue to breathe. Eventually, something's going to work better than anything else. Having it in seed forms, I mean, I don't have to carry a plant around forever. brought up a couple of interesting thoughts actually that that last one was kind of a fun one too that how do i say this why do you continue to breed i wonder about this sometimes about folks that are very specific about their desires i mean uh, maybe i'm being half facetious but i'll hear breeders basically talk about their their gear is all gas so i think to myself so why do you have multiple lines why do you have multiple you know maybe i'm being an asshole in my head but I, i am kind of thinking about that i'm like okay so if it is all gas why don't you just have one strain that's just all gas literally just name the strain all gas or something, which would be a great name, honestly, for a strain, by the way. Anyway, but I was going to say also, this was a really interesting thought. We haven't brought this up. This is one of the reasons why I love to talk to people that have different perspectives. Um, we had, I, I don't know if he's in the chat right now, by the way. Hello, chat. I haven't had a chance to, to say hello to anyone in the chat. But if Love for the Plan is in the chat, uh, he's from, uh, uh, I believe, uh, Arkansas originally. He's you know now in a, in a legal state. But uh, he uh, uh, right after the last election, we were kind of making fun of Arkansas on the show. And we were saying, oh, uh, you know, they voted down... Uh, 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 legalization. And in fact, I myself was kind of making fun of them. I was like, oh, herder, you know, the freaking Southerners being so dumb. But actually he came on. He's like, no, 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 no. This is a completely different thing. The legalization bill was basically big corporatization. And actually the medical program that they have right now is almost ideal. It's what a lot of us basically would say is ideal. And having him come on here and actually tell us, no, this is actually how it is for someone who's, fr-, you know, he doesn't live in Arkansas now, but for someone who's from Arkansas was a really valuable perspective. 
I guess the reason why I'm bringing up that whole story is that it hadn't even occurred to me, like you said, until you said it, that someone that has seizures or Crohn's disease, that's a big one right there, any kind of intestinal issues, they're not going to walk want to walk up to some 19-year-old hot uh, bud tender who's wearing like low-cut top and say, excuse me, I have Crohn's, what's good for that? You know, like that's an yeah. interesting fucking thought, right? The privacy of those conversations. And so it's it's good to have not only someone at the dispensary who knows that kind of stuff, but that patients, maybe it is that hot girl, I'm not trying to be, you know, some an asshole, but like, how do I say this? Uh, it, it's, it's important that people have someone they can talk to not just kind of some random bud tender that well, no, but you're you're way. right on that on more than one level like there's the, you can be extremely self-conscious about how you come across to people asking these questions about mm-hmm. medical conditions take for instance myself it's not easy to roll up on someone that's 19 boy or girl doesn't matter and tell them hey man uh, you got anything that works for my intestines that hang outside my body in this mm-hmm. bag like they don't even want to fucking deal with that shit, right? And they're working in a club that's considered medical, and someone's bringing up this ultra medical shit. Not just that I've got a backache today or my feet hurt, but like uh, I got some shit that I'm gonna die from next week. Is that anything that worked for that? And all they know is indica and sativa. They don't understand anything about the cultivars that are in any of the plants they're selling. They don't know that I could give you three or four different things on here that might replace something with an Afghani gene pool. Or if uh, you're looking for something that's more uh, for an uplifting type of a high, I can put you into multiple different haze crosses, and those will work way better than if I tried to put you into these very narcotic-style games. I'm going to be actually going to make what you're in there worse for, possibly. Especially in there for like uh, neurological shit, like uh, epilepsy. You definitely don't want to be giving someone more fucking seizures because you wanted to make a sale, right? And especially if it's a child, like someone will come in and won't even tell you it's for their children. They're pretending like they're going to buy it for themselves. Then they go home and give it to the kid because they know the kid's having seizures. And you give the kid something that's just devastatingly powerful. They're eight years old. They're fucking high as fuck off from GMO. And you were just trying to make a sale instead of giving them some ACDC or something based along those lines that's going to be extremely high in CBD, right. almost negligible THC. That way that child, if it ends up getting to them because of the parents doing this, because it's a true story. Being a refugee from a state because your state wouldn't let you give your child cannabis was a massive reason why so many states started to legalize cannabis. People will leave in one place to go to another place because their kid could not take CBD for fucking having mind-blowing fucking seizures, man, was insane. And there's still places that this is happening. People are being fucking put in jail for fucking giving their goddamn kids CBD, right? We're not trying to get them high. We're trying to make sure that their brain doesn't rattle in their fucking brain 300 times a fucking month. And if I give them this fucking extract off a plant, it works. But if I go to a place and no one knows what's actually in there, and they're just basing it off names and what's hype, someone's going to get sick. I've got uh, a friend named Cam. He's 22. He's got um, Dravet syndrome. He used to have over 300 seizures a month. Hmm. So his mom found ACDC, the plant, in a tincture form. And they started giving it to him. He went from 300 a month to 10 a month regularly. He went from not being able to lift his head off the ground to being able to go horseback riding. But he was legally blind, and he went to being able to actually see shit 
Like, he's a fucking miracle of fucking nature, dude. It's crazy. There was a whole fucking thing on him uh, online. They used to have a website up for him. His name was Cam and Ted. It was crazy what cannabis did for his life. And then him and a bunch of other kids were taking the same tincture and fucking the supplier had to cut it with THC because they didn't have another one cold car. Half of the kids ended up going to the hospital with multiple complications from THC, from the cannabinoids, affecting their bodies, either interacting with the medicine they were already on or the seizures or just because they could not handle that kind of fucking high and the parents rushing them down there and scaring the fuck out of them. But some of them actually had seizures, massive reactions to it, to where it was dangerous shit for that to happen. Um, I'm, I'm probably am roboting. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. I was just trying to figure out if it was my internet or not. Uh, no problem. No, Mr. So we can still hear you just fine. Uh, yeah. what was I going to say? Um, we'll just have to remember to kind of not talk over you. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something with the medical stuff. I was going to say, uh, 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 changing the tune a little bit. So how do I say this? You know, we were just talking about kind of how important it is to have medical people that, that know what they're doing, at least in some, some respect. Does it ever bother you to see the kind of fake medical people? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, people maybe pretending to know a little bit too much, kind of pretending to be doctors, stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about a little bit probably, right? Does it ever bother you, those kinds of people at all? Um, I suppose I just, I can't let fucking other people's bullshit fucking bother me. Uh, um, I mean, I, they can get stuck on the island of stupid. I don't want to be there with them. So I just try to move on. If someone asks me <laughs> if they have information, otherwise I can tell them. Uh, I can't help them otherwise. I can't change what's being shared everywhere. Um, hmm. Like going to a collective and they want the first thing they ask, they want to indicate Shativa. It's not to have to deal with that. Just on a baseline is the beginning. You know, mm. we try to go any deeper to that. And the people that really are only there trying to not die or to not fucking feel worse, it's really not going to work. We we should have tried that a long time ago. It's kind of too late for that, I believe. We should just try to start saying black shit mm. instead of repeating the old shit. It's where I feel where we need to head from these days on. How should people talk about weed these days? Because we've kind of talked about this before on the show. Like um, here in Portland, there used to be a, a like a whole festival. It was tied in with Phylos and whatever. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But they were trying to do uh, a whole renaming scheme where it was type one, type two. type. There was like six types or something. And there was potentially yeah. even like four or five more types that they were talking about. Yeah. That's too confusing for any fucking consumer. It's too confusing for me. I couldn't keep them straight. How do you like but to talk about that's how they That's how they explain and that's how it's talked about. If you understand those, it's not hard. Uh, like, if you're if you into fucking Pokemon cards, you know every fucking character. How many of those motherfuckers in there? People can repeat stats from baseball. No fucking problem. A guy that can put together a NASCAR card to pay the specs of the fucking engine down to the bolt. It's not too many things to understand five different types. Hmm. Like, literally, type one tells you it's got THC dominant. Type okay. two, CBD dominant. Hmm. You know, all the way down the line, you can go to type three, type four, type five. It explains what kind of cannabinoids that plant has. It's telling you basically it's chemovar status of the cultivar at hand. So is that it's, how it's you talk about the plants? Go ahead, sir. Well, it depends on who I'm talking to with. If it's breeders and people that are basically talking on an educated level, I would want to use those type of discussions. If it's a guy down at the club 
he's going to come in and want to end it cursativa. I can spend 20 minutes having a discussion about that not being the correct terminology with that guy there. Ain't going to do no good. Or I can just help him with the knowledge I have to put him into plants that work in the categories he thinks he came and asked for. That's where the education comes from, the, the bud tender. The bud tender needs to know more than the fucking dumbest guy in the collective. Because someone's going to come in there and just want to join. And if that's all your bud collector knows what a fucking join is, you're shit out of luck. person that understands cultivars and understands genetics and can not only just pick from what's on the shelf to help them out, and not just what's for sale, you're going to have a repeat customer come to that person more often than not because what you give them is going to work if that's how they ask for it. Today, people are coming in and asking for shit that they heard about. That's why hype breeding is the thing today. You don't have enough time to work a line. Mm to get it onto the market before they've already went past that cultivar and want something new. And so the market today is all about pumping a room full of whatever they're asking for, really, and trying to get stuff in that vicinity to make the most amount of money at that period of time, and not about trying to work anything into any specific direction for anything. There's that so shit's many, not worth it. There's so many kind of ways to go with that discussion. I guess the, the one that kind of puzzles me oftentimes is that there is this incredible disconnect. Even just in the seed market, when you hear people talking about just, let's say, for example, in YouTube comments. Now, YouTube comments are not necessarily representative of the entire seed market. But still, uh, when you hear people talk, they all basically talk like they want line work. They want sativa stuff. You know, they want really tropical, uplifting stuff, narrow leaf stuff. I guess what would that be, a type... Still a type one, but what kind of an iplift? No, those are all type ones. None of that I matters. See. Like a, a thin leaf plant can come from Thailand or can come from India, okay. right? Shape of the leaf has no effect on what you're being offered in a chemical structure. That's just the morphology of a plant that changes with environment. A phenotypical expression changes with what environment and 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 uh, genetics have to offer. It's going to change visually. What we see visually doesn't matter to what we use that plant for unless we're using it for an ornamental. Most of us aren't doing that with cannabis. We're trying to use it for the end cannabinoids, end terpene profile, the thiols, the esters, etc. Almost nobody's using it today in our market for the biomass. That's a whole different market, right? And that's where understanding cultivars and gene pools are what it's about. If I'm trying to breed a room that's going to be turned into a concentrate, that's, say, THC, right? Do I go and get ACDC to fill the room with? Do I try to find the highest THC-tested variety I can find so that in my business structure, I'm producing as much possible THC as I can in that environment? Same thing goes with CBD or THC. In today's market, especially with how it's going toward concentrates, people are buying specific cannabinoids in isolate forms. If you try to grow a room of just whatever, you're stabbing yourself in the foot understand the gene pool that the plants you're fucking with came from lets you know that I can fill a room with five different cultivars to run through a genotype hunt to find out which one of those is highest in those so I have something special but if I just throw whatever in the room and look for them I'm going to fail. I need to know what gene pool to dive into to find THCV which ones are going to have CBG and so forth right? If I'm going to breed I need to know these types of things if I'm just going to go grow some fucking weed at some place, whatever the guy that owns it tells me what to grow, that's what the fuck I'm growing. So there's there's multiple different levels where you need to be at. And I think the breeders and the 
the librarians, they need to be on the level of being able to do all of those. I need to be able to talk to a guy that comes in and wants something to catalog him. I also need to be able to talk to a dude that can do crop breeding, that understands that when I sell for plant, all I've done is made an F2 generation. I didn't make an R generation. I didn't make an S generation. Right? There's actual terms for us to use. And as educated stoners, which which want to use the terms that everyone's already been using, not try to came up new ones that everyone else is supposed to learn. I try to say that the five types of cannabis is too hard. Like it's really not that hard to understand that when we're fucking with GMO, when we're fucking with super silver haze, when we're fucking with ghost OG, all those are type ones. The name don't matter. It only matters to guys that are looking for that particular plant to get high off of. If you're trying to break it down into cannabinoid chemical structure of those plants, multiple plants fit the fit the bill. Especially when we start breaking down the terpenes off the plant, those can be added back. That's where we're steering towards right now. Uh, it's real hard to try to figure out how we go back from all these concentrates to just pure flower form like we right. used to be. It, it's real hard. And to understand that knows we're going to be able to make a shit ton of money selling specific products in concentrate form. So we should breed for those. We should offer those. We should grow those. If that's where stage we decide to be on. If we just want to be the stoner on the couch that's going to go get high off some weed and go pick it up at the local club, we can. that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Right? But the guy that's selling him the weed should be able to have a conversation with him and the guy that's making the weed, like that's actually breeding it. We're, we're kind of just fucking up. We're just relying on whoever the fuck we can find to sell our shit. And that's just a bunch of you salesmen out here that don't know anything about the car they're selling. They're not specialized in shit. They just know it's got four wheels and get you on the road. And if you do that with every car out there, they're just not going to sell. You need to have someone that can tell you about what you're about to have, what it can do for you, how it will help you out. Steer them in a direction by taking the information they come with and understanding what you have to offer. And we have to be speaking the same language, which we still somehow are not. Uh, what do you call a quote-unquote sativa? What do you call an uplifting plant? When you talk to someone, let's say you talk to, let's say we're, pretend, we're, we're, we're pretending, we're, we're making an effort to be educated on this show. Uh, what do you tell us when we say, hey, Mr. Toad, because uh, I was going to tell this whole story about people say they want sativas and then I basically got lost because don't even know what to say about it. Uh, what do you say? How do you call it? Okay, if it's me and you, let's say me, you, and Flora are having a conversation. I breathe, you breathe, he breathes. I'm going to talk to you about gene pools. I'm going to talk to you about, about location. I'm going to talk to you about chemical effect upon other people that I know. I'm not going to talk about sativas because that's shit. Sativa just means cultivated, right? Uh, this is a sativa, right? Scientific name for rice is or is a sativa, right? Chestnuts are sativa, right? There's different plants that are bees and indica, apis indicates, right? We can talk about things if we use the word correctly, it means something. From India, indica. Sativas are cultivated from seed. Different plants carry these designations. They're already there. They're birds from Latin, which is what dictates botany. We're fucking with plants, which is dictated by botany. So if we want to be educated on the highest level, that's where we want to get to. On the lowest level, we're fucking with couch blocks. So if I have to talk to you with couch lock, that means in my mind, 
You don't understand the gene pools that you're fucking with. And that's fine. You're just throwing pollen on plants, and that's cool. I did that. I still do that. Nothing wrong with that. But I don't see why anyone should buy that. Those are things you give to your friends. You trade with your foaming. Like, you're proud that you made. That's cool. But when you start to understand the shit you're working with and the gene pools that are there, and you start to line it, you start carrying plants around for decades, you start to become on a different level. You you can basically, through education, understand where you're taking a line just because you fucked with a plant for so long. It's old type called gene typing. That's what they used to do in the old days before they were able to sequence gene pools. You can tell that a plant bred food for tall or a plant bred food for green or purple. Those are just examples, right? And I could take that particular plant and I knew if I crossed it to anything else, mm. it was going to dominate. I became, that's a plant that's homogenous for a trait that breeds dominant. So the tall is going to breed dominant over small, right? And many of its progeny are going to carry two markers for tall. You start to understand that. Now you can take that and breed it. So if I have to talk to you about sativas, we're not talking about the same thing. I, I want to talk to you about Thai's genetics. Thai genetics are a line that's going to take long flowering time periods. It's a plant that's got a long, thin frame to it. It's going to have a different type of uh, a chemical effect on most people. Uh, most people are going to have what you would call more energetic effect from it. But to me, it doesn't do that. I have almost an opposite effect with those kind of lines. Hmm. But I understand what people are looking for. If the guy comes in and he wants to even indicate the shop, I know also what he, he wants blue dream and wants super silver haze. I've worked with so many plants, I know where I can steer him towards for what he thinks he's after, even though he doesn't know anything about the gene pool inside of any of those. Because I do, I can replace something that we don't have with what he's asking for, something we do have. He comes in and wants Jack Herrera. You know, I can give him something that's a prostate and he doesn't even know what's in there. And I explain that to him. Now he becomes educated and he's going to go tell his friends he's going to want to come back to buy it more because he learned something, not because I just sold him something. Along with his weed, came an education that I didn't force upon him. I start telling him he's wrong, that he was not the right words. He wants another bud tender. If I tell him a little secret that Blue Dream contains this kind of haze and a blueberry, right? But, well, fuck, what? Now he's got something to talk about on the weekend while he's smoking that weed with some. So it's different levels. Being able to understand that and be respectful of the person you're talking to is where we should be at. But a breeder, like, he shouldn't be mad that I tell him, well, I don't say sativa. If he gets mad, then, like, I don't know what to say. I just, like, all right, homie. And it's cool because we're just we're going to end up arguing. It's not worth it. I believe the breeders need to know more than most of them are saying out here. Like, mm. We, we shouldn't be charging people the prices we do if we're not able to learn ourselves while we offer the information that we've learned. Free. Uh, does that still apply to the question I was going to ask? Kind of. Um, uh, still talking... <coughs> excuse me. Still talking about this disconnect. Hopefully I'm not muted. There we go. Still talking about this kind of disconnect in the market. Like uh, I was talking about a disconnect in the seed market, but there's still, as you mentioned, the the bud tenders and stuff, there's a disconnect there whereby uh, the dispensaries don't seem to care 
uh, or don't seem to think that the patients and customers, I guess you could call them, or customers and patients, because most medical programs have been destroyed, they don't seem to care enough to have bud tenders that actually know what they're doing. So there's this disconnect where I think the, pay, the, the, the customers and patients, I think a lot of times would really like to know. When I first start, started shopping at dispensaries, I naively thought that the bud tenders knew what they were doing. And a couple of them did just because they'd you know, grown up with weed and whatever else, right? But they weren't hired on that basis. And they certainly weren't fucking trained on that basis. And it's very rare. There's a couple of dispensaries here in town, like Archive, a couple other ones where the, the bud tenders seem to actually be trained well. But for the most part, they just, it's a revolving door. You know, it's just a job job. And, uh, you know, they don't even really get paid very much and on and on. And boy, they don't fucking know anything. And it's not really their fault, right? Because they're just not paid anything, right? Why would you ever go out of your way? But like I say, there's also this disconnect. Maybe it's too complicated to connect the two things, but I guess I'll just finish my thought. There's this disconnect in the seed market where, you know, I was talking about sativa and we got lost. And I was like, a lot of people say they want line breeding, but actually when they pull out their money, it's for gelato crossed to GMO or whatever, right? Like whatever's hot right now, apples and bananas crossed to who the fuck knows what it's going to be? Who the fuck knows what it's going to look like, how it's going to smoke? It's probably going to smoke, first of all, just like all the other crosses that have come across that person's table, but that's the one they pull their, their wallet out for. But when they're in the YouTube comments, they're like, bro, I, I only I only follow breeders that do F3s of their own line work and shut the fuck up. That's not exactly what you do at all. Anyway, Mr. Toe, what do you think? Uh, eat, well, it takes a long time to do real lime bread. And if <laughs> if we were all going to start buying lime bread seeds, we'd be waiting a long time for that shit. It's not an easy thing to do, especially with the gene pools that are here today. They're so polyhybrid that it's going to be almost impossible to start to link up alleles True. that are going to become homogenous in any type of You're going to have to make F1. From the F1s, you're going to have to find S, uh, those to make S1s and F2s on both directions, self-versions of the F2s and normal F2s. Then you have to bring those out, back cross them to the parent line. There's so much that you got to do to start to lock in crates. And then there's, am I doing a monohybrid, a dihybrid, or a trihybrid, which is a monohybrid is a line with one trait, a dihybrid is a line with two traits, and a trihybrid is a line with three traits, and so on and so forth. So the more traits i want the progeny to retain the more fucking work i gotta do and have more closely related stuff to begin with which means i probably already have line bread stuff to start with like deep chunk right people buy deep chunk taking another four generations and it's still deep chunk that shit was already so line bread and ends bread on itself that it just is what it is or like haze i've got an m4 haze it's just a continuation. I don't claim that I've inbred at any crazy distance or anything, but it's a three-way Colombian old-school weed. It is what it is. It grows and shows most of its traits to be true that we know. Tall, uh, long-flowering, has a very specific terpene profile. There's three traits that come out of it. But we, today we've got guys that'll tell you they've got lines with six or seven or eight traits that the progeny breeds through for one of the parents is cookies or gelato or... Some random shit you just heard of apple fritter, like you said, or some brand new cultivar that's got so many Whatever different shit is, yeah. cultivars in its lineage that it's impossible for that thing to breed true with one outcross or something it's not related to. Hmm. And if we took our time to work lines for that, um, we, I think we would start charging so much money it would become kind of crazy. 
That's why I don't offer anything. Like I've got an angel back cross seven. It's got angel head still seven times the mail that I had for 15 years. I'm working on it. I've got a ghost OG back cross two right now. It's got ghost OG in it three times. Hmm. I'm about to put ghost OG back on itself the fourth time. Um, to continue to do those breeding projects, it's not easy. You've got to take years of breedings and a lot of space to do it, or just make seeds. That's either way. And today's buyers just buying seeds. They're not buying library anything. Not most of them, or they're, they're, they're fronting if they are. I, mm. I don't see who they're buying it from. They're not buying it from all these giant hype companies that right. don't produce any. So it's weird. There's some small guys out here that are doing the work and they're not being supported. There's a lot of guys like you brought up archive. Fletcher's done a lot of work over the years with the lines that he's done. Tom Hill's done some killer work with the deep chunk DJ short with blueberry. There's guys that have put work in with specific lines and you end up with stuff that we have today. Um, Green Avengers crew did a whole shitload of work and there's so many guys in there that have shit like Sonny Chiba and ODD soul and Professor P that came out of there that have so many different lines that today people are using that still produce true breeding progeny from the work that those guys put in. Uh, so it's out there. Just most of this community doesn't support it. I don't see. I wish they would. Hmm. Uh, speaking of breeders, uh, how do I say this? Are there breeders that you respect these days so not even let's say uh, that which is a good second question honestly like about uh, breeders you think are legendary are there breeders today that you respect uh uh yeah you respect their work you respect let's say what they're doing or their whole vibe or whatever you know what i mean oh there's tons of guys out here man duke diamond levi from pistol positive uh, lucas eclectic elegance um hmm. Man, it, it goes on and on. Tyler over at Bradman uh, 3, he does some killer stuff. Uh, my buddy Nick and Dutch, they're both doing killer stuff. Dutch Passion and Lime Rising Farms. There's a bunch of guys out here that are doing passionate work with stuff and not just trying to get paid off of snake and seed. So, mm -hmm. so it's like, it's endless. The amount of people that can be supported through passion work for real out here. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear it. I, I've heard kind of sentiments from maybe not as much breeders. I think breeders are maybe, maybe smart enough not to say this, but I've heard it from a lot of people that they'll only smoke their own weed. And I think a lot of breeders maybe secretly do only smoke their own weed maybe. Uh, what are some breeders that you look up to, let's say, like in history, just, you know, legendarily? They could still be alive or whatever, but people that, that maybe have made an influence on your actual breeding. Man, Tom Hill, for one, uh, the stuff that he's put out. Um, DJ Short over the years had some killer work put in. Um, Santi Baba. Um, Santi Baba did some awesome work over the years. There's been so many different guys that came before me um, that have done work. I mean, it's endless. It really is endless. Some of the old school guys, like Bog, who was on the forum all the time helping people out. Moonside Man, the same way. Um, he was always on there giving out information, country mon, high tech, um, uh, Ryan Lee, Chimera, he, back in the day, he was online all the time. All these guys have put stuff together for breeding. Um, so many people did so much stuff that we all rely on today that it's it's crazy. Um, and most of their stories end up getting lost over the years because you're in a region where no one talks about them or 
Um, somebody that you mess with has an issue with them so that the history that they brought upon the table never gets passed to you. Like the guys in British Columbia from the old uh, British Columbia Growers Association, a lot of people in the United States never heard about what they did. And then you've got um, old timers and those cats over in the UK that were doing work that over here, no one heard about. And then when the stories do come out, everyone gets in an argument over it because no one heard about the work being done because we all just think about it on such a close personal level and don't understand how large cannabis really is global and it always has been you know what i can actually say this out loud if i'm not muted there we go uh, star delta nine's in the chat nice to see you star delta nine uh you were banned f- not on purpose uh it's a it was a whole thing we had some kind of a moderator that was basically banning people star delta nine if you were wondering for a long time why you couldn't talk in the chat or something I didn't know that either. Uh, Eagle Gardens pointed out to me when he was on the show, he hopped on one time, basically halfway through the show, just randomly. Uh, and he was like, hey, yo, why, why am I banned in the chat? He just happened to notice that he was banned in the chat. If it hadn't been for that, like double accident, basically, him just hopping on the show and then also realizing that he couldn't chat, I wouldn't have realized that like 150 people were banned. Star Delta 9 was one of them. Eagle was one of them. So anyway, that, that problem has thankfully been solved. Cheers, Star Delta 9. Nice to see you. Uh, what was I going to say before that? Oh, uh, did I ask you about the other one? I guess I asked you those two questions. Um, what are some strains that you've lost over the years? Like, uh, I like to think that sometimes as the things that you gain are almost as important as the things that you lose sometimes, right? Well, uh, in 2017, I had a health issue that uh, almost cost me my life. I basically mm-hmm. died and came back multiple times and they saved me. I lost everything. I was at that point. I was carrying 56 moms around that I had whittled down from 176. So I've lost every plant I've ever come across because of health issues, and it was devastating. I had plants that I carried around for 15 plus years. Um, they were like family members. I had thought in my brain, when in reality they were just plants, and they weren't that special, um, other than for breeding for other people like they, they didn't save me none of those plants that i had helped me with anything what what saved me was some autoflower siberian seeds and some um, mephisto seeds that uh, a couple friends sent me uh, cheddar bob 13 and a homeboy named roberto i had millions of seeds sitting next to me and none of them were talking to me and these guys sent me two packs of seeds that were one was already open and one of them uh, had a, an extra siberian pack with it and I fucking plant these four plants and I get a male and a female uh, out of one pack and two females out of the other pack. And every day it made me get out of my bed and go look and check these plants. And I never smoked any of them. All I did was keep them alive while they were there. And because of that, I, it just, it saved my life. Like cannabis literally saved me from seeds that I never would have purchased or even looked at before I was sick because of my own closed-mindedness and shit. And I get to a point where I couldn't do nothing. They told me I was never getting out of a bed again. And cannabis is what made sure I got back up out of bed to continue to fucking live life. It was either that or try to die laying in a bed. That shit wasn't working. But So, like, cannabis can save you, and you don't have to smoke it. You, you just have to fucking have the passion to keep something alive and then once you learn that about something else you can put that on yourself that it, cannabis is teaching us all the time well, if we learn, you, listen 
it kind of teaches you to be like so, not selfish. You have to like think about something else. It brings you out of your norm, you know. A lot of people in this world are really selfish, and I've I've found that. I say it all the time, Mr. Joe. Cannabis really did save my life. Just growing it. I mean, I smoke all of it pretty much, but it like just growing it, keeping it alive, like helping me get away from an addiction and like keeping my mind on it. Just kind of, it really just made me think, you know? Yeah, for real. And the reason I didn't smoke those, uh, they were still giving me medication from when my if I had come up with cannabis, they were going to fuck with me, and I didn't want to fucking die from not having pills. I needed to wait till they fucking took the blood test, let me off of that shit, allowed me to go back to using cannabis. Once that happened, I didn't go back. I started smoking cannabis. I threw all the pills away. When they sent me home permanently, 10 days after getting home, I quit taking their pills, and they're like, you're crazy. Like, we just took your fucking leg up. Like, I don't care, dude. I got weed. I'm either dying with weed or fuck it. I'm not going to die a fucking opiate addict. Dude. I don't want them fucking things. They're not for me. Like, somebody else might need them. I don't need them, homie. Take them and keep them. Give them to whoever the fuck else wants them or needs them. I'm going to smoke fucking weed. And that's when I started fucking growing plants again outside. I started popping seeds out of my collection because my mom and my brother were fucking getting phones at local clubs that weren't real and just having to deal with whatever there was. They didn't know where all my seeds were to dive into my collection to fucking pull shit out. And even if they did, they didn't know what none of this shit was, really. They don't know genetics. They're the person at the club that's like, can I get some skunk? And they're like, here, this is skunk, right? And that's what they're selling us. And that's why we're in the position we are because we're selling to that group of people, that last person that comes in and doesn't know anything about the plant except to get some high. And we know we can make a sale, sell it. And that's, that's who we're marketing all the cannabis to at the moment. In the two fifteen days, we were marketing cannabis to dying patients. So we couldn't afford to sell you a lie. Today we can sell you a lie because that shit's only high for two months and now some new shit's in because Forbes says it's cool or because it's in high times or some shit. Like, so now the people are looking for that. So they come in asking for it. Now you got six different selections of it, five different farms. Or some new rappers talking about some strain or whatever, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interesting thought, isn't it? My nephews are like 20, uh, what is he, 24. He doesn't even know what sour diesel is or Kim D or Kim 4. He's never heard of them. He didn't know what Bubble was. And he started telling me about Cushman, so I, I'm like, here, let me show you the genetic breakdown of this plant. Uh, you understand why it tastes good because of these other plants that are in its gene pool. Like, you just know a name and you don't understand nothing in it. I said, you can find seven different plants out there that have basically three quarters of a gene pool in it. fuck was I just going to ask you? Oh, I was going to ask you, uh, I forgot to ask you, uh, Krusty Nail, I think was the the, the user, or the, the chat member who was asking, uh, maybe you could touch on the plant that caused your ailments. Uh, you've told this story before. Was that the, 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 the time that you got sick, or was that a different time? Uh, you, uh, okay, you said before that yeah. you've gotten sick by touching a plant, so I guess I realize I don't know too much Touching plants, that. yeah. I used to work at a club back between 2008 and 2012. I used to manage it and run the place. I was the clone guy. I was the edible guy. I did everything in the place. And the last year I'm there, the, uh, they decided to bring in a different vendor for clones because people started asking for teens. And I'm like, I can't bring in teens when I'm bringing in enough plants to do 99 per patient. Like, I can't do that. I'm not going to do it. So that's just I don't have the room. 
So they, they asked this other guy to bring some clones in that are two feet tall in one gallon bags. He brings a hundred of them in one day. And I, my job is do whatever the fuck I'm supposed to do because I work there. So they're like, put them on the shelf. So I grab these bags and unload them and put them on the shelf. And I end up, like 20 minutes after doing this, I start bleeding profusely from all the pores in my head. Right? Look, and I go to the fucking doctors and I end up at my buddy's house after that shit. And all the diagnoses come back because I have terminal they don't understand but I end up learning I'm robot but I end up getting sick from the pesticides this guy was spraying on plants he was spraying he was literally spraying raid on plants raid avid um Eagle 20. Awesome. He was spraying shit I hadn't even heard of. Like at that point, I didn't even know what the fuck Avid was. That's how I learned about Avid and shit. It was me getting this fucking disease. And it's called PENS. <laughs> terminal terminal epidural necrosis syndrome or Richard Johnson syndrome. You guys can look it up online. Um, it's something I'll have for the rest of my life. It's part of why I basically couldn't heal from me getting sick and losing my leg in 2019 and getting sick in 2017. My body would not heal. It's always trying to reject the epidural layer. And because of that, I couldn't get my skin to heal. I mean, I, took, I had to go through um, experimental uh, tissue cell, um, tissue culture fucking with honey. That's what fucking saved my ass, literally. That's what got me to start healing and shit. They fucking took fucking almost a year of this shit. I had to get it signed off by my insurance to save my ass. When I was in the hospital later here, but because of the early sickness I got from touching a plant that was sprayed by every poison that they would sell a motherfucker at the hydro shop, um, I ended up fucking almost losing my life completely. But I'll have that for the rest of my life. There's certain stuff I can't touch, or I'll have a reaction instantaneously to it. Um, I have to be very sensitive around sulfur. It can fuck me up. I can't be touching that in any form. Um, it's a real rare disease. I believe it's like 2% of men every year get this shit. It's not something that a lot of people end up having. And it all came from me touching plants that some other dude decided that I got spider mites. I'm going to save these plants. These people need clones. It's money. Right? And that's what's wrong with cannabis. Everybody out there doing this. Every day. I got someone to ask me, how do I save my flower room? I got bugs. Like, you should have fucking saved it before you went into flower. Now you're in flower, you're tripping, because you're going to have them in the next round, because I know you got a bedroom going while the flower room's running. But you're not trying to clean the bugs up. You're trying to save rooms constantly. That mentality's been floating around the mm-hmm. cannabis industry since we were starting um, selling weed to each other. Go ahead, man. Oh, I'm just thinking some people even send me pictures of like their leaves and they're like, can you help me? And I'm like, bro, I can't do it in a picture. It's so fucking hard. And I, I've like, I've actually done it to someone and I realize now how hard it is to actually like sit down and look at a picture and you're like, oh, you're going to have to, you really want me to look through a picture. You're going to have to take it a certain way and give me certain lights and you know, like, it's hard sometimes people, people really don't know what to do when their, their crops are failing. And in this disease, I'm not the only person in cannabis that's ever fucked with it. There's a lady that went by the name of Sister Mary that used to trim for uh, 
selective in the early days. They wrote about her in the paper, man. She ended up dying from cancer. They had attributed to the pesticide habit from German cannabis that had been sprayed with in the early days. This is something that, it's why basically they start testing for cannabis and shit for pesticides and shit because people started talking loudly about what could happen from letting just anybody grow weed any old fucking way they want to. Because our community, like their baseline is like, it does it in my room, so fuck you. Like they don't ever want to give a fuck that that's not how fucking scientific shit works. And if you're going to offer your medicine to another person, you need to go by some kind of standards or fuck off. Uh, it's like having a brother's ass and then make you a sandwich. So like he's not a chef. He just has something he could eat. There's a difference. Uh, and we're, we're trying to fucking sell that shit to everybody at one point and call it crap. And that's why it's fucking dangerous. You can't be giving that to people who are there because they are dying or sick. I'm, I'm a person that went from not being in that state to becoming that person. That's why I always use myself as the example because I could tell you stories about this person and that person. But I'm the dude that's got one leg, his intestines hangs out of his body. He's got a fucking disease called terminal epidural necrosis syndrome. And all this shit came to me after I fucked with cannabis. That's supposed to save everybody from everything and cure fucking everything. It, it doesn't. But some of us can use it to help us with those things. And some of us have those things happen to us because of it. And if we don't tell both sides of that, more people will end up getting sick from fucked up stories and lies that people pass telling them. People don't realize, like, some people just don't give a fuck. Like, money is money. And they're not smoking in the end, so they'll do whatever they they'll do whatever they have to do to get it to the end. Yeah. No, you're right. You you were saying that for some people it's just money. It, it literally is uh, dollars and cents. Or something that I think about too is that some people, because I, I feel like in many cases, even some of the corporate fucktards in in weed, weirdly enough, are kind of you know touched by the plant or something. How do I say this? But I think a lot of times people don't. They, they have. They, they basically fall prey maybe to the Dunning Kruger effect. This, by the way, this is just a theory that I have. Okay, this is not the uh, the the gospel according to Hoyle or whatever, however Samuel Jackson says it, uh, that basically in the Dunning-Kruger effect, uh, uh, when you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you very, you wildly overestimate your skills at that thing, basically. You think, oh, fuck, I could be an expert at this in three days. I, I could throw as well as Tom Brady. Whereas, for example, someone like Tom Brady, maybe he's a controversial choice, but an expert in a the field, they'll actually paradoxically undervalue their skills and they'll think, oh, you know, someone else could learn what I know in, in, in no time. They couldn't. It would take 10 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. But growth, both groups of people tend to under and overvalue their skills. And I wonder sometimes if uh, people who are in weed, they'll be an expert, let's say, in growing or in breeding or whatever else. But they're not experts in fucking lung respiration or whatever, right? They're not medical doctors or whatever. They'll be like, oh, it doesn't fucking matter if I spray this shit on there. It's fine, bro. They use this on tomatoes. It's fucking fine. Cucumbers and tomatoes and shit. The fact of the matter is when you eat Avid or whatever, they still use all that stuff. Not Avid's not the one I'm thinking about, but uh, Eagle 20 or whatever. They still use that shit on tomatoes and cucumbers and whatever. When you eat it, it's actually harmless. Still probably not going to spray them on my fucking tomatoes, but believe it or not, it's actually harmless because your liver is actually exceptional at filtering shit out. And actually the liver, unless you have liver problems, 
regenerates and blah, blah, blah. So we're actually, human beings are actually fairly tolerant to pesticides and stuff when we eat them. But when we breathe them, on the other hand, our lungs have no defense against any of those things, no defense whatsoever against pesticides. And those things basically trash our lungs and they go right into our bloodstream. People forget about that kind of stuff all the time. I was going to ask you a question instead of fucking pontificating. I was going to ask you, um, I'm forgetting what I was going to ask you. So let's ask you an audience question. Uh, High Tech Redneck was asking, uh, Mr. Toad, uh, if you get the chance, could you talk about viruses? Uh, and he says, dot, 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 testing, etc." So I guess he wants you to talk about viruses. Um, I am not a, uh, a virus expert, so I can't speak on that. Maybe D could help us. Uh, he might know something on that. D. Uh, never mind. So we'll just talk about. Uh, there was another question here. There was a question. Uh, Haze for days lineage. Uh, uh, your strain. Haze for days. What's the lineage on that? That's from Haze Lugo. It's the Haze F4. It's oh, right the Haze on. that I received in uh, 2011. It comes through uh, Flying Dutchman's group uh, production of Haze, which was a reproduction of Haze from 1976. Uh, what was I going to ask you before that? I can't remember the question I was going to ask you. So I guess that's it's that time of the the day where I start forgetting stuff. How do you how do you select for stuff? Well, people always want to know what you're looking for, both in terms of uh, well, both in terms of males. People are always uh, interested in that. Uh, and what do you look for in a in a plant or or. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be a separate question. I was going to say, what do you look for in terms of creating a strain? I guess that's even a better question or a separate question. What do you look for in plants that you want to work uh, work with? Let's say someone gives you a clone or something you select yourself. What do you like to look for? I like to look for the kind of herb that works for my system, man. Is that the first and foremost? Because that's a simple and, and honest uh, uh uh, answer. Yeah, does it matter what it looks like or anything like that? People, Go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Oh. It what it, their chemical effect is on I me. Mean, I don't breathe for what weed looks like in a bag. I got blind friends. I got fucking deaf friends. I got friends that can't even taste. But if I breathe for all those other things besides how it affects them, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. But if I really start to breathe for what everyone else thinks, I, w I wouldn't even be here. <clears throat> We've had that uh, sentiment before. Kind of like me. There's the delay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I've got to turn off the chat so I don't read this stuff anymore. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, we've heard that before, and I've kind of uh, said this on the show, that I basically think uh, that I can't really spend my time thinking about how other people want their seeds or whatever. I, I can't really, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, telekinetic or whatever, right? I'm not. A, I'm not a psychic. I don't necessarily know how John Smith from wherever the fuck, you know, what what he likes or what she, you know his wife likes uh, to taste and weed or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I can only really breed for what I like, and hopefully other people will kind of agree with me, right? And I think we've heard that from a few people, Mr. Spliff and a couple other people. Romulan said that just last week. He was basically saying, I breed for me. And then, you know, other people kind of follow along, basically. That's sort of part of it. But I mean, how do I say it? That's that's the case many times. The best restaurants, a lot of times, like the chef has a vision and then the customers either agree with it or they don't. And then if they don't, it goes out of business and they start over again or whatever. I don't know. It's an interesting thing because there's a lot of breeders who I think maybe don't breed that way. I think that's a very... 
opinionated perspective. I don't know. What do you have you always bred that way? Have you always I don't know. Have you yeah, always thought always that way? Has um, it? it like what you brought up, the restaurant analogy is great. Uh, there's no right or wrong way to have a restaurant, but I can't be the owner, operator, chef of a place and not have my own recipes on the menu hmm. and call it my place. Otherwise I'm working for Burger King or I'm working for Outback, right? I'm just cooking what you told me to make. And that's all great and good too, but those aren't my things. Those aren't what I'm doing it for. If I have a passion for what I want to do and I want to take it all the way, then of course I want to have my recipes up there. I don't want to serve you three calendars recipes at my restaurant. I don't want to have Outback Steaks at my restaurant. I want to cook it the way that I want to offer it to you. You don't have to come in there. That's the only way to have it. There's multiple ways to do it, and there's correct ways, all of them. But to call it yours is to do it the way you do it. And that's why I carry the mail for 15 years. The plant that I made, I over different lines. I did that with all the mails. That's what I'm doing with the line I've started with now. And since 2019, I've been working with this line. I haven't released them publicly. It won't still. It won't be another year before any of those get into the public. I've always done it that way. That's just me. It doesn't make my way right. It just makes it the way that I do it. No, I dig it. I mean, you can't really... I feel like you can't do anything quality if you're basically thinking about what someone else wants. You can only really ever please yourself and then hope that other people agree. Anyway, I guess I'm talking out loud. Uh, Flora actually had a couple of lovely questions. Uh, Flora, you, by the way, you're welcome to ask them yourself. Uh, uh, go for it, Flora. I'm going to just caught him with his uh, dad. I appreciate cough. it if you did. Yeah, so yeah, I was wondering, uh, of all the strains out there, um, if you could tell us what your favorite strain is that you did not create, and then what is your favorite strain that you did create? Favorite strain I not for me, Fire OG. Uh, famous line, uh, I have a few of them. Uh, I'll give you two, Icarus OG and uh, One Hitter Quitter. The Icarus OG came from Angel and Rugburn, and the One Hitter Quitter comes from my uh, Space Cheese and uh, Corey Stardust. Very nice. And then the other question I had was, uh, do you see any medicinal value in recreational weed being the majority of it is growing with salts and it's all, you know, 10 weeks or less and a lot of them are cutting early and they're only breeding for high THC and they're not really breeding for, with a, with, you know, there's a lot of good weed out there that was 14, 15% that had real high medicinal effects. And these guys said, you're not going to see it on the shelf because it doesn't have high THC numbers like the ice cream cake. So, the, you know, in the bud tender, like we were talking earlier, the bud tender doesn't know nothing about nothing. So, you know, I was wondering if you do, you know, if you see any medicinal value in the recreational weed that's out there today. All cannabis has recreational value. It comes down to what's the person that's there for. Is he really there for a medicinal reason or is he just trying to get high? So that's why it's buying what he's buying. Is it based on this city herd or why that plant actually can do what it does? A lot of people are doing a placebo effect. Someone told them it does this and now it does that. And like I could give it a different name and the fact they're doing that with cultivars out here in the recreational market 
There are lines out here that are the same shit that are just different seed pops from the same gene pool from the same population and selling it to you under a different name with different effect. And people literally go around telling themselves that that's what's happening from this plant. And it, it's just not. But it doesn't take away the actual effect that that plant could have on someone that needs that particular cultivar's effect. If we don't educate yeah, the I think, the next, I think the next wave of education is going to be the effect of terpenes and the effect of what terpene combinations have with different cannabinoids. Because right now it's like most everything's either mercine dominant, a lot of the stuff's mercine dominant, you know, it's, it's all the same, you know, three major terps. It's like, the, the, I don't know, cookies kind of fucked everything up with all their, their Limon, stuff. Limonene. Uh, Mercine and then uh, Piney. And Carolina. That's where a lot of it's at. We're going to stay there until we start sequencing these plants and understanding what's actually in them and then testing for more than 17 different terpenes. There's a lot of these that have novel terpenes in them that if we would start to breed for those instead of the dominant one, try to pick up that recessive side through selection, that's where we could start scaring cannabis in a whole new way. But it's easy to breed for my son if it's dominant. To try to pull out a something that isn't, it's not easy. Yeah, I think another thing you brought up too is like flower, you know, like old school flower. Like there's a lot of esters, right, that are in the, that you'll get in the flower, but they won't transfer through hydrocarbon extraction. Nope. Right. So a lot, a lot of the, a lot, so a lot of those uh, those chemicals that could be medicinal, just, they're just not there unless you smoke the actual flower. It has to be cured properly and dried properly to even preserve those. I smoke a Pacololo plant too. Oh, how is that smash? Pretty good. Yeah. Smells good. Yeah. When I grind it up, it gives you a real like funky almost. Uh, How's the high on it? Oh, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, I, <sighs> Reese, what? Yeah, it, uh, I don't get tired for sure. It just kind of gets you stoned. Really? Right does, does that, that, that the one, two? Pacololo uh, to the one. Uh, which one was the do one? We know what I think the Pacololo was the father. So I think it's actually T. Do we know Pacololo. what Hawaiian what strain that he used to make Pacololo? Oh, good question, actually. He said some. He said he's had it since '76 or some shit like that. Well, anyway, pretty good though. I dig it. Right on, dude. That was what I was showing out there too. I got to finish, man. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, do you have a Do you have a plan, Mister Toad? I guess I was I was going to ask you a little while ago. Uh, how do you? I guess that's an interrelated question. How do you decide uh, and what do you decide to breed? Like, uh, let's say you want to create a new strain and you said, okay, you go with what the, the good smoke is. So do you have a plan? Do you have like a, I don't know, a, 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 do you know what you're going to be breeding two years from now? Do you know what you're going to be breeding six months from now? On and on and on. Yeah. I know exactly what I'm doing six months from now. It'll be a continuation of what's working from the crosses I just made with my ghost OG back cross projects uh, 
I've got some seed stock that was passed to me from Kevin Jodry in 2017, mm. which was Ghost OG to Kim Dog's Special Reserve. Mm. I've taken those and that crossed into the Ghost OG mom twice now. Going back to it a third time, and we'll go back to it a fourth time. And through each generation, I pull out 44 different seeds to select for each one of those. Has to come through with smell, structure, and high. Those are the three things I'm looking from it. I don't care what color it is. I don't care when it finishes. It don't matter if it's a mutant. It doesn't matter if it roots easily. It has to have these three specific things for my system that I've been looking for through OGs over the years. And I've paired 20 different OGs at a time. Like I still have all types. I've got SFB, Triangle, Topanga. Fire OG, Skywalker OG, uh, Pure Kush, um, <laughs> Ghost OG. I carry all those. And oh, I'm trying to breathe for those effect form. I run a Blueberry DJ Short to OG Kush. And I love it. I fucking love it. I don't have any more weed of it. I need to grow. I actually have more plants going in right now. But OG is one of my favorites. I like it, but I don't know. It hits me right, but I've heard other people say it, it doesn't hit them at all. Okay. Yeah, Flores, 100%. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, D Grows Some Boof, he's changed it to VP D Grows Some Boof, uh, is asking, uh, is there a legendary, U- uh, sorry, excuse me, is there a legendary unicorn that Mr. Toad would like to breed with that he hasn't come across? Uh, I guess you can interpret that question the way you'd like. Uh, if you know about the unicorn or is it a unicorn you don't know about, up to you. No, I, I can't think of any line that I've heard about that I want to like track down to breed with. It, it takes too much time. Um, in my old life, I might have done that. I don't have enough time left in my life to be doing that. So I just try to breed with my own gene pool. I've been Now I'm trying to go and line breed with a few different of my lines. And that's what of the direction I'm heading in now. That's you have to I... be like ahead, active on Instagram and like know the hype and know what what's coming out to like run that whole thing. You actually have to like if you're not narrowed in on your style and you're trying to chase that hype, you always have to be aware of what's coming out. What like it's a little bit different of a game. You're, you're just playing that's a market. You got a hype chaser, yeah, point. right. Smash, it's an interesting thought. I mean, I guess actually, Mr. Toad, it's an interesting thought, but how do I say it? Maybe, whatever. I'm going to finish my fucking thought before I lose it. Uh, I'm already starting to lose the goddamn thought. <laughs> I hate when that happens, when the question gets too complicated, it just falls apart like a fucking, like Jenga or some shit. I was going to ask you, um, oh, with the hype and the, oh, fuck, I lost it. Completely lost it. That's the worst part. Uh, Agnes Beckett is saving it for me, saying, uh, uh, what plant is Mr. Toad proud of? Oh, man. All of them? <laughs> no. The one I put in a skunk uh, magazine, One Hitter Quitter. I'm pretty proud of that plant. Something I dedicated to my uh, people who passed away last year. Um, Stardog and Space Cheese. The Space Cheese is a line that I've been working on for quite a long time. Space Cheese line. Uh, I went through a ton of breeding and a ton of uh, testing to get to the point where that plant was. I kind of got back what I was going to ask you. Um, 
So people who basically end up uh, uh, chasing that hype or whatever, probably some of them end up being more successful, let's be honest, because they probably sell seeds and all that kind of it's stuff. It's all marketing. I've though. seen a few people who, let's be honest, I, I know from experience from personally that they're garbage breeders and garbage growers, but sell their seeds quite well. It happens. It is what it is. Um, you have to where, tickle the market just right. I, I guess so. On the other hand, I feel like, and this is, I think, going to hopefully lead to another question in a little bit here about what what is success. I asked uh, Romulan and uh, Mr. Spliff, I think, the same question. Um it seems like when you start to actually become a very dedicated breeder, I don't know if that means successful or not. We're going to get to that, hopefully. But uh, when you become a very kind of persnickety breeder, you end up basically almost by necessity having to breed with your own shit, pretty much. And people will constantly say, like, hey, Fumi, or hey, Mr. Toad, or whatever, would you like to grow da-da-da, or would you like to try a unicorn, or would you like to whatever, you know, like, uh, uh, we're going to give you this amazing plant that we saw. And they don't realize that that has less and less and less appeal as you start to get more and more in your breeding, I feel. And, and this is actually a question because this is just sort of the operating theory that I've had. Like there's a ton of stuff that I would like to bring into my whole line, but I already have enough clones and seeds and stuff that people have given me that I have more than enough work forever, basically, with my shit already. And like too much, honestly, especially if I don't have like fields of seeds and all that kind of stuff, right? So people, I think, don't get this because when they haven't really started breeding or when they've just started breeding, for them, they're still looking for that thing that scratches their itch. And they feel like maybe they do have to bring in all this disparate stuff. Whereas, like I say, and again, I don't know, perhaps, Mr. Toe, maybe there, you have a response to this. Uh, it has this almost like it's it's unappetizing. It's like someone brings you a dish that you don't want to eat. You're like, that's nice. It's a I didn't want lobster right now. You know, I, I wanted a bowl of cereal or something. Like, that's that's what I'm working on right now. I'm working on my granola or whatever the fuck the metaphor is. And someone brings you a lobster. Like, oh, would you like to work on this OG cross? No, I don't have time for that. What do you think? Is that is there any is there any truth to that, Mr. Toad? Because, like I say, time is limited. I just tell him I don't have the space. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that, that's just reality. I don't want any hard feelings from someone trying to give me seeds and I can't take them. I've got so many old, seeds man. that I don't know what I could do with more of them. It's crazy, man. I give them away. I say I have so much stuff that I don't even know what I want to grow already. I mean, that's like I've had seeds I've bought and shit. Like I have Duke Diamond, some of Duke Diamond's gear that's just been sitting in the bowl. I'm like, should I save them or should I pop them? You know? I told you, I'm, Smash. That was the that, that was the situation. <laughs> Excuse me. That was the situation that you'll find what you really like to grow before when seeds have value to you. And, you know, it's not like I don't know that seeds have value, but when when you have so many seeds that they lose value, that basically, and you know in many cases that some of the seeds you got for free are just as good as the stuff that you paid for, and you have this whole seed stash, at that point, the seeds individually lose value, and then you only pick the stuff that you want to grow, as opposed to before when you only had two 10-packs or something in your collection, you'll basically pick whatever you paid the most money for. Honestly, most of the time I think people do that. Uh, you only really start to develop that passion for the, the, the seeds when they basically lose value. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense, but uh, I'm rolling with it. Um, no, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but this is a Mr. Toad interview. Let's ask Mr. Toad a question. So I was getting to the what makes success. What 
indeed do you think makes success? If there is a such thing, perhaps you'll disagree that there is a such thing, but what makes success in terms of uh, breeding in this context? That's different for everybody, I, I would suppose. Um, um, yeah, I can't answer that for everybody else. For myself, well, what makes it would success be, for you? Um, like, if I breed a lion, I'm trying to get specific things from that line. Um, if I release everything from that line that doesn't represent it, that's not a success, I think. I think it needs to stay and do what you say it does or offer whatever it is you have with that as a fact. Let people know what it is. But like with my Ghost OG project, that shit starts tasting like blueberries and tasting like fucking strawberries, like I've failed. And if I release it like that, that's not successful. That's just me trying to get some money off of the fact that I have a history in making seeds. But to me, that's not success. A successful would be with that line of breeding that it actually does what I say it does. Hmm. That's what I'm after in, in that specific one. So if I release it as a ghost OG back cross to represent with specific profiles, it should have those. I like that answer. I mean, how do I say it? Like, there's there's a lot of people who would basically say they would have answered that. Well, you know, to make a million dollars a year or to, to become financially secure or whatever else. No, I mean, just to say that, like, I want to make sure that my seeds actually do what they're supposed to do. That's a good answer, honestly. We were talking about this last week with uh, Romulan that seed breeders are like... Uh, uh, what's the expression? Uh, d- uh, like a delayed fuse Santa Claus, like basically a Santa Claus that gives a weed present or a, a gift of good weed, but months from now, if the people like actually grow the weed, I don't know. Maybe what do you think about that? Do you, is there any truth to that? Yeah, it, it does take a while to see if what you bought is what they said it was. And hopefully, it is. Even if it isn't, all weed's good. So even if it didn't come out blueberry and you found cherries or strawberry, it's probably going to be good weed. You can learn to love that shit. Have you had, I mean, speaking of that, like, I think a lot of people don't have experience with with, uh, breeding. Maybe they've just, you know, tossed a couple seeds together or something, but they haven't done multiple runs. Have you had any notable failures in your your breeding career? Like times that stuff just didn't work out or a couple strains just didn't knock together well or anything like that? Yeah, um, Mac one, uh, it didn't like breeding very well. That's one. That's not my line, but breeding with it didn't work out well. It's a good thing to be put in your garden to learn that. Um, the cheese, the same thing, the females, they do not like to be pollinated by their brothers. They don't like to be pollinated by anything they're related to. They will make almost no seeds whatsoever. Um, there's my God. Uh, What's the lineage on space cheese, Mr. Shode? What's that? What's the lineage on space cheese? Space cheese is my angel male, which was Romulan times cataract cush male from uh, 2004. The cataract uh, that I got was from 2004. And um, that's crossed to a locally created blue cheese that was a UK cheese crossed to blueberry from DJ Short that was created by a patient that used to come to my collective. Homeboy was moving for me to hold his cut. He thought he was moving across town. 
and he ended up moving out of state, never came back to the plant. So I ended up keeping the plant, breeding with it. From that cross, I made what I called space cheese. And the space cheese was a parent to the crosses I did two years ago um, that uh, I made uh, 20. Well, I started off with 35 different crosses and I ended up releasing so far about 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I love that cheese. Oh, I tested 25 out. That thing's nice. I'm about to do a back cross with that UK cheese mom. Interesting. I, yeah, I've always, I've actually wanted UK cheese for a while. I've had a hard time actually finding real cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the East Coast, so it's a little different over here. I like the UK cheese. She's a what nice plant. Blue, what was the blue cheese like on the Angel VX2? Uh, that was a clone, I imagine, right? It was a seed plant that was created locally. The guy made the uh, blue cheese here. Um, I can show you what the uh, cross to that looked like here. Well, let's see. I think Stone Root gave me blue cheese crosses the last time I seen them. But I think there's lots. I think there's other breeders possibly too. But yeah, there's a few people that have made blue cheese. That's why I've uh, let everybody know where it came from. It came from the 215 days. Back in the day, people were making all kinds of crazy shit. Um, so much stuff came out of when people were buying stuff out of the Ailey's. And then in California, weed comes legal in '96, and people have to start putting lines into the system that are different than someone else's. If everyone came in with Skunk One, you're not gonna be able to sell it eventually. They want something different because we've already got a guy producing that. So the next thing you know, you go from having just Bubba Kush to Platinum Bubba, right? And now you're able to sell that for a while so everyone else catches on with that shit and starts doing it. The name game got crazy back then. You you could have one plant in the same place with three different names just by giving it to different growers. I was going to ask you, uh, the Romulan that you had, did you, uh, did you breed that yourself with the, 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 oh shit, the space cheese? Yes. I'm already forgetting your lineage. My question, I guess, comes down to where was the Romulan from? Did it come from Romulan Joe or somebody else? The Romulan we got here locally during the two fifteen days from this old dude. And uh. he got it. Cause all we know is it came from 96 as far back as we could track it. Interesting. Um, homeboy died and we were never able to get back to him to find out like, where was the breeder? If so, what seed company did you get it from? Is it a clone that was passed to you? It could have came from Federation, Next Generation. It could have been the Romulan, Joe Cut, all that provenance. The guy that passed it to me, he wasn't into breeding or any of that shit. He just knew this is a clone. I'm going to go tell the club about it. You pick up the clone, and when I go back and talk to the dude eventually after I've ran it and found out what the plant could do, he's dead. There's nothing for us to be able to find out about it. So we just let everyone know what it was. I've shared the clone with other breeders. I've used it in the uh, 215 days. I carried that plant for almost 15 years. So I had it for a long time. A lot of people had it uh, from me. I did, got it back. Um, it's a killer plant. I love that fucking moment. In our area, everybody knew it because of the way it represented it in our environment with ultra pink pistols. They would just shine. That's the stigmas cool. were just crazy pink. When you hit week three to five outdoors, that plant would fluoresce insanely. That's sick. 
That's cool. I rarely see pink pistols. Oh, one I of those great I have this plant, and I know one of these days I'll, I'll finally breed it, and it's going to create some fucking killer shit. It's the, the Bedrock Boogie number two that I talk about sometimes. It's, it's pink bud meat, literally pink. You break it apart, and it's like pink and violet and shit. It's fucking stunning. Really hard to breed it with. It's kind of like uh, the Mac. Actually, I was going to ask you about the Mac. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second here. Uh, Mr. Scott, I was saying, uh, which of Mr. Toad's lines does he think makes the best rosin? Cheers, by the way, Mr. Scott. And that, that's hard. It all comes down to breeding. Um, there's a few different lines that work. The uh, Ghost Burger, the GMO Mudbone, uh, the Geobone with Frosted Space Seeds, which is the government cheese, also does well. The GMO breeds good plants that like to wash well or even pressed well. Um, anything with a more drier feeling rosin, for me, presses well. The stuff that seems greasy as shit, never wants to press, don't come on fucking paper. Uh, that shit drives me crazy. You're bringing Mudbone back, right? You're going to make a new new version? or? Yeah, I've already done that. I'm working on the F3s presently. Um, I won't release the Mudbone back till it's an F4, but I just dropped a few of the uh, Mudbone crosses. Huh. So I nice. just put, uh, let's see, Stir Crazy, which is Kim D to Mudbone. We got Silver Streak, which is... Um, Damn it, I can't even remember what the fuck Silver Streak is. That was the good one for yeah. pain management. Um, yeah, I've got oh. Mudbone. That one worked awesome for people with uh, MS at our club. Something that everybody wanted that had MS. They always would come in and take that shit that we were gone. Um, yeah, here's one of the pink. Uh, fuck you, I can't see that on the background. Mm-hmm. I gotta take this. Yeah, put right your now. body in front of it. Try to keep your body in front of it. D, that's what she said. <laughs> that's the pink of the space nice. kush, which is Romulan to uh, cataract kush. The Romulan mom was the mother to this plant right there. That's the basis to everything that I'm doing right now with the uh, the space keys, the mud bone, um, acres. Everything comes out of across to the male side of those right there. Mr. Sode, um, about to cough. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <I> hate that. <laughs> okay, at least you know that the stunt weed is good. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> tetraploid, tetraploid cannabis. The the Mac. It's speculated or admitted now. I don't know uh, if uh, Mac basically is a, te- even if it isn't, it shares those kinds of characteristics of a plant that's super dank basically and nugged up, but hard to breed. Uh, a lot of people assume that that's the future, the future direction of cannabis. There's a lot of uh, breeders, uh, Oregon CBD, a few other places that are openly basically breeding towards that direction, full throttle, triploid, tetraploid. Uh, do you think that that's the future of cannabis? Or frankly, what do you think the future of cannabis is? Uh, for commercial breeding, that's probably where they're going to try to take stuff. They don't want the average person being able to make any type of copy or version of it at home from seed. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to want that to happen once they regulate cannabis worldwide. Once they've rescheduled this plant in all these countries and it becomes a worldwide commodity, it makes no sense to make everybody have the ability to represent what you're offering to the public. 
And the only way you're doing that is to keep people from breeding with your plant. Uh, Monsanto tried doing it by doing seeds, by forcing them to have the farmer grow those seeds repeatedly and not being able to breed with them. That didn't work. So they're going to try to make it to where you can't breed with that plant. That's 100% where they want acres in all forms. That's the only way you're going to patent a plant. Uh, you can't patent it in seed form. It can't be something that can be found in nature. It has to be something that's in the clonal nature or is a one-up type thing. And that's, that's where this is going. And with commercial cannabis, you need to be able to fill a room with one cultivar. You don't, they're not going to be doing genotype selection in a room. They're going to want to fill a room with X cultivar and another spot with B so that they can produce what they're after. And that's why they're right now even trying to get algae to reproduce cannabinoids. They want to remove the plant if they can in any form so that they can just give us the actual chemical we're we're actually less than four on this plant. When they go to make this in a pill form to give to grandma or to the grandchildren from these pharmaceutical companies, which is going to come, it's not going to be ground up weed. It's not going to be raga. It's going to be something that they can turn into a crystalline format like they do with THBA. And they're going to put that with a binder, give it to you in a pill form, which they can regulate all the way from the powder to the bottle. It's, it's the only way this system works. They're not going to come up with a new way because it's cannabis. And then once we get into, say, biomass, fuel, that all they're going to do is remove cotton if they're going to do uh, textiles and put cannabis in its place. They're not going to rewrite the whole system because it's cannabis. That's where we have to get on the bandwagon and understand what's coming with the actual commercialization of legal cannabis. Speaking of, I hope I'm not just shoehorning the hype, the latest hype, but uh, how do I say this? I, th- you know, I think as a very sort of intelligent breeder, well, well read breeder, and a breeder who is sort of known for kind of teaching uh, folks, where do you think? I guess that's why I'm asking you. Where do you think the role of AI and uh, how do I say this? New technology it might be a simpler way to put it. Uh, may assist. How how will those assist uh, uh, breeders in the future? or even compete with them, potentially. I really don't know enough about that. I do know using technology will help us get farther than we've been going so far. Hmm. Like sequence implants. If we understood what each cultivar we're using to breed with past homogeneously or recessively even, would be able to cut massive amount of time off of our accomplishments at the end. We'd be able to have successful breeding in a shorter amount of time because we actually knew that plant A will pass purple with high CBD and 50% of its progeny. So now we just have to breed that four generations and we have something that's going to be close to 80% in the seed form. But that, that, that's all kinds of time off of guessing, smoking, and front. So then, I mean, how do I say this? Maybe I'm... Uh... I guess this is less of a Mr. Toad question. This is more just a few more thoughts. So maybe I'll save it for another time. I was going to launch into a whole thing. I guess I am actually a little bit high. Uh, so I was t- I've talked about that Sunday driver before. It always cracks me up, the weird stuff that hits me sideways. And Sunday it's driver is one of those that hits me sideways. I don't know. It's just it's funny. Fire. It's great. It's fucking wonderful. I get all goofy and stuff. It's kind of, It reminds me a lot of the Morgana. I just get all goofy and say stupid shit. And, yeah, that uh, was a hit for Canarado, man. That's kind of what put him on the map. Uh, cheers, John. Good to hear it. Uh, uh, right on. Do you By like any of the hype shit, Mr. Todd? What's that? 
Do you like any of the hype shit, like Sunday Driver, GMO, any of the... Yeah, there's some good GMOs. Fire, man. Uh, Sunday Driver's good. Uh, getting hot about it's fucking fire. Um, there's some killer shit out there. Just like, how long are they going to stay around? Like, the problem with today's market. Like, uh, GMO might stay, but how, how far are we going to have some of these other cultivars get when every, like, 90 days, something brand new is the highest testing strain because a brand new magazine came out and said so. Now people are looking for it. Just, I think our generations, finding the one right after me, are going to be the ones that are going to have a hard time finding what we love because, of the, like I said about my nephew and his generation, they don't even know what those are. We know of the hype shit and we all hate on it and make jokes and memes and shit. We don't even know what the fuck the old shit is. And once we die and disappear, if we don't share this info with them, it's going to disappear. And we're going to be stuck with that shit. Like, we're going to have only the hype stuff that's here today to be the old school stuff tomorrow. Like, they literally, right. them, cookies is old shit. Like, that's old school cookies. Even, yeah. Can you imagine never- 20 years from now, oh, back in my day when we were smoking Girl Scout cookies? But that's the thing. Imagine, like, cat piss. We all know about it, but. It died. It kind of, it's going to die with us. Well, it's still out here because it's a profile and not a strain. That's the problem. We don't want to come clean with that fact for ourselves. We can breed for it. And if we start looking for a cultivar that's catfish, there is none. We start looking for that profile again and test for it. It's easy to find and breed for it. And I have it in seed form from a few different friends. I can pop those seeds. It will come out of it. I can cross those to my haze and a couple Breeding projects, I can produce seed lines that will give you that. Will you want to buy the weed though? Like, really? It's just like the old catfish that was here in my day. It was the most janky looking fucking weed. It looked like shit in a bag, but the high was so good, you always went and bought it. But until you bought it, you didn't know that shit. So, like, would it really make it today? There's a lot of cultivars of our day, they wouldn't make it because of that shit. It's a whole different market today. And we can do that with everything. We can do that with skunk. We can do that with what they call piff. We can do that with hazes. If we understood the gene pool and the profiles that they give off, we can breed for those things. Instead of naming things after the flavors and taste, if we would name them after like the original shit we fucked with, Afghanis and Thais, Colombians, Alcapugos, it was easy to select the gene pools because they were regional. They cookies could be something different from one county to the next. It's a form, it's thin mints, it's OG crisp bread, it's fucking meatloaf, it's meat bread, peanut butter breath. It, whatever the fuck is selling is what it's carrying. And at one time, we didn't have that. I feel you, though. I mean, I, my cat, the campus, I remember the latest I've ever seen it was like 06, 07. And it, and it reminded me of like, kind of like the Pacalolo. It looked like the Pacalolo, like old school haze style looking to me. And you're right, it had the best bag appeal at all. Yeah, that's like the one I knew. It was, fun. It was good though. Mr. Toad for- The guys that smoke that shit are looking for it. Like they smoke it again. They don't care. They know what it looks like. They know the bags don't look janky. It's gonna look like it's banged or fucking bammer, right? But if it's real, let me get another bag. I'll smoke this one while I'm waiting for you to bring me the other one. 
Like for real. Mr. Toad, for uh, 20 minutes, uh, a genie gives you the power uh, to pick the next uh, OG slash sour diesel slash whatever. It's it's not just the hype shit. That's it's the, the it's the next hot shit that everyone is just like just salivating to 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 get their hands on. What is it? Land race genetics is what's coming. People are going to try to trick themselves into what they found today is going to be what was available back in the fifties and try to start breeding what we. Uh, in the early 80s again, things lost him. Oh, you're cutting in and out a little bit. I think you're back. I think you're back. On that note, I guess, uh, what's your uh, favorite desert island varietal? So you can pick anything. You can pick one of yours. You can pick something else. What would you drag with you to a desert island? I'd have to take the fucking mail with me so I could breed that fucking turn it into a whole bunch more different lines. That way I can reverse it with something I found on the fucking island and create my own shit. That's a good point. You'd have to like, you'd have to have like a sack of seeds, like a little bag of seeds or something. I can't just give you one clone. Well, with one clone with a male, I can reverse it, turn that into fucking regular animals. Well, but you're on a desert island. Can you really reverse the male on a desert? Could you reverse the male on a desert island? All I need is ethanol, so I could do that on a desert island as long as there's some other kind of fruit on that fucking island. I can harvest the ethylene that those fruits produce. That's a wonderful answer. Switch over male on one branch and create. Four or five seeds, and now I can find a female through, and I can make whatever I want from that line. It doesn't matter what male it is. I can line breed. Now my time's not wasted just sitting there waiting to be rescued. I can breed some cannabis and smoke some queen while I wait. I'm I listening know. to uh, six beverages or six glasses that change the world or whatever. Anyway, it's a history of, of six beverages, basically, that have been really influential throughout world history. And uh, one of the very first is beer. And it's arguably one of the very first human inventions. Really? It may it's not true. have actually been a human invention. It may actually have been a human discovery. When you think about it, uh, mm-hmm. like basically uh, humans basically found, potentially even found some grain that they didn't even harvest or anything that was just like sitting on the ground that was kind of, semi-putrid and when they ate it they got a little bit fucking high and then they're like oh shit that's fucking beer basically what were you gonna say Smash? oh mead right some of the oldest drinks man um beer beers in history books honey honey had to be fermenting somewhere to get someone fucked up that's what mead that's pretty much mead right honey honey, honey beer takes forever someone was making honey and milk somewhere with some water, and that shit was fermenting somewhere. I mean, natives have been fucking spitting in buckets and letting that shit ferment for fucking thousands of years and shit, so we've been fucking with alcohols on some level, even finding it through fermented fruits. I mean, even if it wasn't beer, alcohol entered our systems a long time ago. I mean, if you leave an orange out for long enough, it will turn to a little bit of alcohol. Yeah. You'll see wild animals that know that there's fermented fruits and will eat them on purpose and get fucked up. <laughs> Yo, the pigs, I've seen a pig, like the dude dumped out his mash from his liquor run and the pig ate it and the thing was drunk as shit. Hmm. <laughs> he was like, he rolled down a hill and everything. 
Oh my god, that one video of the the pig that ate too much. Yeah, that's the one. This is the same one. And the the pig looks dead and the guy walks down. The pig's all like just enormous. It looks like an inflated ball. I fucking laughed so hard. <laughs> and people are like, "Oh my god, no, the pig's dead." But you can hear it in the video. You can hear the pig going like, arr, arr, arr. "Anyway, uh agnes beckett actually a fantastic question asks a uh, question thoughts on storing seeds with a little bit more moisture for long-term storage uh there's a lot of people in the past who used to say oh desiccate seeds da, 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 da. but then when people pulled out those seeds disappointment what do you think mr toad a little bit more more moisture for long term or no no i would want my seeds stored to under 12 percent humidity under right. 12 okay uh, um Comes from a hemp husbandry. I believe that's where that info comes from with storing hemp seeds for long term storage. Uh, they show you how to go through weighing seeds wet and then drying them in a kiln and then weighing a dried amount of seeds, numbered amount, and tracking the difference to understand the moisture content of seeds at specific stages. Or you, you can buy a machine that'll help you do the same shit. Hmm. Yeah. The, you want your seeds stored below a specific point and so that you're forcing, um, you want dormancy to happen to that seed. Once that you trigger dormancy in the seed, it will stop trying to burn through its sugars and the enzyme that's stored with it inside itself. Plus extra moisture um, will expand and contract when it freezes, going through that cycle in a regular freezer will cause the embryo to fucking burst. Um, Go ahead, Smash. Do you like to? What's your thoughts on tissue culture? I think I'm really interested in it. That should be the future of our, our industry where we're going. High THC cannabis should be looking for libraries that carry verified clone representations of uh, different uh, forms of plant, like everything that we want to grow, be it hemp. Or be it fucking high THC cultivars that are out there. We should be able to get verified samples that are clean. Because the more we pass dirty shit around, the more likely we're gonna fuck ourselves in the ass and look like we shouldn't be able to fuck with plants. When, when it does become legal, if we're the guys that put all the sickest shit out there, never worried about cleaning it up, there, there's a reason why they wouldn't want us to have seed forms of their plants to make copies of, try to represent that as theirs in a business. It's just so simple. I mean, you just use such a little amount of the plant and you can store so many in a fridge and it doesn't count for like a plant count. So, I mean, you can have hey. thousands. Hey, Fumi. Hmm. We got a problem, bud. What's up? The stream stopped on the YouTube. We're not live oh, no anymore. Kidding? It says live here. Shoot. Uh... Pretty bizarre. Still says live. It does still stay live on mine too, but I heard it say stop recording. Or stop. Let's see here. The video still seems to be going. Boy, this is a delay though. Oh, no, we're done. All right, that's pretty bizarre. <laughs> so I guess my money got flagged again. That's a new one. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe Bruce. I didn't do my whole. That's absurd. I have to do this whole like 10, 15 minute thing where we talk about no violent challenges, no blah, 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 no such and such. Yo, you should flagged. just make a video with that all written down. No, I haven't had time. I know it. I know what I should. Well, uh, for some reason, it's not letting me actually do anything on YouTube. Uh, do you guys mind if I end the show for a second? I mean, we could actually just wrap it up now, but it would be nice maybe for Mr. Toad to have a final thoughts or something. So I'm thinking maybe about ending it because my only button right now for some reason is end. Here, I'm going to give D, I'm going to make D a host just in case maybe it's on my end somehow. It is uploaded now. Okay, D. Uh, what button do you have? Can I reclaim host? No. I can't even reclaim host. Maybe that's my problem. All right, maybe I'll leave and come back. I'll be right back. Dead. On YouTube, because it's up on there. Yeah, they would have took it down already. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Someone... It might have been a Zoom failure. It says reclaim host. All right. Well, all I can really seem to do is end it, and then we could restart it. Oh, we're coming back? Oh, no, D is saying we're coming back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to have to restart it. Yeah, if anyone can hear this, we're going to come right back. Unfortunately, I can only end this, so I'm going to end it. Hit the link. We'll be right back. Come on, gentlemen. You. What the fuck is this shit? That was weird. Yeah, I'm just trying to check my channel if there's a report or anything. I'm glad I noticed it before uh, you oh, kept on. Oh, age restriction. Someone age restricted us. I get age restricted. It usually doesn't shut it down, though. Apparently it did. What the fuck? Yeah, age restricted. Uh, yeah, and someone someone's definitely knocking the channel because it's only 87% likes. So one of the fucking duckweed or somebody is uh, reporting the channel. Hope those people get asshole cancer. I'm really so tired of it. I can't understand what the fuck we could have done to duckweed and raptor. No. Those two little shit stains. I just can't them. understand Let's it. Let's talk about Steelbird real quick. Oh, what a I find out that motherfucker... Stone Rude, at, we went to Wu-Tang together, and he went to join them because he was excited. And he was like, all right. Uh, Stone Rude was like, fuck it, we'll go run, I'll go in there and talk to him. And he brought up me, and they were, like, trying to hold friendships over his head. Like, And he was like, dude, you guys are acting like children. And he left. He even texted me. He's like, bro, these people oh. are acting like, like they're mad at you now. I was like, I don't understand. This is fucking crazy. I came on here so when he was uh, the show, and I was like, yo, anyone that holds someone's friendship what over... What is Steelbird mad at me now for? They're all mad. So, 
initially i was all right so on that discord steelbird was like yo i, I can't let you in because people are mad at fuming and you remind them of fuming so and what are they got, mad at me for so when you were talking they said you were talking shit that's all i got that's literally it that's all i got when you were like <laughs> mad, mad about some shit Fuck off. it's so ridiculous and i was like bro i straight up was like yo <sighs> You have a fucking problem with fuming? Say it to him. Be a man. Don't don't put yeah, me in the middle. Don't don't do this don't shit, man. Bro. That's ridiculous. They're mad at me for apparently talking shit about them being bad or something. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Mr. Toad knows. We're not live, by the way, yet. Mr. Toad knows what I'm talking about. These people are fucking cray cray. Uh, check this out. Oh shit! All right. You guys wanna hit it? I'll go for it. Another picture. By the way, Mr. Toad, you don't have to stay all night. Uh, we've had a actually a lovely interview. Uh, what was I going to say? You're you're more than welcome to, to hang with us longer. We'd love to hear more from you. Uh, but if you want to if you want to hit it, if you want to uh, if you also want to hang, you know, you're more than welcome to because we usually uh, stick around a little bit longer. If you want to hang but just kind of hang back in the background, you're more than welcome to do that too. So anything you'd like, it's uh, it's. Uh, Gotta ask about the DDA soil. That's it. Get ready. Yeah. Totally. All right, let's do it to it. Boom, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Literally no idea. Uh, the, the the show was age-restricted, so thank you very much to the person who's been feverishly reporting the show. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, Dee's going to take it away here for a second. We're probably going to have to redo those goddamn introductions anyway because we don't want to get it flagged again. Go for it, Dee. Welcome back, everybody. You still have to be 21 and over. This show is for educational and edu- entertainment purposes only. Holy cheese. I need to smoke something. If you're under 21, you have to leave. Do it. Do it That's now. Get out. Do it. Uh, no chilling alive, ladies and gentlemen. You must be an adult. Uh, and uh, whatever your rules are where you are, where you, are, where you uh, locally live, because it's an international show, please follow yeah. them, ladies and gentlemen. Where I am, it's 21 and over. Uh, what was I going to say? We do not talk about any kind of drugs on this show, any kind of heavy drugs, any kind of hard drugs that cause addictions. So obviously no cocaine, no cocaine or opiates. We definitely don't uh, uh, teach you how to steal, rob, cheat, lie, or anything like that. We don't teach you how to do any kind of challenges, any kind of uh, dangerous uh, uh, pranks. We don't talk about any kind of uh, fasting or any kind of extreme fasting challenges, ladies and gentlemen. Any kind of extreme eating whatsoever is not discussed on the show. Uh, what else, D? Uh, violence, no violence of any kind, no bombs, bombs. No, 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 any kind of violence whatsoever. Unless uh, they're bath bombs, that's it. Bath bombs are allowed, but no other bombs that go explodey. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do violence to tacos, that's fine with me. If it's Taco Tuesday, and you're doing oh. violence to taco plate, that's fine, that's appropriate, but no violence against other human beings, ladies and gentlemen. I think that about covers it. Once again, no instructional theft or cheating of any kind. And uh, of course, once again, all yeah, cannabis on the show is actually stunt cannabis, ladies and gentlemen. It's not real cannabis. What's that, Smash? Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I have community guidelines up, and it says vulgar language, too. Uh, we have been oh. trying not to swear as much on the show, especially in the beginning of the show. <laughs> because, yes, we, we can get potentially flagged for that. But I don't think we were swearing well, on the show. And like I said, I can see that there's, like, reports. Like, unfortunately, I wish I could see the people who reported it. It would be so much easier. You know, I could send them a balloon filled with shit or something. You know what I mean? But, no, you can't see the actual names, but you can't see such and such percentage of people have voted up or net well so it's obviously somebody's been reporting the stream um that person is winning at life we all know 
Uh, Mr. Toad, uh, we're back to you because uh, 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 those people don't deserve that much attention. Uh, we, we were talking, mm-hmm. honestly, I was kind of running out of questions. I was going to say, uh, tell us a story about your, tell us one of your favorite stories of dealing with a patient. Obviously, we're going to, you know, not necessarily say that person's name, but like uh, uh, if you have a story about, or how do I say this? What I'm basically trying to get to is an experience you had literally with medical cannabis and with a medical patient or a patient group. A memorable. Yeah. I mean, tons of them. My mom, she's a two-time cancer patient. Uh, my grandfather, uh, cancer patient. But my mom's a good example. Um, when she got diagnosed, um, just prior to that, literally the week before that, I had a friend that got diagnosed with brain and throat cancer. And I sent him two ounces of FICO so that he could fucking start getting on a regimen to help him. Because he had young kids, and I, all he wanted to do was see his son play some baseball and graduate. Like, that's all he wanted to see. He wanted to see him turn 18. And if that happened, he's like, I'm good, bro. So I sent him that shit and he starts using it. The next week, my mom got diagnosed. I had nothing to give her. And I see uh, people online sending me all this, uh, we'll pray and thoughts and prayers and positivity and all that stuff was great. And then one guy out there that he didn't put none of that shit out there. He just hit me up on the DMs and was like, "Go and give me your address, dude. I'm gonna send you some shit." That was Kevin Dodry, and he sent me a regimen of Vico to give to my mom to help with her fighting cancer. My mom didn't go through anything but surgery, she didn't go through radiation or chemotherapy. She just used high dosages of Vico and the surgery, and she ended up beating cancer twice. Same kind of cancer. Came back once again. She ended up beating it again, again from the same thing. Only using cannabis, and that that tells me all the time that with proper uh, lifestyles, not just smoking weed, but switching up from being negative and having uh, a life that is depressing to something that's more positive. By seeing that so many people care about you, like what happened with my mom, she saw all these people that she never knew reach out to her, send positive thoughts and it helped affect your mindset and then to have someone like Kevin be able to send me something that I wasn't going to be able to produce for months again if not for half a year because of the outdoor season just send it to me because someone was sick like that's what this is all about uh, I've met him a, a few times. I, I can't say I know him super well or something, but I know him uh, uh, at least I guess by name and he's it's really interesting how Kevin Jodry's like the the Zelig. Just, I guess maybe that's too obscure. It was this Woody Allen movie from way back when where if I'm remembering the plot, okay, I'm probably fucking this up a little bit. Basically, what I'm trying to say is Kevin Jodry is like in the center of every single weed story somehow. Like from anyone you talk to, like somehow he's involved. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Family Tree Seeds a while ago. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, what was it? Uh, um, uh, Duke, Duke Diamond. A couple other breeders, basically, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I know that they've gotten a bunch of their stock. We talk about it all the time from Kevin Jodry, on and on and on. He's like in the middle somehow of every single one of those stories that cracks me up. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, with the a lot of people, speaking of people like Kevin Jodry, I was uh, um, hearing him talk about, you can hear him on YouTube, talking about how you know the, the weed scene of the past in California is kind of uh, gone, especially in uh, uh, the Emerald Triangle, now it's being corporatized and stuff. How do people like us, I don't know, uh, how do how do the independent people, uh, uh, how do they fight back? Or how do, um, is there a fight, basically? Is there a future for little people in, in cannabis or in seed breeding, either way? Oh, man, I don't know. It's going to be hard. I mean, there's going to be regional stuff. 
they're not going to put a blip in what's coming. What's coming is going to be big. I mean, there's so many different uh, loopholes for us to jump through once cannabis becomes rescheduled and worldwide legal. It's going to be pretty rough on the small guy to be able to pay for the, the admission to get into that. It's going to be kind of hard. Uh, so what's going to stay is going to be passion. Like, it doesn't matter if the weed sells. It doesn't matter if the seed sells. They're still going to be produced. We're still making those things. And that's what's going to keep us there. We have to be able to go through losing everything, basically, by not profiting from the plant to be able to get to the point where we will be able to do that eventually. There, there's going to be people that will look for craft breeders that have put in the years and the passion with this plant to be able to offer products that aren't the run-of-the-mill cannabis that air it's going to be out there right there's always going to be someone that wants a different form of medicine right not everyone wants tylenol somebody wants to go have a seance someone wants to go have a sweat lodge or some shit you know we, there's always going to be a reason for those different breeders no i dig it i hope you're right i hope that there's a, a future you know i mean how do i put it uh not just because, you know, we like to joke about this sometimes, but all of us kind of weed people, the growers, the breeders, everybody, one of the biggest things that draws us, I think, to this is the independence of it in many cases. And anytime that independence is threatened, I think a lot of us are really, I don't know, fearful and unhappy and everything else. It'd be nice to think that there's a future for the, the independence of it. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, I lost my train of thought a little bit, of course. Uh I lost my fucking train of thought. Great, great interview technique when you lose your train of thought. Uh, Mr. Toad, is there anything that you wanted to tell us uh, uh, in this uh, interview that I've been just basically talking over you or forgot to ask you or anything else? I got a question, too. Go for it. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you about your, your, your growth style. Because um, you have the DDA soil, the designated dank area soil. Nice. And are you still growing with that? Are you still growing with that style? And have you uh, made any changes over the years? I've been forced to have to change from that style because I can't build large uh, soil batches anymore from a wheelchair. So I make small batch stuff that I do now with uh, basically just down to earth amendments instead of sourcing all the old stuff that was in my mix. My mix used to carry a bunch of stuff that came in it. There was crab meal and shrimp meal, uh, karanja neem. Uh, fish bone meal, activated charcoal was in that stuff. We had lime, worm castings, <clears throat> humic soil. I put all kinds of stuff in there. Um, and it was just there to try to make it quick, boost to basically bag soil, because bag soil is nothing but a, a medium to expand upon. Once we can get all those microbes and indigenous organisms in there, that's when the soil starts. I mean, it was kind of kind of similar to a like a big high super soil, but you had some you had even additional stuff in there as well. Yeah, it's very similar. Vic's the first person that I ever saw pushing um, what he called super soil. Uh, um, he he had that name years back, and then that got passed yeah. through with the PGA crew, and then. Um, it became a keyword later on where everyone just starts using the name for any kind of soil that they put amendments in without understanding that it had to go through the process of inoculation of those microbes and fungi before it actually was a living soil. And that's that's where I try to get to, especially with my outdoor stuff. Indoor, it's hard. It's hard to do a, um, indoor living soil 
with uh, the area of space that I have in my wheelchair. I have very small uh, spaces uh, utilized that my chair can access. In the old days, I could set up plug-in greenhouses and have a lot better uh, results. That's a good point. How does that, how do I say this? Because you're not by any stretch the only uh, uh, wheelchair grower that's in the community. I get emails sometimes. Some of my customers are wheelchair growers and so on. How does that impact your growing? Because uh, uh, whether we like it or not, all of us are getting older, right? And all of us are, are facing different issues in our life. How does it affect yours? I have to plan everything out way ahead of time or I will fuck everything up when I go to do it. Huh. If I don't plan this chair to be part of the project, I'm going to fuck up. And I I went most of my life, like I was 44 years of my life, I could walk. So planning the chair into it, it's always the last fucking thing I think about. So it's usually what's going to cause me to fail is my chair. So I've always learned now to start with the chair first. Like, am I going to have room to get my chair around there? So that's the first thing I do is check measurements for my chair. And I just put a greenhouse up outside with the help of a friend named Gummy Girl in the community. She came and put it up, um, but I had to plan it out. So I had to go out there and make sure it was going to fit in the exact space so that I, I could get my chair through it. I could get through the zippers to get into the doors. And if I didn't plan all that stuff out, I was going to be screwed. And that stuff I never used to think about because I could work around it. You know, I could step over a two by four or mm. I could make a hole bigger and get in it. Right. I just don't have those options anymore because if someone's not here to help me do those things, it's not going to get done. So I definitely have to plan every step of everything I do from beginning to end from, from the point of being disabled because nothing's designed for that. The, the uh, hydroponic industry doesn't design anything for people that are uh, hate to say disabled but have less ability to do some people physically and, and that's that to me is a problem that's that's where i started taking my breeding different directions like with autos and stuff i, I used to hate those fucking things and they never wanted to make films because i thought it was lazy for people to not select females and shit and then all of a sudden i lost my leg i don't have space to fucking search for see i started thinking that way like what if i had to pack 10 seeds into my grow room do I got room for five of them to turn into boys and then have to do that again? Hmm. And what if I got cancer? Like, do I have two rounds to select through the males and shit to now have the, enough room to fill a whole garden with females to fucking have what I need? And that's where I was like, I need to start releasing the fems and showing people how to do it. And I need to start to try to produce auto flowers to have for people that literally don't have the ability to turn lights on and off. Like you, you might have someone come over once a week that helps you change the reservoir in your tent. And that's the only thing you can do. Other than that, you're just waiting for it to finish. And if you don't think from the other perspective, you're always stuck in your own. Huh. Yeah, another first, cool thing. Another cool thing that Toad has that uh, he hasn't talked about is he makes these um, uh, 3d printed clone shippers where they use a regular solo cup, but they have like a tough, uh, portion that connects to it and it has like an led light in it they're pretty cool i think he calls them bone clones or bone cloners mm-hmm. i think he's going to get one maybe but they're they're pretty cool that's they're all outside in my fucking storage man i got about 50 of them out there i'll show you a picture of one hold on while you're looking they're 3D printed. they're made out of um uh, biodegradable plastic or hemp plastic, either way. Hemp plastic, that sounds dope. 
right? Yeah, the, the plastic's made out of hemp, wheat, and corn. And the hemp's grown in uh, in Michigan, so it's a uh, 100% produced in the United States. That plastic that I use, right on. Just like my packaging for my seeds, um, my packaging is all 100% biodegradable. If folks choose to not have the little plastic fucking tube to hold the seeds, I can give you the whole package, made in the USA, from the paper that I package them in to the way I breed them and shit. That's this great. stuff is. The package comes from Michigan. The ink comes from uh, Detroit also. Uh, and then I breed them here in the United States. Right. Plus, you can take the seeds out. If you don't want them in the plastic, I can send them in a hemp draw, which was the 2019 Hemp Product of the Year, Jack Herrera awarded. So it's made out of hemp and corn, the straw itself, and it biodegrades. So you could take everything, plant the seeds, and then take the package and just throw it in your compost pile, and it will biodegrade everything in my thing. Love it. Wow. That awesome. bothers me about my packaging that I have uh, two, three pieces of plastic in it, and so I'm like, it's basically just trash, right? <laughs> yeah, I, and I hate to say it, and that's what I've been challenging everybody out there. Like, you can get, like, this thing doesn't have to have a sticker on it. So, like, the sticker on most people's uh, packaging is also plastic. So that's two different plastic things. Then there's a tube inside that's plastic, usually. Or there's glass, which can break very easily and become dangerous. And all this becomes trash. Can't do nothing with it. Yeah. But this one, if I send it with the with the uh, straw tube instead of the plastic uh, seed tube that we all know, right? The uh, centrifuge tube that I have to use for mailing purposes through the uh, banks that I use. When it goes through the bank, I can't have seeds getting broke through packaging hmm. and then have to replace them. It becomes fucking the point to where I would have to raise prices if I did that. And I ain't going to do that. So... Through there, I send the little centrifuge tubes that you could stand on. But if you wanted them from me, literally, you could get them to where everything's 100% biodegradable. And as breeders, like we're stewards of the world and the plant. We're always talking about we're organic this and we're organic that. And people talking to someone using salt and shit and the whole fucking packaging is plastic. Hmm. Like, that's, that's some bullshit. That's some straight up mids. We used to be trying to go some form of plastic there's little boxes we could use you don't have to go to a coin envelope there's companies that will make a custom box uh, for you that one of her eyes be- has these really gorgeous boxes that are like fold yeah. out first of all the presentation is yeah. top notch uh but also i think technically all of it can be maybe not the ink but i, I haven't actually looked into it maybe she's looked into the ink though the whole i mean it's so fucking perfect maybe she did but uh the yeah. package itself is cardboard and paper and whatever and yeah like these ones here, you can get this thing in 100% cardboard that's foldable, custom. You can have your own stuff put on. This is from uh, Soul Rebel Seed, so it's not mine. There's different ways to go about it. But if we get rid of the plastic packaging, it's just like going down and buying some herb at the shop, right? They put it in a bag, then the bag's put in a box, and then the box fucking is stuck in another bag. Like, there's nine different things to throw in the trash before we get to our joint. That was uh, one crazy. of the discussions here in Oregon uh, as things have gotten uh, uh, legal. Uh, didn't matter what you were buying, especially with concentrate, actually. It did matter what you were buying. The flour came in a 
plastic thing, some places in a plastic thing that came in a, pl- a, a paper thing that came in another paper thing. Some places you could just get in a pop top. But if it was prepackaged, it was in like three things. But the concentrates, fucking forget it. The concentrate jar was wrapped in this other little box that was itself in another box and another. And that was, a, at first, that was mandated by the state. And everyone's like, we've just got bales of fucking trash everywhere. Yeah, anyway, it's yep. gotten a little bit better, but not all that much. I don't know. Still yep. And it's trash. trash that's fucking dangerous trash, glass and plastic. Like yeah. the paper biodegrades, but the glass and plastic's going to be here fucking forever. Yep. The plastic is the worst part. Uh, that's getting it all the way down to our fucking water. Like it's in everything. It, it sucks that we constantly keep doing that because that's sure it's fun. either cheaper or that's what uh, the industry demands. Like, and it, when it's regulated, it's even worse. To regulate me into having to reduce pollution just because it's fucking better for your regulations. Like, that's fucking stupid. By the way, uh, when you mentioned it, Robert Benjula, or Benjula, sorry, I say his name wrong, uh, in the chat uh, was talking about uh, uh, FEMS, I believe. I think he corrected it. Maybe he didn't correct it. Uh, He was asking, uh, ask Mr. Toad what GEMS seeds, but I think he was talking about FEMS, which is a typo. Uh, What FEMS are you uh, coming out with? And also, I was going to ask you, actually, I forgot to ask you that earlier. What are your thoughts on FEMS? Because I think a lot of breeders basically have this kind of, you know, they have a whole opinion on FEMS, one way or the other. What's your opinion? They're very valuable work for uh, line breeding and inbreeding. It's how you lock in traits of plants um, very easily. Uh, basically, other crop breeders, that's how they would go about using uh, plants to add cross to a plant, like a reoccurring plant, if you want to make recombinant inbred lines or if you want to make some truly uh, line bred stuff um, by taking some of the uh, self versions of the plants and introducing to some of the progeny that are holding the traits you're after will make your breeding much easier. So I, I believe that stems for breeding are good, but also great for people that, again, don't have space. Like if you have uh, plant count numbers or if you don't have the ability to look for males, they're, they're real easy for that also. And then for what I'm bringing out, I'm doing some new stems that are going to be crosses to my... Uh, Hit or quitter. Feminized in that plant. It's a Cory Stardog from Top Dog Feed cross to my space feed male. That sounds awesome. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Charlie's Farm, what's going on, my buddy? <clears throat> well, I cough a little hey, what's going on, everybody? <coughs> jump on. It's been a long day, but uh, yeah, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. I just like to listen to the show, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah, a lot of respect, Mr. Tillman. <laughs> Flying down the freeway. <laughs> Actually, I, I could have. I have to go to the bank, and I could have gone to the bank literally right down the street, around the corner from the last person I just saw, and I forgot because. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, so it's been another forty-five minutes, but it's all good, man. And it's icy tonight too. We had a nice oh, storm, shit. like freezing rain and ice. Yeah. Dude, so, did you see that freaking Texas ice storm where everything was covered in mm. like an inch and a half, two oh, inches yeah. of fucking uh, ice? Yeah. Holy Hell God. yeah. Ridiculous. Hell yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, and so. not to mention the, the Turkey earthquake. My goodness. Two oh, my God. Right after another. Oh, don't, yeah, man. I'll shed tears. I saw a picture today of a, uh, a man. He couldn't have been in his mid-40s, and he's holding, holding a hand. hand. He, did you see that, too? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Oh, my God. I literally was dead, 
Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like they were holding hands. Maybe she was alive. It almost looked like it, like they, while she was still alive. Yeah. And the death toll is just going to go nothing up, but up, but up, but up. Yeah. Syria, too, you know? So the, yeah, the, they've been, <laughs> the epicenter was in Turkey, but yeah, like it was a big old yeah, I saw that. a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. one of the big things is that there was a ton of Syrian uh, refugees from the civil war. That's uh, right. Uh, one of the closest cities to Syria. Uh, it's literally like not even a hundred miles away. I don't even think. Uh, and yeah. uh, basically right across the border pretty much is where all the Syrians came from. Literally millions. And it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it fucking is, freezing. It's yeah. Freezing out. So if you're stuck middle of the night in your pajamas and you're in that rubble, man, the elements are going to get you just as much as the, uh, you know, environmental. That's right. Yeah. It's freezing. And there's so many homeless now. What a crisis this is, you know, but I, you know, not to bring it down, Mr. Toad, like I said, yeah, I just bought stones for the first time all day, so I'm, I'm, I'll babble for a minute. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, we were talking with Mr. Toad before, and I guess, uh, I, I don't know, I, I wonder what his thoughts are basically now that we've kind of gotten through the, I don't know, what do you call it, the question and answer. Now's the essay portion of the interview, I guess. Uh, Mr. Toad, I dig the philosophy. I always dig his philosophy right? on cannabis and how deep it is and how committed he is. And, um, you know, I mean, listen, I'm just, uh, uh, just somebody from a file just looking in, but that's how I feel about Mr. Toad. Just, um, and that's all. And I get a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff to share. So I'm going to shut up now. Do my no. And by the way, if you have any questions, please chime in too. Uh, I was going to ask if I can finish my thought before forgetting it, which is not always a thing that happens. Uh, you're welcome. Okay. I think exactly. That's what we try to say on this show, Mr. Toad, because otherwise we'd be apologizing all the time. Uh, what am I trying to say? Fuck, don't lose it. Uh, the So I asked you a little bit earlier, like, uh, were you bothered? And you were like, no, it doesn't fucking bother me. And I thought, wow, what an interesting, what a good perspective. I think, you know, if I asked you the same question, like, oh, does it bother you that there's all these chads in the industry? You'd probably say no. So I'm going to phrase it a different question or a different way. Uh, what do you think the difference is uh, and is it a difference that will matter over time? Maybe that part of the question is not important. Do you think there is a difference in the approach that someone that comes from weed for a medical reason for, even that's maybe a bad question because people will say every use of weed is a medical use. Okay, I'm just going to simplify the question. Is there a fundamental difference between people who, cheers, uh, uh, Captain 420, who are medical, let's just call it, let's just make it nice and simple, people who are medical and people who are profit-based in weed. Do they have completely different perspectives or will they, you said that all weed is good weed. In the end, does it all even out? How is it? No, it's not going to even out. It's going to become recreational everywhere until they sell it to you as a pharmaceutical. Medical and cannabis is fading away. That's that's the whole point of making it a commodity. It, it can't like at the moment buying it is just cats that are smoking it to get high. So like we have to sell it to them as that. But as it becomes something that's sold to everybody, which is like grandma who gets sick, right? She's not smoking it, but she needs the cannabinoids or a kid with cancer. And then you step outside of that, we're gonna get into the like they're going to make fucking drywall out of this shit and paper and there's going to be textiles made from it. So they're going to get real far away from how we now breed from it medically 
where they're going to start taking us. I think I think that's where we breed for something that helps somebody with back pain or so they can alleviate depression. It's going to be such a small market that I don't think it's really going to affect it. Romulan last week, I think, was <coughs> maybe maybe I didn't ask him. Excuse me for coughing. Maybe I didn't ask him specifically about the future, but I feel like he was optimistic. He was basically saying that he found. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> he found his little wheelhouse, basically, mainly breeding the the Romulan, of course, into other stuff, and he thought that that would kind of give him a leg up, basically. That way he would, you know, how do I say this? He would build a niche and basically kind of populate that niche. Uh, where am I getting to with that, I guess? Um, I'm, I'm babbling a little bit because I'm smoking apparently good uh, uh, stunt weed. But how do I am saying this? Uh, is that the way to the future? Is that the way to survive the future, basically, is to have a niche, basically, a very specific kind of uh, a path? Go ahead. It's the only way. Cheers, by the way, Kevin. Yeah, I, I kind of think in the future for craft cannabis, to say the guys that are and we're smoking it to get high, they're going to need to specialize in one cultivar too and then join together with other guys doing the same thing so that they can offer something that isn't available in the community already. Everyone's got access to sour diesel. Everyone can get Blue Dream. Everyone can get basically every cut and clone that's out there if we don't something that's different what makes us different they can find anyone that can do what we're doing with the same book and genetics if and for cheaper if we're not careful it's the same thing in every form of business unless we can specialize and offer something they can't can we then ourselves use that as a commodity otherwise we're just a, a cog in the wheel that's getting everyone else paid who was talking about this? I feel like I was listening to a podcast a couple days ago when someone basically said that the ship has already sailed and that any concept of like land races or indigenous varietals is gone. And that basically everything now has been polluted one way or the other, either with stray pollen from, you know, some 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 cookies or, you know, whatever the fuck, basically someone's home grow or whatever. And the, the again, I can't think of the podcast, but basically everything up to and including Thailand apparently is Arginine? yeah arginized right arginized or something yeah 100 percent. is that i don't know first of all do you have any thoughts on that is everything no. basically like uh what do you think captain 420 oh uh i think the land races in thailand are selectively kept I think uh, what you get are heirlooms now. The things that people talk about from the 60s and 70s, uh, the biggest problem here is, you know, they just let the pollen fly and everybody lets it fly. Well, you get a couple farmers doing that and, you know, how far is that pollen gonna travel? maybe a couple kilometers downwind and a couple kilometers wide well over 20 30 years you know everything gets cross-pollinated and it all changes it all evolves so that's what i'm saying like uh is there any real uh differentiation anymore is there any i mean i i would say i'm playing devil's advocate because i think there is still plenty of differentiation but i guess just to play devil's advocate is it all basically a forlorn 
should we all start crying now because it's all basically, I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm being a, a, too much of a devil's advocate. I've heard before, there's there's been people on this show before, there's been people who pa- popped through here, passed through here, who kind of didn't even really believe in the concept of cannabis breeders. They basically assumed that, you know, like uh, everybody who's a breeder now is just a joke and so, and so forth. And I don't know, how do I say this? Um, where am I getting to with that? I'm getting a little bit too stoned apparently on this. It's a hilariously good weed. I fucking love it. It's Charlie's Farm. It's like, I would have never guessed in a hundred years, like, oh, Fumi, what's that one strain that makes you go really giggly Sunday night? Yeah, right? There yeah, you go. You forget everything. You forget <laughs> just, your train of thought. 100%. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about. I'm just like oh, babbling man, about random shit. Yeah, but what about, what about places like, um, what about places like Cannabiogen? And A seeds, you know, they supposedly hold some of the land races or are those false land races? Well, what I'd say is like, if you want a, a true land race or wild ecotype, you should be trying to find it from the source and not from a seed bank that's been populating a seed train for 15 years. They're line breeding at this point. They're making it what you have found, which is a cross of one plant to another plant more than likely by now. Or if they're in films, it's one plant. So it, even though it says tie, if you feminize one tie selection, you don't have the ability to produce tie gene pool. You only have a selection that came from that. Yeah. Uh, if you have a chihuahua and try to make a wolf from that, it's not going to happen. But if you have a wolf, you could eventually get to a chihuahua. And we, we've done gotten to the chihuahua aspect of weed now, where even though Thailand weed still exists in an heirloom and probably landless variety, but it's not what was here in 1940 it's just carrying the same name because of the fact that humans are all over the place and moving around and doing like captain says in that area they're not using cannabis as a crop so there's not rules to keep a guy down the block from pollinating an area where you think where you're making shit right and now you have seeds in your population that came from his gene pool because he's so damn close to you and there's no way to prove it because we can't sequence our stuff. So we're just stuck thinking that everything that we produce in the area is real. And until that happens, we're we're stuck in Stone Ages with breeding with cannabis. If we're doing it, we're going to stay doing it this way. We're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. You're going to be able to get seeds from me here soon. Some of them are going to be really limited because I wasn't able to acquire quite a lot of seeds but uh you know basically you're going to get something that was from this region here in thailand you know i may have smoked it but i may have smoked it in a brick form i may have smoked it uh you know under flowered not taken all the way to the way we would take it or even definitely not dried and cured like we would. So I don't get to see what the, I see the potential of the plant. I don't see anything really past that because this is the first full year that I'm actually getting to see a bunch of outdoor gardens and plants. And what you're going to find is, you know, you're going to find the lemon terps, the mango terps, your fruity terps, your floral terps here. 
and you're going to find big plants and bigger broadleaf plants here. But they're not going to be, you know, 90-day plants. They're going to be 130 to 160 days because they haven't had Western genetics introduced into them yet. They're still all Thai. Hmm. Well, I'd like to think. That reminds me, actually. I don't know why that reminds me, but it reminds me. Uh, Mr. Toad, do you, uh, uh, Bud Kilowatt, who's probably listening in the chat, or at least he was listening a little while ago, uh, he talks about how these days everything's for hash. Just fuck hash, 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 hash. And uh, everything is judged by how it washes. Well, I haven't heard you once talk about washing, you know, uh, uh, of cannabis. Uh, how do I say it? Do you think about that? Do you breed for that? Is that something that's on your mind? No, I'm not breeding for a technique that people will change their name of in the next three to five years like that that's not for me uh, ash yeah that comes from making cannabinoids with trichomes how it washes that's based on how you grow the plant uh, how you grow it like unless i come fix the room up i can't affect that so i breathe for genetics it's up to you to research gene pools to know what you're after and if you just go for washing you can wash tomatoes and get trichomes <laughs> i didn't agree I think a lot of those breeders that talk about how it washes, that's code word for small yield. Huh. It's just like, there's no reason for me to breed for how something washes. Like, I'm getting rid of every other thing that would make that thing a real breeding plant. Like, if you fucked up your grow, it's not going to wash well. Unfortunately, so one of the things that, that well, one of the things that makes like a, a, a very pain relieving strain actually apparently is anthocyanins, and those anthocyanins are basically the colorful things in weed, and that stuff is mm -hmm. water soluble. So when you have like a very purpley or whatever, you know, Tropicana cookies or whatever, the water is super purple when you wash mm -hmm. it, and you're basically washing away those cannabinoids basically, and you dump it, you know, down the drain or whatever else, and you don't end up certainly don't end up ingesting it. Isn't that interesting? I mean, maybe there's still. No, that's where you would want to eat something like that. You'd make a product out of that and eat the anthocyanins. You don't want to smoke them. I'm trying to smoke an anthocyanin, like, smoke is the most inefficient way to retain the medicinal properties we're after. That's why mm -hmm. they're going to put it in a pill form. It's going to come in a food, a suppository. They're not going to have sick patients in fucking anywhere, fucking down joints. That's just for the fucking healthy dude in the room that wants to get high. So the. And Washington, like, Granny's not going to dab. The kid's not going to dab. And eventually, we're not going to dab either because, like, if we're this is really truly medicinal, there's a, there's a thing called lipid pneumonia. There's actual regulations to how many fats and lipids a person can ingest in a 24-hour period. Waxes are not healthy. Any kind of concentrate that we put into, like, live resin and rosin, unless you might Inhaling those in our lungs is damaging. It's just a fact. It doesn't matter that cannabis came with it. Those things are dangerous. I used to work in a candle factory. There's regulations to how much waxes that you can be exposed to in a 24-hour period. So you can't work too much overtime in that area by law because you can inhale too many lips, that's lipids just because you're surrounded by liquefied versions of wax and shit. And the same thing will happen with cannabis. The more we regulate it, I wonder if nuns. Doing it, I wonder if nuns and priests get lipid pneumonia from standing in a church with all the candles lit. 
when you think about it, right? Yeah, man, they can. I mean, it, yeah. it's a literal thing. It's it's very true that you can get they did, They swept it under the rug and basically went hush hush on. They may not even know that it, that's the source if that was. Right. It's just pneumonia. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's just... Why would anyone check? No, people always talk about this. Lipids. People who dab, you know, heavy dabs and stuff. Sorry for talking over you. There's a bit of a delay. No, um, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, people who do heavy dab, uh, dabs, you know, the big one gram dabs or whatever, dab competitions and stuff, they'll say, oh, they've got like a coating on their freaking lungs the next day. Sometimes you'll hear about people who will be high for a couple days as their lungs apparently keep soaking up the stuff that keeps coating their lungs. That cannot possibly be healthy. Every time I hear stuff like that, I just cringe because I'm just like, that's going to be something 30 years from now that we're going to all just shake our head, right? It's going to be the, the, the equivalent of the Marlboro Man or something, right? I don't know. Just saying, we all used to fucking, when we were young, dab off some hot knives on the stove that were red hot. And then we learned what comes from that smoke from right. being red hot. Just some yeah. cannabis, right? right. I used to do it with uh, People still do that. Cigarette still lighters. Do that. Yeah, the same 70s. thing. Just, just, just think of what yeah, came off the red hot. Oh, first time I did it, I scorched my lungs. I literally scorched my lungs. The smoke was so damn hot. It was a waste. Oh, I coughed. I had this friggin', I was like, I don't know, 14, 15. And uh, yeah, oh my God. I'll never forget that. For a week, my. I'm smoking out of plastic lined aluminum cans and shit. Like, we're we're tripping. Yeah, man. Back in the day. Holy shit. Even I had had a friend that had a copper bomb. A copper bomb. You're not supposed to. Little particles. The copper heats up, it it releases, and it creates gas. Yeah, little yep. pieces of freaking copper in your lungs. Yep. Yeah. 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 Moving to the science side, that what we're doing today is wrong. We did the same thing with uh, shatter. People would be all safe. It don't shatter. It don't matter. And then we found out that shit was still trapping all the fucking uh, solvents. Yeah. It still had way too many fats and lipids in it and shit. And it wasn't, couldn't be smoking that shit. And especially because of the way a lot of people were producing it through. PVC pipes and shit that were dissolved mm-hmm. instantaneously. Yeah. And butane oh my it. God. Especially because uh, you just cut the end of fucking PVC yeah. and now the coating's compromised and any yeah. chemical, well, even water's going to go yeah. through that heat that shit. I remember seeing a galvanized pipe with the caps on yeah. the holes, blasted. Galvanized piping. Oh my God. Yeah, just imagine what was coming out of there. Forget about all the contaminants going through everything, too. I mean, imagine how dirty that was. I never dabbed, I was an old guy. You know? And once it started becoming big, you know, well, in my era anyway, turn of the century a little bit later, maybe give or take. But anyway, I just never was, was into it. I, I do a dab now and then, but yeah, I get that coating on my lungs sometimes. And it's, even from one dab, it's like, oh, God, it feels like I have a freaking candle down my lungs. It's like, Some oh, people are hypersensitive to uh, fats and lipids really bad on the lungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll feel it like... A liquid, like almost an oil coating on your lung. Your lung feels heavy. Mm-hmm. hard to breathe. You start sweating and shit. It feels like you fucking oh, yeah. ran a marathon. Right. Yeah. And that's all you can't breathe. You're not getting that oxygen. Yeah. You, yeah. You're not getting the oxygen you're supposed to get. It's, I mean, that's one of the many factors that's happening. But that's why you're sweating because your body's like, give me some fucking oxygen, please. Yeah, and that's why I don't, one of the reasons I don't breathe for, uh, washing because that means you're basically just turning it into a concentrated form only and it's almost a damnation of the fucking plan i mean i hate to say it it's it's like i'm not i'm not trying to talk shit about anybody who breeds for for washing because i don't actually agree with that but on some level i'm i'm kind of with you on this as i think about it to myself i'm like 
but there's cannabinoids in all the, 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 the meat and everything else, not as many as in the trichome heads. The trichome heads are the absolute majority of it, but there is still anthocyanins and other compounds that I'm not smart enough to know about right now, but I know that they are because I also know, among other things, from being a heavy smoker, I know I get higher from a joint than I do from a dab. I can take as big of a dab as anybody wants and I get higher off the joint than I do off the dab because the dab is just trichome heads. And not only that, but it's only very specific trichome heads. We've talked about this before when I've shown that picture of uh, the Coot Special, the macro of Coot Special. Uh, it's got the, the bulbous trichome heads. It's got the, the really tiny bulbous trichome heads. It's got cystolithic hairs that have oils in it. It's got the uh, uh, glandular trichomes of a couple different sizes and shapes. It's got all these different wild trichomes. But that's a fairly land racy strain that was actually literally a, a blend of four land races most of the shit we have these days is one trichome stock with one trichome head but then you also still see like in a lot of the subcool stuff a lot of other breeders doesn't really matter right now you'll see little bulbous heads you'll see whatever it doesn't really matter i've actually kind of yeah. fucked up i mean the story. most efficient way go ahead most inefficient way they say to smoke it is in a joint because you know it has a burning temp or something i'm not a scientist on this there's a burning temp of uh, the ideal burn temp is something like in the in the high 200s or low threes or something like that for flour, and so, you know, that head when you're smoking a joint is a lot hotter than that. So you're actually wasting so much when you. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't love a joint though? You know what I mean. But still, I'm just saying, just from just from you know. Um, I've heard you know, that Charlie's farm, and I think how you I, utilize it all. You know what I mean. I think it's, about you know, some of the stupidest stuff. You'd have to know me, I guess, but I just sit, sit down sometimes <laughs> and I think about the stupidest stuff. And hear me out with the 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 joint theory. I think if you smoke a joint slowly, it's probably one of the more wasteful uh, ways because, of course, everyone's seen all the smoke coming off a joint. That's, you know, all that smoke is basically THC and stuff that's just burning into the atmosphere, making the, the angels high or something, right? Uh, how do I say it? And then in between uh, puffs, as you're saying, or during puffs, that flame is actually hotter than... Uh, a bong and a bowl, because I think they said, as they measured, I don't know, there's all kinds of weird shit online that you can find. People have measured, like, what's the temperature? You can Google this stuff, like, what's the temperature of a bong when you light it? The bongs and bowls, I think, are lighter, uh, are lower, basically because of surface area. And so that joint, I guess, basically it's somehow more direct flame, whatever. Like you say, it's a little bit hotter. But hear me out. It goes up. Uh, I think as you puff it, yeah, that burning surface basically vaporizes stuff that you suck up through the paper, basically. There's nowhere else for it to go. So as long as you don't let the joint basically sit there and just kind of smoke vapor out the front, I think as long as it's yeah. basically mostly coming out the back end, yeah. I think you actually get most of the joint. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm doing like a is when you make the cold the hottest, and, and the average cold temp is like 450 or something. Or three three fifty. I can't remember exactly, but I know it's between three fifty and four fifty. And the ideal temp is, you know. So even even just in smoking, what you're putting in your lungs, you're not getting the full, you know, the full effect. Though I love joints, and I totally see. My brother used to do that with the, you know, he'd take a hit, and then it's just, that stream of smoke would come out right after mm -hmm. they hit that that strong one. He'd suck it in. He'd go, <laughs> you know, put that joint head right near his mouth and suck it in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the truth of it is, I'm honestly basically talking out loud. I don't know facts, figures about, to, to be honest. The, yeah. the, I remember reading some percentages about this, but honestly, if it were yeah, the least efficient, yeah. I, I would still smoke it because I just I mean, you can always tell somebody who, you know, like when you have a bowl or a bong and, you know, you're passing around or whatever the case, 
You always know somebody that, you know, they just, they just skim the top of it with the flame as they started in one corner so that everybody hopefully get a, at least a fresh hit. You know, you can always tell who, who, who knows how to, you know, mm. you don't want to just blast that lighter or that torch right in the freaking bowl when it's flour. You know what I mean? It's like, you want to just get it, just get that nice burn. I do anyway. Sorry. And then I, you know, try to make that everybody gets a fresh hit at least when they, when they, you know, when they light it. Don't, so I don't, I don't, don't just come to create a cold. Don't come to Thailand and do that because the next right. person you hand it to, they're yeah. going to hold that flame to that <laughs> and just sure. suck it yeah. all the way through. Suck it yeah. all the way through. Yeah, I just got to roll another bowl. Another bowl. But a cigarette, bowl. I believe, burns between 1,200 and 1,400 degrees when you take a hit. So that's a little bit that's a little bit more than 600 degrees that's for sure <laughs> yeah it's hotter than a hot dab and everything else i'm just thinking about it no wonder you get uh, what benzene and everything else they talk about with uh, cigarettes you don't right. really think about right. that until the fact oh right yeah you're ingesting it through smoke that shit cannot possibly be good for you there was a study that just came out recently i did save it i think maybe i can find it it's one of you know one of the studies it's not the only study in the entire world but uh, another study potentially confirming that cannabis uh, smoke long term uh, i think it was joint smoke long term has no effect uh, on lung health but that seems to be only for flour so basically there's there, if it's true and that's a big if we might discover in the future that that's not true because people have to remember that but if it's true that long-term smoking of flour is not harmful for you, that's only flour. It could be other things would be still harmful. But it, I mean, yeah, no, Captain Four Twenty shaking his head. It doesn't seem smoking, like it's. It's still something. You're yeah. smoking something. You're taking a carcinogen <laughs> into your lungs that has particles of whatever you're burning. Because, like myself, I've got the extra long tip on here. But, you know, that's just coming straight back. And all those tars and all that resin is going right into my lungs, too. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, you know we, we hate to in admit the beginning, it, but you, know, you have to... That one joint was equal to nine cigarettes. That, I think, was a scare tactic. Yeah, honestly, I think that was a scare tactic. I mean, how do I say it? Uh, uh, cannabis does have a lot of oil in it. It has a lot of resin. That's the shit that gets us fucking high. Uh, in fact, it's it's different, actually. Like, nicotine is not nearly as, oil, as, as, as oily as cannabis is. It's the alkaloids in uh, nicotine or in, in tobacco that get you... Uh, whatever affect you basically as opposed to the oils in cannabis that, that affect you so fundamentally when you smoke it it's like a different resin that comes through but anyone who's ever smoked a joint inside of a house and smoked a cigarette inside of a house has had very different experiences the next day so like people who are not smokers if you have a friend that comes over that smokes a joint it smells for a couple of hours but it goes away even by that night basically it goes away but the cigarette it's like stale and gross the next day that's not really a firm argument on anything, to be honest. That's just anecdotal more than anything else. Uh, we were, uh, let's say, we were talking to Mr. Toad. Um, When's your feminized line? Exactly. Good question. Uh, probably not till the end of the year. I got to make these and then run them through some tests before I put them out on the market. Any insight? I mean, to the older ones are already. 
but go ahead. Any insight of what's going to be in the new crosses at the end of the uh, year? The one hitter quitter is going to be the pollen donor, and then that's going to be hitting uh, probably only about eight different girls that I'll put out there, but I need to populate more than eight so I can send out testers, make sure that I want, you know, I have a selection to pull from. Um, but there's going to be a Corey back cross, and Corey's the mom. Uh, I put Fire OG in there because I love Fire OG, and I need to see what that cross makes. Um, we're probably going to have the Sour Dub in there because of the profile that the Sour Dub has. Um, I think it'll pair well with the one hitter quitter. Uh, then uh, the headband for sure, which is the original diesel. Um, they record the dog OG. That one's going in there because that shit's good ass weed and fucking gets me high as a motherfucker. Um, I'm also probably going to have the uh, um, Mudbone female in there and my Icarus OG in there because they're lines that I know so well. And they're a way to in cross uh, plants that. Um, the angel both in them as uh, great grandparents. It's more of my own work. That's just a few for your yeah. for your future breeding projects. Those last couple, your own. Yeah, work. some of them are just for myself. Like I, I'm going to do more than like I want to release eight to the public. But through those, there's going to be more than those eight made because of the stuff that I I know I'm going to have for myself that I make. There's a lot of stuff I do there. It's like the mud bone stuff I made. The mud bones won't go to the public until they're in the F4. But some of the hybrids, when they go through testers and they like them so much, I will release those to the public. Like I've done with a couple of them so far. What's your experience cool. with testers? Uh, are you still, you're still clearly running a testing program? Are you, how do I say it? Is it uh, long-term? Is it like a rewarding <laughs> process for you? Yeah, I found some killer friends through testing. Uh, yeah. I find that... Um, some of the people take it super serious and become great friends and great testers. And, and then some people just, they're trying to get free seeds for their stock or doing something other than testing the plant. So I usually send out packs to multiple people and find out pretty quickly uh, who's, who's what. And then I just let it go. They're testers. So most people don't know what I sent them. I'll send them shit just numbered like I'll say 23. Test their number six on it, like this pack. They don't know until they get mid-flower what it is. So they'd have to get, like, week six before I'm like, all right, this is the name of that line, and this is the genetics. That way, if they decide to start selling clones, they don't have any fucking idea what it is. Because over the years, I've found some testers to be pretty janky, but I find more of them to be fucking good-ass people, like uh, Magpie Gardens up in Canada, Dins Gardens, Ganja Farms. I got a friend named Rain Man for Life that's been testing on me since 2011. Wow. He gets me up all the time and just like, send me whatever you got. And fucking, I only want to grow your herb. Like, after all the years of him testing for everybody, he's like, your shit always ends up can help me the best. So just send him out. So he's always testing for me. Um, but this year, I found a lot of new friends uh, that were just more serious than they used to be. It's like before it didn't mean shit, no one touch it. And today people take that 
damn what serious. What is it? Do you, Mr. Uh, Teller, understand do you, a plant and it's Do you do you feel like some kind of a palpable uh, shift in in tone, or is it just me? Like, has it always just been like dog eat dog around here? But it seems like a lot of people are just ready to cut each other's throats over the tiniest little stuff. It's today. What's that, Captain? For twenty? It's today, really. Huh. Because this is the way I look at it. Everybody has been running through all the stuff that's out there. So when you bring a whole batch of new genetics, everybody are after it because it's not the same tired stuff that people have been running for the past 15 years. Oh, I mean, even just different, like... Um... No one's willing to cut anyone else a break, basically. Like, uh, uh, recently there was that whole, what the fuck was it called? The, the, the Cowboy Cup or whatever. And I get that people were upset, the, the people that actually were the growers, the, like, outdoor growers. There was, I don't know, 17 people or something that their weed was moldy or whatever. But then there were all these accusations thrown about all these freaking people, the Gangier and the this and the that. And half the arguments didn't make sense. I have no dog in the fight, so I was just kind of listening to the story. And I was like, okay, so but what? So who did what to whom? And what was the problem? And da-da-da. Half of it was just like, yeah, it's kind of a nothing burger. It's like, yeah, that should not have happened. Like the weed shouldn't have been moldy, you know, however it got moldy. And it probably shouldn't have been told like on the fucking stage and everything else you know da, 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 da. All true. sometimes people true. yeah 100 right but sometimes people don't think ahead yeah. right and they just blurt out whatever the fuck say you know shit happens right but there's this nefarious conspiracy i don't know maybe but it didn't sound like it right anyway but there yeah, are so no many people like but what you're saying same thing like it's, it's you weird saw it too, right the same on thing happened in people california too out with the claws right. yeah same thing happened here in 2015 when they did the same thing and started to test for those things and our testing and growing hadn't caught up to what they were going to actually do. And fucking like 2015, everybody tested for fucking dirty weed, right? And so uh, it, everyone's got dirty weed. Well, of course we do because they're testing for shit that they never tested for before and that's going to come up on the plant. No one had protocol to fucking clean their systems or do anything. Not to say that that's what happened in Oklahoma, but a situation similar happened here. And the same thing happened. People got pissed off. They were making jokes and shit. And, like, no one was taking it serious, and that's the whole problem. Like, if you took this shit more serious before you got to the fucking contest for your medicine, you wouldn't have to deal with that shit. It's, it's just weird that we're literally having a, a contest for a fucking trophy to sell medicine to sick people and then we're pissed off when they test it to such a high standard that, of course, it's going to come up dirty because of the way it was handled. Hmm. Like, exactly what happened was going to lead to a dirty sample. They grow weed. They give it to someone. It's stored in an area for fucking a long period of time. It's opened in that other place. And now we're going to test it for such low yeah. numbers. Yeah. It's going to come back dirty. Like... The yeah. whole system's fucked up. Not the growers, not the guys that were testing yeah. it, not the fucking Gonzier. It's like everybody was fucked up because of the way the, the system market was is. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's everything. You can, in Massachusetts, you can get, <laughs> I, forget, I think it's as many tests you want at the labs, because one of them is going to give you one clean, and they're going to just submit that one to the state. Yeah. That's what they do. They get seven labs. 
They'll get a negative on six, but they'll get one positive. That's all they have to submit. Yep, or, or you know what I mean, one that's uh, clean. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee all those guys had clean weed when they put it in. Yeah, like just because yeah. the day they put it in it was clean doesn't mean a week later it wasn't right. going to test dirty. That's right. Because we all know that the, those spores exist in the air. So that's right. If someone opened it between that time point, there's a chance of contamination. Right. And then there's oh, the yeah. fact that just opening it, stability could have done it. All that shit. Taking a long sure. time. How hot did that shit get? All these things are factors is why it proves it's not a conspiracy. Like mm. the Don Jay would have had to been the people that handled every step of everything right. from making the rules to being the ones that collected samples, right. that stored the samples, that tested the samples, that like everything, even the original samples that were clean, they would have had to been part of everything for it to be that conspiracy. That's just not that what happened. Uh, James Chrysler saying, uh, and how do I say this? Like, how, how can I disagree and agree with a comment at the same time? I'm just going to read it. He's saying, after the Clown Boy Cup, uh, I'm questioning cups in general. Fair. Uh, he said, it's a marketing ploy if you think about it. All of that is accurate. It is a marketing ploy. Uh, cups in general, like basically they're trying to make money. The Cowboy Cup was trying to make money. They're, they're Probably that's their business or that's probably one of their businesses, basically. Uh, same thing with the Emerald Cup or the High Times Cups. Those were, well, for High Times, that was even a thing to extend their business from High Times, New York, or wherever their headquarters was. Uh, but uh, the Emerald Cup, that was basically his business was, yeah, it's a fucking marketing ploy. Like we sell booth space and people get to vend there, basically, when we have a freaking event. I guess the, the thing is, though, that you want there to be some authenticity. And people have been basically saying that the High Times Cups have kind of lost that authenticity because, among other things, High Times seems to have lost the authenticity. I don't know. I'm kind of talking in an, uh, an end-run statement. It doesn't really... There's no period to that, I guess. But I don't know. What do you think about that? What do you think about cups and events? It used to be, I guess I say that one of the reasons why, is that one of the traditional ways for seed breeders to become big was... For someone to win the, for them, or for someone to win a cup with their uh, uh, strain, a lot of that's gone now. A lot of it's uh, uh, in the past. What do you think about cups in, in general these days? Cups used to be the uh, the way you would market. I mean, mm. if you won, you were selling out. Period. Yep. It's been that yeah. way since they started the first one. Like Super Lemon Haze. That's why you all know about it, mm. even though it wasn't the plant. The plant that won wasn't the seed line that was sold ever. But still, because it carried the name, this shit sells out. White Widow. White Widow's all different. 50 different companies make a White Widow. Only one of them was real. Then it separated and there was two different versions. But there's still 50 companies selling them. All because of a cup that was won. Um, you end up with DNA uh, Genetics when they put out Tangi. As soon as that one. For two years, everything went orange. Kosher Kush. As soon as Kosher Kush won, everybody's fucking sweating Kosher Kush. Uh, Girl Scout cookies starts popping. It became fucking hot because of the cups, right? When Swerve fucking uh, the cookie crew had their huge fucking uh, argument in public over cookies and cookies, that, that gave the marketing drive that everybody was looking for, even though they didn't have to win a cup at that point. It became... Instagram became the cup now. If you hmm. could get enough hype surrounding something, it didn't matter what it was. And we've always been that in the cannabis community. Nobody's looking for anything except for 
what's perceived as the best. And that's what everybody wants to buy the best, most clones of, the most weed of, the most seeds of, and then claim they hold it the longest. It's weird in the community. It's real weird. Yeah, it's all going on in the opinion of maybe a, a couple of people, or it's just made up hype. Mm. It's not even real. It's just literally made up hype. Like it's regional too, like California. How big is California? Right. You could have a cup in Northern California and Southern California, not have even yeah. the same judges, and like you both think you got the best weed in the state. It's right. weird. They just had a mm-hmm. cup at the uh, at the uh, um, at the Sacramento State Fair, and people won cups there. And there was no weed on display. It was just test reports and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how people were winning for terp numbers and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. It was, it's crazy. Well, on paper, this and is the because best. of that, people are looking yeah, for those right. cultivars. <laughs> That's not funny though, because in like uh, photography competitions and stuff, three quarters of the time, the the photo that wins is like head scratchingly awful, and you just kind of wonder like, <laughs> why did that win? Because it pleased the judges. It doesn't please anybody else on the face of the fucking earth, but right. the judges so were happy subjective. as fuck. Every yeah, once in a while, so though, you'll subjective. see it. Like, oh, the Nike, well, different contests are different. Like, Nikon is famous for, holy shit, yeah. eye-popping photos. But there are a lot of contests out there that you're just like, what? Yeah. Some people like spicy food. Some people don't. It's just all subjective. You know. Especially cannabis. You know. I, I, had, I had an idea. And this would probably be taken by somebody out there. But if you really wanted to have a cup, what you do is you tell everybody the tickets are a thousand bucks to get in. Okay. No, they're a thousand dollars to get in, but you get X amount of grams or one gram for every entry you get a set amount it wouldn't be one gram for concentrate it would be a lesser quantity maybe but everybody would get a little bit of that sample and then you take a a cumulative you get an app and you have the people fill it out and you do like a people's choice cup but you know, yes, you're spending a thousand dollars, but it's a three-day event, and you're getting X amount of cannabis to judge. Now, mm-hmm. if you're in California and you have 400 entries, you know you may only get one of 50 or 60 different. You know, you have to be cost-effective about this. What do you guys think of that idea? I mean, it's it's, it's definitely it's a thought. Like I, I've heard of. Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. If everyone's not smoking all it, wouldn't they have to sample all the fucking entries for there to be a like a cup to be awarded at the end? If that's not everyone doesn't smoke all the entries, which is impossible to smoke them. We got a eight like Emerald Cup had over eight hundred entries the last time I went. It's even higher than that now. You're gonna smoke eight hundred grams in a, a weekend. Chance. No. <laughs> well, that's why I said you'll, you'll a never smaller get to sample and like sixty of them. 
fully admitted at my age, I'm a lightweight. <laughs> I'm gonna stop feeling like you, if you didn't smoke the same 60 grams as everyone else, how does that? How can we equate the judging to who wins for whatever category that's out there? That's just like we're having a, a festival, which is great. We have a cannabis festival with weed with your ticket. That's awesome. But the judge who's got the best weed and you only sampled a third of it. We're just giving out fucking like we're giving out awards for nothing. You know, we've never had well yeah, none of the big ones, especially, you know, and I, I know that you know the whole format's changed, you know, the whole the whole philosophy has changed. But That's if you set it up anyway. through, if you if, set it up through an app, you could actually track, you know, who got what six fifty or sixty strains. And you could just judge it out of that and tell people, you know, there were 58 people that got these 60 and this is what their opinion was. You may have to break it down into smaller and you may not have one overall winner. Definitely at least you're going to get a true, uh, opinion you're going to get the population's opinion just not you know a small group of people and i, I mean what's the what's the point of, of that actually smoke 800 strains holy shit i couldn't <laughs> that's the thing honestly like when you start to have events and stuff like honestly when you start to have a bigger event not even bigger events but events where there's multiple strains not many people are capable of smoking a bunch of weed, honestly. It's just, it's a very small amount of people. So, like, you end up basically, if you had judges in that circumstance, even if they conscientiously actually smoked all the weed and choked it all down, basically, because most most people don't smoke much weed, they'd be judging it in the eyes of a light smoker, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, how do I say this? Like, everybody has a different perspective. What am I trying to say? I guess I talk out of both sides of my mouth sometimes because one of the things that I like about People's Choice Awards is that you have a variety of perspectives, basically. That's how I always did my tasting group, basically, meetings, uh, is that uh, the awards were, it was flavor of the night, pretty much. And it was always just, you know, uh, uh, People's Choice. Throw your freaking uh, name in a cup, basically. You could vote for yourself. You could vote for somebody else. Didn't really matter. Whoever wins, wins. That's all it is. No special judges, no no special... I don't know how many times I heard about contests that had, like, special tiers of judges that can reverse the decisions and whatever the fuck. That's just, that shit's for the birds. Either the cannabis is good or it isn't, flat out. Uh, what's the point of those events, though? Like, as we're talking about all of this, what's the point of these events? If, if it does feel like a marketing ploy... Uh, which it is, you know, those those events really are event a ploy to get ticket money, right? Uh, what's that, Charlie's farm? Sorry. Sorry, you lost, I no, lost you guys. It. I was just saying that, you know, out here we, we have the small, the small, uh, you know, like the Harvest Cup and uh, Turf Town throw down, dude from Rhode Island that does it. And um, I remember seeing one of their judging kits, and it was, I, I forget how much it was. The donation, but it was like seventy-five samples, and even seventy-five, I could never work my way through that. And then the other thing too is, I would love to see what it would, you know, coast what what the West Coast likes and and what the East Coast likes, because it's two totally different things. Or or even the North, the Northwest, up in Northwest, you know, like I've heard uh, Seattle likes a little bit different stuff than Oregon, and you know, all the way down to the all the way down the coast, you know, just like 
Uh, and just just out of curiosity, I just always thought that, you know, because I remember one time Indicas were really big out there, but we don't, you know, the majority around here anyway that I deal with, they like this, you know, the, the up, you know, I shouldn't say Indica, Broadleaf, you know, and um, around here, yeah, they like the race, the get shit done. It's just that Northeast mentality, I think, something to play with that too, you know, not that a, not that a good friggin' knockout isn't good. And Ohio and Michigan likes that, you know, knockout narcotic high, you know, mm -hmm. that gassy flavor. Yeah, I'm a fan of Jesus. It's probably because they spend a lot more time uh, not in a beautiful sun. You know, when you're in Michigan and Ohio, you're inside your house, just like in Massachusetts for four or five months out of the year. Yeah. By yeah. the way, yeah. Uh, Atomic Spoon is showing man. some uh, tis but a scratch. If you guys have ordered uh, recently from Fumadoro, you've probably gotten a free pack of uh, tis but a scratch. We don't have to talk about it right now because we have Mr. Toad on here. But if you guys have been curious what they look like, there they are. That's pretty. Right? It's pretty. Not too shabby. Uh, uh, in a little bit here, I'm going to tell you about another uh, Black Prince Ruby cross that you guys are going to be super thrilled to hear about, I think. But uh, we'll see about that. I think it's going to be super, super nice. Anyway, uh, back to Mr. Toad. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, uh, well, shit, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm At this point, I don't know. Maybe I'm making up uh, questions. Do you guys have any more questions? Captain420, do you guys have any uh, questions? Uh, Green Figures, welcome, buddy. Do you have any questions for Mr. Toad? I have a personal question for my garden. I don't want to take up his <laughs> If he's willing to answer it, I guess that's up to him. Oh, he knows he can hit me up anytime. Oh, but really? yeah, I, can, I mean, I can answer it now, too. It don't matter. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll ask just to... Um, the harpin protein, I wouldn't spray that in flowering, right? No, um, you'd want to stop going yeah. into about the day 10 of flower. Um, oh, yeah. the, those proteins act as a stressor, so that can cause uh, um, biotic issues in the plant that can manifest as, uh, as intersex issues. Oh, yeah. You'd usually want to start those. You can start from seed soak, actually. You can soak your seeds in that when germinating and go all the way through to about 10 days in the plow. Oh, so I could hit my veg with it right now. Yeah. Could could do. That's that's my only question. Simple. Thank you. And yes, what's sir. the proper usage on that product? If I may ask. Uh well, you can use it as a um, seed soak, you can use it as a uh, foiler application, and you can use it as a root dredge. Um, so it's trying to build up a systemic acquired resistance in your plant, uh, hyper response in the plant, and the jasmonic response in the plant, all which are help uh, increase the uh, terpene levels and cannabinoid productions in the plant. And how long is this period that you give it to the plant? It's depending if you veg for two months, you could give it to it for two months. You do it roughly every two weeks, 10 days. To I remember when that stuff first came out. Doesn't it, isn't it like an isolated strand or something like that? Yeah, uh, it's a bacteria strands? that they found oh, bacteria. Off, uh, off a plant. What is that? Uh, fungal, fungal mm -hmm. or bacterial um, uh, uh, fucking fire blight or something like that. 
but it, it, it's been synthesized and it's used to um, elicit a response in uh, multiple different plants, vegetables, uh, but it, it works on cannabis also. It yeah, really I, read, I read a big article years ago. Yeah, I was reading. I remember when it first came out. It, it used to be article. sold as Messenger. Now it goes is that what by it was? the yeah. Of, uh, Axiom. It's been so long. I don't well, know. Uh, what is it? Hey, I got to head out, guys. One thirty here. Well, actually, almost two. I got to. Yeah, I got to pull. Mr. Toad, really a pleasure, man, and I mean that. Thanks for coming on. It's so awesome. me always. I love you guys, man. Time. I'll see you tomorrow night, hopefully. Later, buddy. Peace. Peace, Charlie. Uh, there's another company that makes it too. I can't remember the name, but that stuff works on your cannabis. <laughs> what was the Sorry, uh, question? So, uh, uh, Toad's one of the very few people I've ever heard talk about it in, in any cannabis anywhere, and that is reversing the mail. And it's with uh, what was it with a something that starts with an F, Epiphone. right? Morel. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And how, oh, that's how, a how, male. And so do you actually get smokable uh, weed if you reverse the male, or is it just pollen? It depends on the plant you're reversing. Most of them are just going to give you uh, small flowers. They're not going to be big flowers like a female. Um, my angel male gave me very sparse flowering on him, though. When I reversed him, he tested out at 11.54% THC uh, levels. Yeah. It's used Florel. You spray it on a male. Uh, with cannabis, uh, it's what we see as a gender expression. It's just a spectrum of either gender male or female. So male and female are the genotype, Y or X, right? If it carries a Y, it's male. Without it, it's a female. But within those, we could see a girl that looks like a boy or vice versa. Those all come from endogenous hormone levels. Basically, how much terbolic acid or auxins and ethylene that plant produces at a stage is going to make us see what we think is either a boy or a girl. So um, if we treat a plant at a specific time, we can take a male and hit it up with chlorel, which will off-gas us ethylene. Ethylene in a male will cause the ratio of jubilic acid, which is high, to become more even to the ethylene level now that off-gases and becomes higher in the plant. And the plant then will start to produce higher levels of ethylene in its system slightly for a short period of time. And during that period, it's going to throw intersex most likely, which to us, everyone says it's a hermy. But that just came from a sway in the endogenous hormone levels of that particular cultivar that specific time could, that's why sometimes you'll see you end up with uh, go ahead could that be pollinated then with male with yeah, male stamen? so you can take a male that you reverse and a male carries x and y so when you use a male that you reverse and turn into a female when you're just altering yeah. the hormones those stigmas can be pollinated with pollen from a unaltered version of that same plant a clone and now you can get seed from that female, not a lot, but you will get some that will carry regular seeds, both male and female. So if, say you pop a line and all you get a boy, but you want to save that line. Yeah. You don't have to cross it to something it's not related to. You could make seeds on clones of itself and then find a boy and a girl in that population to start make filial generations from 
that you can line breathe in multiple directions. That's yeah, why I said earlier, what would I take to an island? It would be any male, because I could turn that into so many different strains with just the aid of some ethylene. What's the last strain that you would ever take with you on a desert island? In other words, it's if someone wanted to torture you, they would leave you with only that weed. Blue uh, dream. Green crack. I can't stand the taste of that weed. It just does not work for me. I can't palate it. It doesn't taste good enough to finish the joint. No, and so the second the, one would go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say even a male like making seeds of it or something, you'd never be able to find. You just you'd give up weed. If it was a man, like I said, I would take any <laughs> male. But if I had to take it, just don't tell me the name and give it to me. But like, <laughs> I, I could work it out of there. It just takes time. But if it's in a clone form, it would be green crack, uh, green crack, or lavender in seed form. Because for me, lavender uh, is a agonistic to my system. It gives me headaches real bad because I'm sensitive to the terpene profile. Um, lavender, the smell just fucked me up. So anything that's really high in, in uh, lanolul, it, can, it gives me headaches and shit real bad. Well, actually, we got a couple of related questions now that I mentioned and I forgot to ask them. Uh, one question was, is there, uh, I think this, uh, it was a question about a strain, but this is either Either or, is there a strain that you have or that you know of or a terpene, terpene combination that helps with heavy, I think the question was heavy migraines. It was basically terrible migraine pain. That's a pretty common request, honestly. I, I haven't found anything. Man, I had a buddy that suffered from uh, what they call suicide headaches where he would like, he would lock himself in a room yeah. for days sometimes in the dark. That dude was a breeder. He searched thousands of plants. Nothing. The who? Pardon? Did someone say who? Uh -huh. it, 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 a guy named Kingston. Um, but he he's a breeder, uh, it, it, and he never found nothing himself. He suffered from it. And just through my own research of working with other people, I've never found nothing that worked across the board for anyone. Uh, I would think more terpene than actual cannabinoid would help. Um, the uh, cannabinoids are going to start to raise your um, blood pressure when you consume them. So I would think you'd want to try to stick to something that would lower your blood pressure level. So I would kind of want to go towards the terpene foil of catalyst than the actual cannabinoid profile. Hmm. I dig it. What about strains that reduce ocular pressure? Might those have some kind of same reduction? Absolutely. Um, I found that my space boost number two Bubble hash at the 90U uh, used to remove ocular pressure like instantaneously. I used to give it to this lady that had uh, one eye, and she used to want that shit nonstop. She's like, I can smoke that shit, and it works better than opium for the pain. It's like one hit, and it feels like someone grabbed my eyeballs and they're just holding them like this. It works so great. But only the number two, I carried a one, two, and three. The number two specifically did that for her. And that was before we had testing to find out what cannabinoids or terpenes were on a plant. So I just made the number two hash that came out of the 90U, which was the least amount of hash out of all my cultivars. That bag right there, the 90U from those was the smallest. Always gave me like a gram if I was lucky, like every three pounds. So I'd save it up. And then when I had enough, I'd come in and give people grams at the club. That shit worked perfect for fucking uh, high pressure. 
It's so interesting when you bring that up, uh, uh, Green Fingers, because I was just thinking to myself, like, okay, there's strains that do, I think. I guess I don't really have glaucoma or anything, so I've never really, like, worked on that. But how do I say it? I've noticed that in some of my varietals, some other stuff, my teeth feel like they're in the wrong place, which is kind of a disconcerting <laughs> feeling, right? And I can't think right now. Next time I smoke it, I guess I'll have to write it down. But there's a couple of, uh, uh, I think I, something of mine, one of my varietals, every time I smoke it, literally my teeth feel like they're just literally all in the wrong place for, like, five or ten minutes. And, like, I'll smoke it on the show, and I'm like... And I'll, like, I'll look back at the video and I'm like licking my teeth and whatever. It look, probably looks like an insane person. Uh, but then there's also like the headband. Uh, I, I, I noticed that my favorite uh, Black Prince Ruby uh, has this like a beanie effect, basically. Just this kind of, you know, like a like a wool beanie or whatever. Uh, all these different things kind of, or let me think. Uh, there's some that kind of, are, you know, go on the back of your skull or on the top of your head. Or there's been some that kind of feel like your head is kind of pulling up. I don't know. Interesting to think that all of those probably in some way, if we hunted through enough of those, maybe could be beneficial for something like headaches. And honestly, the only kind of breeder that would really ever be able to sift through that, frankly, is someone that has headaches or maybe has a spouse that has headaches or something. Isn't that kind of interesting, right? Like you really have to have a direct connection to these things to be any fucking use at all. And it's one of the kind of interesting reminders that, you know, Marlboro or whoever is going to try real hard, but in the end, like it's going to be very difficult to replace that direct one-on-one condition or connection. Probably, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking about up my ass, but uh, no, you're, you're kind of right. Like because you brought it up earlier, so we specialize. This is a direct mm. correlation to why we should specialize. Like mm. until you have um, headaches, or until like me, I've lost my leg. Are you able to try to breathe for something that relieves that? Right. Because everything else is just stories you're hearing from someone that has actually got it. But when they tell you it kind of works, what does kind of mean when you're breathing? There's nothing you can do with that. But if you smoke a joint of number seven of whatever, it don't matter, right? And now you go back and go, oh, fuck, it was this line. All my pain's gone when I smoked that number seven of fucking so-and-so. No matter who made it, doesn't matter the gene pool. Once I feel it, now I go back and research that gene pool and start making process to it to find out... Do one of the lines carry it, or is it just this particular cross combination? And was it I lucky to find this one plant? Can I read one of the parents and make it better because another line does it? Without that knowledge of being the sick patient, you're never going to be able to breed for that truly. So by specializing in that, because you have that condition, now you can take yours that does this, take it to another guy's that has something similar like uh, ocular pressure and headaches, right? And now the, the two of you together can breed a line that possibly works for both of those things instead of just singular. And then that, that comes from specializing and then combining together and fighting this giant beast that's here for money with passion. Right? The passion projects is how you win this shit. You don't try to fight fire with fire because they're always going to win with more machines and more money and more space. But if you put the time in today, before that shit shows up, you're going to already have that to offer. And they can either come buy it from us or they can rent it. And that's where patents come in. I know we all hate that shit, but with regulated cannabis, if we don't try to protect the plants we have, we're going to lose them. 
but we have to figure that shit out. And at the same time, big business is going to steamroll a lot of people, even if they do patent it. Uh, there's that uh, movie yeah. Flash of Genius, I want to say, with Greg Kinnear, where the dude was the legit first inventor of the intermittent uh, windshield wiper. And several car companies basically yeah. blackballed him and fucked him for like 15, 20 years and just waited him out pretty much and ripped him off 15 different ways. And finally, he had to sue and sue and sue. And it took pretty much his whole life, basically. And he ended up finally getting a settlement for this uh, great invention of his. And his family actually made money off of it, but it took his whole fucking life. Anyway, it's kind of a cautionary tale. It's an interesting movie, by the way, but it's a cautionary tale. It's hey, it's, I, have to get, I have to take off. Cheers, Lord. guys. Right on, man. Have a good one. Later, dude. See you later, Ted. See you later, panel. Well, so, uh, I don't know, folks. We can make this the uh, relaxing portion of the show. I don't know. We might leave it on a little bit longer. Sure, man. Toad, it's been a delightful interview. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone has been thrilled. I, I've really enjoyed this, honestly. I didn't know you too well, but I think I, I think all of us know you a lot better now. I think we know what you're about, and uh, I think we certainly know that your, your uh, seeds, they definitely sound like the real deal. So I'm really happy to have uh, had a chance to talk to you. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, it's it's really it's uh, rewarding. Like uh, I don't know, Mr. Todd. I think you've dealt with uh, some of the same drama on you know your channel and some of the other channels that you're on. Uh, there's been a lot of like drama on this channel for like a, a long time now, actually, just like a rolling amount. So you end up sometimes wondering if it's worth doing a show like this and on and on. So like having discussions like this actually make it worthwhile for me. You know what I mean? Like it's it's interesting. I feel like I learned quite a bit. And there's quite a bit more if I were to listen to this again. You know, like there's quite a bit I think to uh, offer from conversations like this. Yeah, oh, so it's quite rewarding. Respect, Respect man. Yeah. Respect Cheers, dude. I love every time Mister Toad talks about uh, you know being able to reverse a male. That is fun because yeah. that that's what I find is the interesting part is you just don't get females you get male and females so basically you've made an f2 of that string that someone just gave you a male of and it's a way to prove to everyone that an r1 or an s1 doesn't exist take a male and self it you get boy and girls out of the population because the regular season out of and like any other breeder, it's another filial generation. And you're beginning an inbreeding project. Not an inbred line, but it is inbreeding when you take two plants that are related and cross them to themselves. It's not just selfing. Selfing helps, and this shows you with a male how it can help. And you can start to lock in one plant's homogenous gene pool for certain traits without having to dig through crosses to whatever. And you cut off a major amount of time in your breeding project. And this is only accomplished through understanding how you create other crops and not how you make weeds like stoners about each other. We didn't understand that shit because first we couldn't talk to each other. The second, none of us understood that cannabis wasn't any different than any other dioxin plant. For us, because it got a site, it had to be different. But it breeds like fucking all the other dioxin plants. Uh, that's why the silver thiosulfate works on cucumbers and fucking other plants like that, like it's not just weed. So like reversing the mail, I found that information on the old forums from guys that got it from a paper that came from someone named Ram and said, Moham Ram and said, it's a paper they wrote in 1982 about the reversal of male cannabis plants. 
Then from there, they did a paper on how to reverse female cannabis plants. But the male side came first because they were messing with plants that were like uh, cucumbers. They got male and female um, on one plant. You're trying to suppress one side of that so you can create seed form. And you can do that with chemicals. Or you can do that with stress. But if, if you do it with a chemical and just change that hormone level, you do everything the cannabis community eventually wanted to get to. It was already being done for years with other plants. If we were now smart enough to look, we would be able to do it easier. You know, like the first people I learned from I earlier mentioned were Countryman um, and Hive Tech and uh, what is it, Baldadir? I always say his name wrong. Maybe the third first three cats I saw talking about reversals of cannabis online. And those also came from, uh, I want to say Vic High, who had um, started digging into what Hybtech had brought up and wondering how he went about doing it. And that's how he ended up finding the ramen set paper that brings up um, how to reverse cannabis plants through um, using hormone alteration. You know what's important to remember, actually, Mr. Toad, you're reminding me of this, and this is something that I don't remember enough times, and I think we as a community don't remember enough times. No matter what the corporate nature of the future of weed, you you have kind of verbalized this also during this conversation. Uh, they can't take the weed away from us. They can take the corporate, the money, the whatever the fuck that, yeah, sure, that's a whole lifestyle that a lot of people will miss, that there's no denying that. But the weed itself is safe. The weed is never going to get anything but better. Because basically now all the knowledge that you're talking about from the forums and where those people got from yeah. the books and from those yeah. people originally got from the word of mouth, you know, hundreds yeah. of years ago. But now it's the Internet in the future. It's going to be AI. What the fuck? Who knows what's going to help us in the future? All of this is going to ramp up and we're all going to have access to all of this. How do I say it? Just because Monsanto or whoever has a seed stock that they're going to monetize all over the world, that doesn't affect the seed stock that we have. They can't take exactly. that out of our hands. You know what I mean? They can't physically remove it from us. So we're going to have all of this. And I think it's a wonderful and fantastic thing that Flora and I, well, Flora's off to bed now, but Flora and I have talked about this in the show, that it's a wonderful thing now that you can, in many places, not everywhere yet, but in many places, you can drive across town and go to a dispensary or a, a, someplace's grocery store and pick up clones that are grade A, don't have bugs on them, don't have, you pay 25, 30 bucks, you go home, you have fucking stellar shit. That's a new thing and that's going to lead to so much innovation because people are going to have access to all these wonderful plants that everybody, you know, kept super close to the fucking vest and how do I say it, they're going to basically be able to unlock those genetics too and using these techniques that we've talked about from people like Mr. Toad and everybody that learned, you know, that everyone that Mr. Toad learned from and on and on and on. You know, we got to remind we ourselves. We can mail the order these things now too. Yeah. So, like, being able to have a library where you can go get a tissue cultured yeah. version of that plant clean right. is where we should be at. And not only that, but that gets the person who created it paid, and the bank that's holding it paid, and the person that's growing it paid. Because now they don't have to go pay. Like in California, we're paying fucking like twenty eight percent tax on a fucking a gram of cannabis, like. If you, for every hundred dollars, you're paying almost thirty percent now. They just mm -hmm. lowered the grower's tax off of it. So I believe the other day when I went and bought shit, it was like 128 bucks on a hundred dollar purchase. That's fucking a grip of money that they're making on cannabis 
where you could spend that money on one pack of seeds, and if they were feminized, you'd have to still select for what you wanted. But if you could pick Sour Diesel or one of my one-hitter quitters like Yankovic kind of brought up about him growing for his, uh, his father, um, why not get the one that works instead of searching for it and wasting time? And then you get paid for the clone because you made it. The bank gets paid for holding it. And now this person no longer has to pay bucking out the ass for eighths a week. And they better everything around themselves. Their, their life's better from growing a plant. Their pocket's better from fucking not spending money. You have a little bit of money in your pocket for creating a plant and making it to the public available. And the bank can produce more clones or at least pussy culture versions of those plants from other people because the system's being utilized. Also, I hate to say it, but I've grown a couple of clones from tissue culture that I basically bought from a place that did tissue culture. They are annoyingly good. Like, they're just annoyingly, frustratingly powerful and strong plants. I'm like, okay, what what is so much better about these than almost everything else? I guess they're just cleaned of anything and everything. I don't know. It's ridiculous. They just grow so much more aggressively. New, newer genetics. I They've guess. been revitalized. Like They've been washed, taken yeah. back to day one. Something, yeah. It's kind of scary to think about it. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the person asked about viruses, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about them other than they're here and they're not going away until we take it serious. That's it. They're hard to freaking, they're hard to test for. They're hard to, you can kind of suspect that a plant might have one because they say that most of the illnesses that are not obviously fungus or fungal or, you know, caused by a heavy pot or whatever else are going to end up being viruses. But you'd have to have not even a microscope. You'd have to have like a, how do you even test for viruses? I don't know. You'd probably have to. Yeah, I don't even fucking know. But I definitely laboratory. know that. Pardon? Yeah, the lab, you'd have to have a laboratory. Exactly. about 10 to $25. <laughs> More than we uh, have. Yeah. Per plant. But you can get a cut on doing a whole bunch of them. You might get down to $5 a plant to test your plants. But the problem cool. is, is every plant has to have six different sections of the plant tested. True. And you should do that three times before you can say that that plant's clean. And so you've done that, there's a chance that because it's latent, most of these viruses, hmm. which means it's going to come out later when the plant gets older and starts to grow, like it's going to show up and affect your harvest. Now you're fucked. People forget that that's actually how viruses work, basically across the plant and animal kingdom. Remember uh, 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 rabies, the 100% uh, fatal, basically. Uh, uh, if you get it, it basically, you don't even know. You might have been, and this is pretty common, uh, not don't ever everyone freak out, but it's common when it happens. Uh, a bat will fly by and leave just the tiniest little mark that you won't even notice, basically. It'll be because, you know, bats are tiny most of the time, but a rabid bat, it still actually tries to bite you and it basically leaves a little nick. And that little nick basically will have just enough rabies virus that'll get into your bloodstream and it'll hide out in your nerve system basically for up to 10 years. So you'll be dead man or woman walking and you won't even know it until it comes and then boom, you're fucking dead. Same thing with what? Syphilis and uh, herpes on and on they hide basically in your nervous system more than anything else they stay latent for a long time so it's not a shock honestly it shouldn't be a surprise to us that i'm not trying to gross everyone out with those diseases but i'm just trying to say like shouldn't be a surprise that viruses can sit kind of latently in a plant waiting for the right circumstances much like a fungus right like a fungus basically sits there waiting for the right circumstances to germinate and then boom fucking races off or races on Crazy pants. Yep. Yep. And that's where we're headed if we don't get serious with our clones and our, our plant stock. Right. 
It's a good thing though. Like honestly, here there's what? There's a couple stores. Honestly, maybe I only trust, trust, trust archive. There's, I guess I won't mention the other stores that I now won't say that I really don't totally trust. But anyway, uh, I've always had healthy clones from from Archive. All my friends have always had pretty good luck from them. I guess there's a couple places in California, and that that's honestly a great thing. You know, it's to me, it's a little bit like the um, the libraries. It's not even a little bit. It's a lot like uh, libraries, the Library of Alexandria, the fucking Library of Baghdad. It was a place where intellectuals could come and actually learn a common knowledge. You know, books themselves were way too expensive. They didn't have the internet back then, hundreds of years ago, and books themselves were too expensive for everyone to own one. So the only way that you could actually learn stuff was at the fucking library, basically, where you could share books. Well, we basically get to have a plant library, right? Uh, a few years ago, I guess they've gone out of business, but it used to be Wonderland in California, and all the, the growers in California got all kinds of incredible uh, genetics from them. And then, of course, you hear about, uh, what's his name, uh, Ninja, got his grape ape. I remember him saying from Harborside way back when. How funny is that, right? Harborside has cut a lot of shit over the years, and it's even changed ownership and everything else. But even still, you had to get the clones from fucking somewhere. And that was the library of Baghdad for all for all intents and purposes, basically, for, for weed, right? Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. But, yeah. And did, you just say for all did you say for all intensive purposes? I don't think I did, but I was also slurring a little bit. That's that's what I used to always say, and then I found out it's all intents and purposes. I normally say for all intents and purposes, but I may have been on tons of That's what it's supposed to be, but I used to say intensive purposes for the longest time for some People reason. People also say they couldn't care less, and I'm like, but wait, no, wait, wait, they could care less. They say they could care less. And I'm like, no, but that means that you could actually care a slight tiny bit less. Why are you saying that you could care less? That means that you care a tiny bit. No, you need to say you couldn't care less. I could not possibly care less. I have no care, right? Like there's no care amount that I give about the situation. I could not care less. That's how you say it. All right, sorry for throwing you off track. <laughs> sorry, that's this fucking show. Basically, this is the off track portion of the show. I think I ran out of weed that's in front of me. Let's go get some weed from somewhere. There's got to be weed around me here somewhere. Just a disclaimer: this thing looks looks like shit right now because I ran out of red paint the other day. That's terrible. I hate when that happens. Once it happens, it'll look better again. Are you just repainting the same wall over and over again? I just had yeah, the, 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 a feeling. Yeah, this like, one right here you've probably seen about a million times. What if he's messing with us? He just repaints them over and over again. Yeah, no, he goes out and throws them. <laughs> he goes out and throws them and beats the hell out of them and then Very comes funny. back home and repaints them. Well, it oh, takes a while it. to get <coughs> 3D services that I build on them. New grows too do. soon. He's saying he just released uh, 500 roof. I keep talking over people. All right, I'm just going to keep talking, I guess, because I keep talking over people. Uh, New Groves just said uh, he uh, released 500 Rove Beetles, 12,500 Stradiolalops Simitus, uh, and a few million Ninja Topes. Holy shit, IPM done, smoke time. Uh, goddamn Rove Beetles, too soon is why I'm saying. I just discovered the other day that Rove Beetles will fly into some plants and get stuck, like some flowering plants. Gave me a big old sad because I was like, those are the good guys. I don't know why they were attracted to a couple of uh, what, uh, uh, well, I guess I don't necessarily want to say which plants they were uh, attracted to. But yeah, they flew into the buds and just got stuck and died. Poor things. Yeah, kind of annoying too, because it's like, you know, people always ask like, oh, do the, 
beneficials get stuck in the buds. And oftentimes I'm like, no, not really, because I've never really seen that before. Well, I can't really say that anymore. Yeah, they sometimes get stuck. On the bright side, they get stuck in a super obvious place. So as you're trimming, you just literally knock them off because they're literally just stuck to a trichome. They, that's exactly what happened. They're just walking along and uh, they got stuck. So it's not like they're in the bud or something, so you don't smoke row beetle carcasses or whatever, but it's still kind of annoying. Dude, there's people smoking scorpion. That shit's crazy. I just seen it yesterday. Oh, I heard <laughs> that. Yeah, they smoke it to get super freaking messed up, right? Crazy, right? Like, dude. Yeah, by the way, this show does not advocate smoking scorpions. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Attention, yeah. attention, Thailand. Smoking spider mites does not get you higher. Okay. It does taste really sure gross, though, too, though. Oh, fuck. Maybe the trichomes are moving. It's like, oh, the trichomes are moving. Look at that. <laughs> the uh, spider mites taste like bubble gum. So that's how we got bubble gum tie. Really, spider mites. <laughs> Dang, that's when you taste bu- bubble gum every time I smoke mine. Oh, my. It's okay. Again, I was shown a garden today that had flowering plants and you walk up to quite a few of them and within this amount of distance you can see the red dots and you're just like yep <laughs> they're sweet you know and it's okay well what's okay about it well people are still buy it and it's like yeah but you're putting out a product with a dried bug on it, a dried dead bug. It's okay. People still buy it. That's well, technically, that no, that's not. I was going to make a joke, but in Oaxaca, they actually have like uh, crickets. They have like uh, fried crickets. You could sell it as a Oaxacan specialty. Probably not really. Right. Hmm. Uh, a Thailand specialty because they're all over. Yeah, cicadas too. Spider mites were all up in that tie stick, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why it was the good tie stick. You can't find it no more. So smash them fucking spider mites up in there. Which reminds me, though. Yeah, fermented fucking spider mites taste like chocolate. Well, you got chocolate tie. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> then why the hell can't I find it? <laughs> And it that's, like that's where the skunk too. came yeah. from. It was yeah, thrips. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. It's got to be vacuum packed. Hey, they used to leave fucking caterpillars to. on the buds back then, and when they dry in the weed, it smells like a fucking skunk. It smells funny. like dead body. Wouldn't that be yeah. funny if that actually was not recreate it. Get that roadkill skunk from that cat piss. You get all these smells from just messing up your the plants. So, okay. Shit. We failed upward. Uh, A friend of mine actually was asking me the other day. uh, She was smoking a commercial weed. She got it at the dispensary and paid top shelf price for it um, because she's one of those people that buys the fancy coffee and everything else, right? So she bought pretty good weed. It was uh, blueberry fritter. Sounds like it would be super tasty, right? Sounds probably fruity, maybe a little bit earthy with the fritter, right? But I guess the fritter, uh, especially Smash, was saying was pretty gassy, just a little bit fruity in his case. But I guess it's supposed to be a little bit cakey on many of the cuts. So, yeah, like ideally maybe like a blueberry cakey cut or something. She said it basically tasted like moldy basement. I was like, oh, that's I'm sorry to say that's probably moldy. Like that's that does that's probably not what that is at all. And she said, yeah, every time she takes a bowl, basically it's just like 
mold all over her mouth. So yeah, awesome. Yeah, sounds delightful. Sounds super good, right? Yeah. I want to smoke that right now. Right? Give me some more of that mold. Give me some more of that basement. I mean, that's not to say like a musky flavor or something, but just like, no, 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 no. fucking mold, basically. Yeah, yeah usually so you can away. tell that, tell those bad buds because they just seem to crumble in your hands. Oh, that's right. I didn't ask her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I've also had, when they're bud rotted, you're right, they just... They just dissolve, right? And you're like, oh my God, it's uh, melting. Uh, but when they have the little tiny, like, they're almost like mushrooms. They are kind of mushrooms, basically. They're like little tiny, they almost look like a trichome, but they're just a super long one with a little head on it. When I've had those, the bud, like you actually, like you'll accidentally break it apart and then you realize it smells or whatever, basically. Uh, those I have not had uh, break apart. Yeah. And that, now that I think about it, those are the ones that I've gotten where I've actually stored something too wet. So, yeah, like a mold after the fact, pretty much. I wonder what the, I wonder what species of mold that is, anyway. Cheers, Koski. What's going on, buddy? Hey, guy. Just chill, man. What's a good word, man? Got some, uh, just um, cleaning the garden up, you know, just kind of hanging out with you guys. Fucking, that's about it. Yeah, man. Have you ever grown any of uh, Mr. Toad's genetics? Mr. Who? Mr. T- Mr. Toad. He's the guest this evening. <laughs> oh, yeah. Toad. Mr. Oh, dude, Toad. I, I, I've been busy as hell all night, and I, I no, jumped in a couple right. times. You're the only this, person uh, that's excused, Koski, because we know how busy you all are. All right. All right. Um, no, uh, I, have not run, I have not ran any, any of his uh, strains or whatever else. I'm sorry. You know, his, his strains seem like they actually might be up your alley a little bit. Uh, Mr. Toad, Koski struggles uh, with uh, sleep issues quite often. In fact, one of the reasons why he works like a fucking dog, basically, is uh, he barely ever gets to sleep. Right, Koski? Yeah. Two hours a night, probably. Well, I would recommend my one-hitter quitter. It puts me fucking to sleep. I mean, uh... People have watched me go to sleep smoking joints that actually happens, watch it happen. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, one of the inner quitters, uh, the space cheese mail to Cory uh, Stardog. Oh, nice, bro. That sounds fucking beautiful. Yeah. Outside of that, I would right say my Bubba Backcrotch, which is a. Uh, Bubba Kush times Bubba Kush times my angel, and angel is Romulan Cataract, or the NL2 to my bone. Those are all very well, very good for us. Uh, Hell yeah. Issues. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, uh, nowadays, I mean, I'm, I had, I had uh, stopped growing for a while, so, um, you know. Pretty shitty. Koski, on the <laughs> on the bright side, I mean, you're you're gonna have a chance to grow outdoors. We got a question uh, from Mr. Toad: uh, best uh, strain to grow. Uh, granted, this is farther north than you are, but still, uh, best strain to grow outdoors in Ontario. I think Agnes was asking Mr. Toad. Well, I could not the say Afgu. that. Um, the Afgu, anything uh, you got with your Afgu crosses, like the space cheese Afgu. But it gets fucking cold up there, man. You need something to finish real fast. So the quickest stuff I got would be crosses to my redwood. Those will finish here. They finish in September. 
much. So um, they should get done before, mm. like, they're catching frost up there. But I, I don't, I really don't breed for cold. I'm in one of the, I'm the 17th hottest place in the United States. Yeah, so yeah. I breed for heat. We have, um, so <laughs> I would really, we have like 90, 90, uh, 90 degrees fucking swings like we did the other day. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah it was negative 40, negative yeah. 42, and today it was like 45. Nice. Yeah. So, I do have friends over in Maine that have, uh, did you say negative 45? Some of the Canadian places, yeah, and they're growing some of It was, it was negative stuff. 42 the other day, yeah. I had this do do yeah. a double check like it passed over me like a freaking like wind or something. Like, right. the fuck did you just say negative forty five? Yeah, dude, that's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, Mount Washington in New Hampshire. They. Um, I mean, I they, heard that, but it's a fucking mountain. You're not yeah. on a mountain. Yeah, but 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 it's the coldest. They beat the record, but it was negative forty six. Yeah, big time. And they fucking they, they had sustained yeah. wind. They had sustained temperatures of negative forty five. They are fucking lowest temperature ever on ever recorded since like 1939 or some stupid shit was like like negative 46. So they were just chilling without any wind at 45. But then they had 96 mile an hour wind gusts, which made it out of like a net negative uh, 110 to 114 degrees. Yep. Well, they they it got 65 yep. below in Minnesota when I was like a teenager. But I don't I don't know what the what the wind temps were. It was just like under. negative 43 over in fucking uh, a part of Colorado where my boy was stays last week. Fucking crazy nuts. cold. It dude. sucks, bro. You can't even go outside and breathe in that shit, bro. It's like, fuck. You can breathe in 45 below, but. Yeah, gets, I mean, but you know what I'm below, saying. That's... Do you want to go out there and fucking go run a marathon? Power fuck to you. No. You can do your lungs. 80 degree weather today for me. This fucking today. die. Fucking sun was like. 80 degree guys. Loving it. 94. Today, yeah. oh, <laughs> personally, I don't like 94. Five I'll mis- take the the 80, or I'll take like a 75. <laughs> yeah. But I'll take that over negative 45 any day. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Mr. Toad does have like three people, four people that are growing his strains in Maine. So you know, yeah, his strains do grow outside in Maine. So don't That's worry cool. about it. Fun fact, negative 45. Yeah, I, I wouldn't 45. say don't worry about it because we have such fucking weather like fluctuations and different things. I I feel as if th- these are some of the hardest pots to grow around just because of the seasons and, and like the temperature swings. Like like I was saying, we had that Arctic blast come through the other day and it was like negative 42 or something like that, um, you know, with the wind chill, but negative 14 regularly, you know, Maine and Boston and all those other places. And then it fucking the next day it was fucking you know forty something degrees. Are your houses? I mean, I guess you guys do get cold weather. Like you do sometimes get snow and stuff, right? Like are your houses prepared oh, dude, for that we get ridiculous a lot. obscene cold? Yeah, yep. Because oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I know, like at, at least in Minnesota and stuff, they have building codes for you know snow on the roof and all that kind of shit. Like they're built for crazy cold. We right? get we get four feet of frost every year. Some. There's there's been spots where they've recorded twelve feet of frost. Just frost that's twelve feet thick. Well, that's the ground freezing solid. It turns the feet ground down. that far. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Yeah, here uh, the ground never gets to be below like sixty-five degrees. You dig down below the like literally handful deep, and it's sixty-five degrees. Yeah, not yet, but that's bro. the cool part. Like over in Michigan, I had homies whose uh, basements would freeze, and there'd be an ice block that came through the sides of the wall. That's ice. 
as deep as your basement is. That's eight feet of ice just coming yeah, wow. through like four feet of your wall. Like, yeah, even like in the room. That's it. It's pretty even if the ground crazy. is frozen four feet down. If you go down twelve feet, it'll yeah. be that constant sixty-five. So a lot of people use geothermal heat around yeah. here. Yeah, geothermal. Yeah. Huh. Same as Iceland. Yeah, they go way down deep so and have those vents. Isn't that crazy? Cooney's running my some of my redwood bushes up there in Maine. Right on. And he ran the one hitter quitter out there too. It doesn't have any problem. It does pretty well. But if you're a true cold weather grower and you really need to get a strain to grow, there's ways. Or I mean, you, you know, you can veg them early or you can black box them you know or light depth them and yep I'm i guess sure so be, as long as you can you know control that environment like if you have fluctuations that like you know it's 80 during the day and fucking 40 at night that's no good comes well, a little bit difficult i have babies outside right now and they're doing fine it's just a one little sprout started <laughs> and Doing fine I'm still trying to wrap my head around that fucking cold. Like, I think the coldest that it's ever gotten here that I remember was maybe, uh, yeah, it got below zero, but it was like um, a negative five or something. And it was, you know, cold weather alert and da 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 and everything. And uh, like, our houses are not built for that cold. Like, you could feel it seeping through the walls and the windows and everything. But again, you know, our, a lot of our places are not really built for that fucking cold. So, for example, like, uh, uh, this basement here was really struggling to, to stay warm and on and on and on. Fuck. Negative 40? That's just yeah. obscene. Yep. It was like one fucking day, dude. And I went to work and it was like, I don't know, 10, you know, maybe 10 or 12 degrees. And then I got out of work and it was negative 14. With like wind blasting forty miles an hour, I was like, "This is fucking cold. This is like, it's ludicrous. what the fuck? Like, why, why would you like Mother Nature hates us?" I mean, and I'm a carpenter, and I, I've worked many, many winters outdoors. And what can really suck is like, say if you're roofing and you need to put some caulking on the roof, you have to have that piece of, you have to have that tube of caulking inside of your, um, your bibs like touching your skin all day or it'll freeze like within two minutes in the air or you know things get really fragile and they break a lot easier but when you're dressed for the temperature i mean like the other day i, I walked to the store it was 20 below air temperature and i had to take my coat off crazy mm. under your clothes explains a whole lot bro <laughs> if you start sweating in the, and you're in your jacket you gotta take this shit off or yeah, sweat. Yeah. yeah, sweat. No good. It'll make you freeze faster. But the last couple of days here, it's been above freezing, and now everything's just fucking death trap because everything turns into ice on the top. Shit. Oh, dude, tonight I went to break about nine o'clock at night, and um, East Coast time, and I'm driving down the street, and I start getting pelted by like definitely ice, like sleep fucking sleeting like crazy 20 30 feet later ground's covered i'm fucking sliding around everywhere i'm like this is fucked then it stopped and i end up getting laid back to work because i'm like trying to baby you know pussyfoot on the way home i'm like this is fucking terrible like how the f no one's gonna believe this and they're like yeah okay bro because like, when i went back to my work there was nothing at work that showed yeah, that the worst of that black ice i mean there's sometimes where you know, I go and I drive 20 miles, and then when I go to stop, I realize that I've been driving on black ice for 20 miles. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you'll see people in a ditch just left and right because it just uh just a little smooth surface on the top is all it takes and you can't see it yeah it's all it takes dude get fucked up or you go underneath a bridge an oh, overpass yeah. and you don't take your foot off the gas yeah and the mistake a lot of people make too is they, they use the cruise control in the winter and no. <laughs> if you're going up the hill with cruise control and your car feels like it needs to give it more gas the rear tires break loose and you're fucked hmm. go backwards ain't no sunshine when you it's go funny how every region uh, has we don't really have uh uh which you know mostly this is a u.s audience but anyone who's listening from overseas is going to be baffled when i say this we don't really have any weather specific training in our driver's license training like they never really require you to do any cold weather training or wet weather training or anything else just like whatever the conditions are the day that you do the test that's pretty much what you have to pass and usually they'll cancel if it's like a severe weather or whatever else because even the the instructor's not really trained on the freaking weird weather or whatever whereas in like denmark and germany and stuff first of all to get a license it costs like 2500 bucks or probably more now honestly uh, and then you have to uh train on both uh dry weather and then also you have to wait six months until it gets to wet weather or to uh icy weather because you know they always have snow and ice and stuff in denmark and germany and you have to test again on uh like full iced out conditions basically and they actually induce like spins and all this different stuff that you have to basically survive can you imagine consequently they have a lot less idiot fucks basically on those roads oh another crazy thing about a lot of places around the world is that a lot of places in the world have a zero percent uh alcohol tolerance you're not allowed to have even one fucking beer that was an eye-opener to me. I was like, seriously, not even one, not even a half, a, nope, not even a half a beer. Nothing. You're not allowed anything. And at first I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I realized, oh, you know, actually, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, that's actually probably responsible. Like, who, who, who drives better with one beer? Let's be honest with, our, with ourselves, right? Hmm. <laughs> seriously so i don't know i've known all kinds of people who are like oh, i could drive fine with fun. yeah whatever bullshit but anyway a lot of places in the world for for better or worse they basically allow zero percent and uh extensive driver's training and stuff it's eye-opening our entire driver's manual is like that thick you can read it in like an hour half its pictures yeah and then you come to thailand and you've got eight-year-old kids driving 125 cc oh go to amman jordan like there is three of their what's kids a driver's license? Back. what's 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 lanes is there such thing as lanes i don't know what a lane I, is. I asked the girl to take me to the to the driver's license place here in chiang rai and her answer back to me is why no one here in chiang rai has driver's license <laughs> okay <It's> a, it's <laughs> I saw something on Instagram the other day where someone was driving in Colorado and they were behind a Jeep that didn't have a back license plate and it, instead it just said, fuck the police. <laughs> and so the funny thing is, that guy will probably never get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> Yet in Minnesota, if you drive with your license plate in the back window instead of on your license, you'll, you'll get a, t a ticket. Yeah, I, I didn't. I know somebody who didn't drive around allegedly oh, for good. a long time without a driver's bike, without a back plate at all, or any plate, or one in the front. And yeah, never got pulled over once for like six years. It's crazy. 
shit in southern Ohio, you write farm on the back tailgate of the pickup truck. Yeah. I drove farm truck when I was yeah. Twelve. It was. Where are you going? To the thinks that we're anti-alcohol here. We're not anti-alcohol. I'm just saying that uh, I don't think people are actually better drivers when they drink alcohol. It's one of those things, I don't know, when you think about it, it's just like society kind of accepts a lot of fucked up shit. You know, society used to accept all kinds of weird shit. Like, you know, yeah. we've talked about how a lot of the musicians we love from the 70s, like, did all kinds of weird shit with underage girls. That was accepted and normal back then, right? It wouldn't be accepted and normal now. There's, I mean, there's states I think that you can still drive around with an, a, an open beer. I might be wrong on that. What was it? It used to be states Texas where you can Florida, still get married at 15, too, I think. What's that? Oh, yeah, there's, there's still a couple still, states like that, yeah. Yeah, still some weird ages. Yeah. They used to have dog bites down in Georgia up until, like, 15 or hmm. 14, 2014. Yeah, that shit used to be kind of normal, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, and like booster uh, fights up until I used shit. to hear about cockfights all the time with the the uh, Mexican. <laughs> like, oh, they probably still have them, to be honest. But at least you don't Here hear about Thailand. Them you can fun. come to Thailand and see them. Uh, They're in Cambodia too. It's a cultural thing in a lot of cultures, it's it's normal for the. I don't know. Yeah. It's the same with the Mexicans and bullfighting and Spanish bullfighting, and then you got so like. You know, when I was in California, California, it was like, felt like I was on the farm again because every every morning you hear roosters crowing everywhere. Yeah, it's all I hear. Every yeah. Day. And mind you, by the way, here's <laughs> yeah, an interesting right there. Here's an interesting thought that I just thought of. Uh, in places like Germany and Poland, drinking a beer is right not a big thing. First of all, the drinking age is like 16 or something, 15 or 16, I, I can't remember. So basically high school kids can drink no problem for lunch or for dinner. They, they can go to the bar, they can go wherever the fuck they want. Uh, people drink beer openly, like just on the street. They're just, you know, sitting on the street. Like, you know, here you're supposed to put in a paper bag or whatever to hide the modesty of everyone that knows that it's a beer. That's such a bizarre law to me. Everyone knows that it's a beer when it's in a fucking paper bag. Anyway, in Germany, you right. can just stand there and just drink a beer at a bus station. Nobody gives a shit. It's just like, oh, he's just drinking a soda. That's kind of how it's regarded. Like, oh, he's just drinking a soda or something. If he was standing there with a bottle of vodka or something, that's a different story. But literally, a bottle of beer, they give no fucks. Except yeah. for when you're driving. How interesting is that, right? They give no fucks except for on the road. Can I ask Mr. Toad what? I remember him telling stories about when he first got into the game. Like, it, he did a whole lot for, like, you know, spent a lot of time and, and efforts and energy for the good of the, the, the medicine. MMJ years, medical marijuana years. Yeah. 15 days. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just a little, like a little quick, of how how you did get started in it? Oh man, I I was in a club one day. My mom wanted to go see legal cannabis. My mom had been busted for weed, and I go in the club, and everyone in the club is asking the bud tender questions about this and that, and strains and effects, and urge to start coming out of my mouths about it. People turned around and started thinking I worked there. The owner of the place came up and offered me a job. So I ended up getting a job in the clubs. <clears throat> I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And while I'm working the counter and the uh, the computer desk where you check everyone in also, um, 
the kid comes in and sells my boss a hundred clones at five dollars a piece. Guy gives him five hundred bucks. The kid leaves. Boss goes back in the room to check the clones and starts like tugging on them. And every single plant comes out of the soil. And he just starts fuming and shit because he just wasted all this money on shit that's dead. And I'm like, you need clones, dude? And he's like, yeah. And I fucking, I'm like, just give me a half hour. I drive home and come back with a hundred clones to replace them. And he's like, where'd you get these? I'm like, well, don't worry about that shit. He's like, but I can get you clones. He's like, can you do that every day? I'm like, yeah, I can bring you a hundred clones every day. No problem. And that's how I ended up becoming the clone guy. Like everything I'd been doing for years in the basement, fucking to make myself cheap weed so I didn't have to pay fucking 1200 a quarter pounds for weed became my job because cannabis at time 215 becomes legal becomes something that can become a business if you understand how to do business and not just be a drug dealer so took everything I knew from owning a hotel and restaurant and turned it into a fucking cannabis company my first company was called 215 Farm so used to sell edibles clothes um, and I used to produce uh, ash and some flour, but not very much. Mostly edibles. What do you think, actually, the future? We were talking about how bad smoking is for you. and it, I mean, it is. Like, it's it's not great for you, let's be honest. What is the future? Inhaler. I think they're going to start putting cannabinoids in food and in concentrated form and pills and shit for pharmaceutical side. The stoner guy is always going to be a stoner guy. But outside of that realm, when it comes legal, there's going to be so much uh, more you to do. The enlightened stoner. I don't know. As as many of us get older and start to cough more as we go upstairs or something, is there going to be something that we do? I kind of hate vaping. You know, like I've tried it a bunch of different ways. I've got, uh, yeah. I've got my Vapor Brothers, and it works great. It's here somewhere on my desk somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it is. Oh, down there because I don't use it right now. I try. I mean, it's a, it's probably the best vaporizer well, that I know. I've tried the battery you're... ones. It's just, it's a fucking waste of time. Sorry. Well, we keep thinking of it as our healthy self, right? And our healthy self will take cannabis off a hot night. But if we start thinking of it as our sick, like when you got the worst flu of your life, you don't ever look to smoke in a joint. You wish you could have some weed, but if you smoke it, you know it's going to fuck you up. And that's what's coming with the, the older we get, the more than likely you're going to quit smoking cannabis. Huh. You're not, very few people are going to be able to puff tough all the way to the end. Even uh, Willie Nelson. Even Willie Nelson. He doesn't smoke yeah. cannabis yeah. anymore. You know? Like they're gonna, you're gonna eat it. You're gonna take it in a pill form. Uh, you're gonna do whatever you can not to try to fucking harsh your fucking high, if even that's what you're after anymore. Once we get smart enough to know what cannabinoids and terpene profiles are really helping us, we can really dial down to what we need into a specific form. <laughs> Be that an edible that contains all those, or like I said, a small pill that also contains all those. We don't need the carcinogen side of the plant. That, that just comes with smoking a joint. All that stuff goes away when you're using it truly on a medical-only side. And the older you get, the more likelihood that's going to happen. I mean, I agree with you, uh, and I also want to dis- <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Here I am coughing. I want to disagree with you. 
because I really enjoy the tea ritual, I've called it many times, of smelling the joint and breaking apart the joint. You've probably seen me, people on the show probably see me like smoking, the, you know, not smoking, but uh, smelling the stems and everything else. Like the whole experience of it is very tactile and aromatic. There's probably an aromatherapy element to it, on and on and on. And that all of that is before even you light the joint, right? And I don't want to give that up, frankly. I think that would be a big loss realistically with the, the experience. You know, maybe I'm unique in that. Probably a lot of people would be fine just inhaling the the medicinal benefits or whatever it is right but i don't know i as a as my flavor stoner i can't even speak for every stoner maybe not everybody likes that i really enjoy that whole experience leading up to the you know breaking apart the 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 weed for the joint the way you roll the joint on and on and on it's all part of it i don't know i think eventually but none of those are fixing any medical part of what's wrong it just feels good that, you know, I mean, I have heard it, people say that not. the the aromatherapy is one of those things that the, the jury's a little bit out there, but there's apparently some beneficial characteristics to it. Uh, it's well, not there that are implausible. Some benefits to that. That's true. That, that's true. But again, like some aromatherapy comes down to knowing which one of those terpenes are doing that, which one of those smells are actually beneficial hmm. to your system. Like, and you can use those for people with seizures, like kids. <laughs> Can take different uh like frankincense is real beneficial for people that have seizures right but if you tried to smoke something that tastes like frankincense you'd have a mouthful <laughs> of ass you really wouldn't want that shit but that terpene profile does work but you could have that in the room without ever smoking anything or breaking anything apart uh, that ritual side of touching it and and having a, an intimate relationship with the plant that's a feel-good part of stuff it, that's like literally my mom having cancer over here. She's lucky if she'll take three hits every three or four days. She does not smoke the way she used to. My mom used to smoke an ounce of weed every day. Hmm. Like there was a point of her life, I'm smoking till I'm dead. When the closer you get to dying, the less likely you are to trying to get high off of smoking a joint. Hmm. That, that's all I'm saying. And that, that point becomes more reality the less we are our healthy self. Our healthy self always thinks that what we're doing right now is what I'm going to do when I'm 86 years old and I'm dying from lung cancer and, or, you know, diabetes is taking me out. It's a different form of what's coming with the plant. So every stage is different today. What we have is we can breed for that very easily. And what's coming later in life. If the guys today don't, some of us and ladies don't take time to try to put in the work for what's coming. We're going to be stuck with that, that, trying to get high off of touching shit. It doesn't work at a point. When it's a real real medical condition, you have to have specific realities to fix that. I wonder if in the future they'll be able to just like go into our head and solder our receptors open or something like that. So we're just... <laughs> That's what Elon Musk is trying to do with the Neuralink. Oh, dude, he's killed. That's the fucking name. I was trying to think of that name the other day. I was talking about it. He's killed several thousand monkeys with that Neuralink thing. It's, it's a weird, sad story. man. Yeah, but there's probably he's some working super on monkeys Neuralink out there telling me that AI shit. is bad for us. Like, how do those both go oh, he, Well, if he's saying that AI is bad for oh, you're right. He has been saying that. Well, he's a, an investor in that uh, uh, open AI. AI. So he's the, the chat GPT and all that shit. That, that he's part of that. Go ahead. Oh, oh, what is it? Chat.ai.com? Chat. And the company is uh, OpenAI, and they also are the uh, producers of the, uh, uh, the fuck's it called? The, the, the Dream Studio, the Dolly, whatever it is. Yeah. 
So that basically, the visual one and the, the people don't, for some reason, talk about the other one. Anyway, selling subscriptions for you guys to help them fix their system because it don't work right right now. So that's weird shit. No, it's it's surreal when you think about it, Toad. Yeah, it's like. Uh, I don't know. I, I like to think of it as a tool because honestly, all of the things that we've ever worked on, whether it's uh, 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 word processors, people said, oh, word processors are going to put people out of business. Well, they put maybe movable typesetters out of business. But if the movable typesetters were able to basically adapt and basically become computer typesetters, they retain their fucking job. If anything, they actually had more jobs, more work. Uh, many times people, I was talking about this the other day about, you know, when, when cars came along, the guys that repaired horse carriages, of course, were freaking out unless they were able to just simply retool and work on the cars that fucking broke down constantly, right? Because they were famously, uh, 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 some of the cars wouldn't go around the block, right? Without needing to fucking a couple of repairs, right? So that was ripe for uh, uh, auto mechanics, right? How do I say this? Any of these things really are just tools that people use. One of my biggest fears is that the tool will end up being controlled potentially just by the rich, and it'll be a tool to basically screw the rest of us. If, on the other hand, AI actually is a tool for all of us, then we could really get somewhere as a species. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Microsoft just announced that the next version of Bing is coming out with the, the chat GPT basically built in. Uh, what else? Uh, Google just announced today uh, they're rolling it out in the next few weeks, their answer to, to chat GPT. So, I don't know. Things could get spicy. Things could get interesting. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Yeah. And what you're saying, it actually happened. Like a word processor took out the guy that was a typesetter because his passion wasn't to be a dude fucking with a computer. He wanted to be that other dude. Well, he was never going to be good at that other Which I have met. You're not, you're, not, it, right? you're not making that up. Like, I knew this guy. He ended up basically working as a, this is kind of a funny story, honestly. One of the nicest guys that I've ever met. He used to be a security guard that was always in Paris Hilton's paparazzi photos. For real. Because uh, he was a security guard for In-N-Out Burger. And uh, she always would go to In-N-Out Burger after they would close. And so the security guard would open up the door and be like, I'm sorry, Paris. We're cl-. They knew each other by name by this point because uh-huh. she kept fucking doing it. And the paparazzi was all around her snapping pictures, pictures, pictures. pictures. So he's on fucking, he showed me pictures of it. He's on TMZ. There's Paris Hilton. There's my friend, the security guard, just basically telling her no. <laughs> he's like the one guy that could tell Paris Hilton no. Anyway. He, by trade, he'd been a Marine and everything, and he learned, I guess, in the Marine Corps how to do typesetting. And that was literally his life's passion. And he couldn't fucking figure out a computer from three holes in the wall. He didn't know shit about email or anything else. But he fucking loved movable type. He had this, he had a whole, like, press, a whole, uh, yeah, he was super into it. <clears throat> it happens with a lot of shit like that, like lumberjacks, right? Lumberjack up in Humboldt was the fucking viable occupation until one day they bring up the fucking spotted owl. They shut down that oh shit. God, yeah. Everyone there, you could say, well, why don't you guys just become uh, forest service dudes that protect owls and you're still out in the forest. They want to chop down trees. They want to be out in the woods with that shit. They're never going to do that other job. And now they disappear into a system that at one time they were the top of. And now they can't even find a fucking place to grasp onto. And that's where cannabis guys are today. Instead of making the change to what's coming, they want everyone else to go back to what we were doing in the 80s in closed doors without any education on anything. Like, it's crazy because all we are is an antiquated model of something that didn't succeed, never will, 
something's not going to come back. And if we don't change into what we are, if you really love what you're doing, changing and still doing this don't matter. You either love what you're doing or you love what you did. And you don't want to be what you did because what's going to change. It's known as being a Luddite or a Luddite. I think it's Luddite. But after a guy named, I think it was Ken Lude back in like the 1800s, um, when the woolen mill, like the text or the wool mills and like the, I forget, well, I forget the big, the big loom contraction that would like make, make it a lot easier to do large work. Cotton gin. No, it was a, had like a bunch of, a bunch of needles on or pins on. It was like that they would, that they would put the blankets together and shit on. I gotcha. Um, yeah, giant loom machine. Machine yeah, looming, whatever, and then yeah. making a textiles into something that could went from one person weaving it to a giant roll of cloth and shit. Now that can be turned into a shirt. You didn't have to have one lady weaving a shirt. Yeah, but they would go and they would. They, they, they would go and they would have bands of people that would go and destroy these new these loom factories because they they thought that was going to be the death of them. Hmm. Fuck cookies. But <laughs> if someone says adapter left left behind. The adapter is great, but you getting left behind anyway. Like it's like Fumi brought up people that made fucking uh, wagon wheels. Unless you're gonna buy a wagon wheel for a reproduction of a wagon, ain't nobody going back out on the road with a bunch of wagon wheels. It's just never coming back. But if you loved wagon wheels, you had to learn some other shit to be passionate about. By the time you spend a lifetime doing that, you get passed up. You spend a whole life becoming a blacksmith, like learning how to work wood, fucking with horses, like all the things it took to become a blacksmith who made wagon wheels. And now they took that the same time because all of a sudden someone can make rubber tires. I mean, you know, like it's one of those things. I mean, how do I say this? It's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just one of those things that is like the that sword makers, you know, like the sword makers that were masters of their craft. I just watched uh, Princess Bride the other day again. Ah, my name is Minigo Montoya. Good my father. Prepare to die. Anyway, Inigo Montoya's father, he was a sword maker, right? Anyway, so he spent like what? A week making that, that whole sword. Yeah, it's a fucking great movie, right? You're, you're not using that word. I think you're not using that word the way you think it means. I said it fucking wrong. Anyway, the intention was there. Uh, how do I say this? Like the, his sword maker father, if he had not been killed by the six-fingered man, would have been replaced eventually by the gun makers, right? And now the gun makers, I don't know, they'll be replaced by the laser makers or something, right? Or the proton fucking eyeball makers or whatever the shit, right? Like in some, you know, they'll be just shouting, oh my God, my family trade of gun making. Well, I don't know what to tell you, you know. Yeah, it just is. It's that's what it just is. Yeah. You know, that's always gonna happen. Just through eventually fucking not wanting to be stale. Like yeah. you made swords and now you if someone comes along with a gun, you might get triggered to be like, damn, I love guns. I'm gonna make guns. It's the same thing, right? It's just metal and bending it. it doesn't have to cut something from pounding steel. But another guy's like, I love the blade. The blade's my life. Without the blade, I'm nothing. And he falls away, and the other guy's pounding out fucking gun barrels and shit somehow. But it just, some people will be able to adapt, and some people will never be able to find that new beginning to do that. And it is what it is, like you said, Fumi. You can't change it. You can't be angry at it. It just is what it is. And that's what's coming with cannabis. So some people will love this plan. It doesn't matter that there's going to be a period you won't make no money. It's going to cost you to be in it. And then there's going to be a period to come back and you're going to 
be able to get back into it. Like we see all these large companies that were peaked in 2018 when legal weed came that are bankrupt now, gone. Right? And if you could have stayed around, that market now needs people to put cannabis in there because that massive facility isn't putting out booth no more. They need smaller scale fucking quality production. And that's where dudes that were fucking just eating the bullet in the basement still because fucking some fuck showed up with too much money and they ain't even smoked no weed. His shit don't sell because there's no passion in it. And he can take any of the same cuts we got. He's going to run them all eight weeks. Doesn't matter. This is the nutrients because that's what we want. This is the lighting schedule because that's light. It don't fucking matter. Nothing. That's what everybody gets because you're in their area. Eventually, that don't work. People go somewhere else traveling. They taste better fucking weed and come back and like, fuck this shit. You go on there. Just for the record, I, for one, welcome our new... AI overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, AI fucking with us on here. We had to restart the show, or Fumi did because something. Yeah, it was probably the AI yeah. that got us. That's exactly yeah. right. One of it's, the shows we watch is run by AI Dudzi. It's a comedy show, but it's all. Oh, run they by just canceled AI. it because the, it was an AI Seinfeld. Is that the one you're talking about on TikTok? They just banned no, it because he started to be racist. <laughs> I guess on TikTok, if you like smoke a cigarette, yeah. if the AI sees smoke, it'll it'll ban your video. Oh no shit! They're like fun. on these dating apps, they have like these live video feeds of people, and if they show a steering wheel in the in the in the video, it'll kick them off. Huh? That's funny. How interesting. So you can't be driving and you can't be smoking. Smoking it's, disorienting. it's disorienting how good this shit is though the chat gpt and stuff like you can i mean there's there's so many different avenues we were talking about this the other day there's a bunch of people who are using it to code websites and everything else you can get it there's how i said it's apparently like debugged and everything else these days it's a little bit scary for entry-level stuff uh i was using it the other day to do some research on a really fucking esoteric topic and i was literally asking stuff like Tell me the ecology of this place from 35,000 to 100,000 years ago. And it fucking spit it out for me, basically, in a goddamn split second. And then I was like, tell me the professors that I could contact about information about this place. And it spit out a list of fucking people for me. It's very, very context intelligent and everything else. It's really disarming. Yeah, it's disorienting. That's info that's already out there. Ask it how to reverse a cannabis plant and see what happens. It might actually tell us it might, because we were looking uh, up uh, tell us how to grow cannabis plants and it was uh, what Corka, Ryan do you remember we had to ask it to give us a script or something like a movie script because it wasn't allowed to talk about cannabis or something hold on I don't, I don't know if I was listening that night I know like when I've asked you stuff and if it doesn't have an answer it'll kind of hint and tell you how to get that answer it's like well I can't do it this but what you could try is this mm. it's like what I what what scares what me is what is actually out there. Like I'm there's got to be an AGI out there, you know, like general. You know, you hear about the singularity coming and shit. I don't think it's in 2039. That's why I look forward tomorrow. There's a a guy called Ben Gertzel, who's kind of been at the forefront of AI for a long time. He's going to be on London Real tomorrow on doing an interview. Which I was kind of neat to see. Uh, I already forget what I was supposed to ask the AI. Uh... If you can reverse the mail. There we go. Really sad. So I, try, I try to make it solve like those unsolvable math problems that have like million dollar prizes to them. But I, I'd imagine that's spending a time. 
Okay, somebody's making well, a fucking it's shit pile like of DNA noise. Testing. Who's shuffling like, crazy well, amounts first, of stuff? The first thousand people that uh, tested their DNA, they got very generic, like you're from Ireland, you're from Africa. And then once a thousand more people went in, they could start to pinpoint locations in those areas which your genetic pool came from. And the more and more info that's added, the more precise that information becomes. Yeah, so it'll possible. start off basic and generic. It is possible. It is possible to reverse a the sex of yeah, a male candidate. It this process is known as feminization on. and is commonly performed by breeders. Blah blah blah. There are a few messages. Methods. So yeah, I, I asked it. I asked, uh, "Tell me how to rev- uh, how to reverse a cannabis male plant or a cannabis male to reverse the male cannabis plant. You need the subject to stretch to uh, sorry, sorry, subject it to stress to switch it. Uh, here, I'm gonna mute whoever again is making lots of noise. yeah. They're they're telling you how to reverse a female and just put a male in there because collodial silver will not affect the ethylene level sure. of a male cannabis plant at all. So it doesn't know. It just knows that it's sort of reversed the sex of a plant." So that's why they told you how to make hermaphrodite with life cycle, and then chemical doesn't work. Uh, the process of using ethylene to reverse a cannabis. It, it would be ethylene. Ethylene is a commercial name, so you probably have to use a chemical of ethylene. We'll see. But it still probably won't come up. If it does, it would have to track back to Ram and Seth. And that's the information it's going to give you with everything. I'm only using this as an example. So like an expert, a real expert's not going to come over here to fucking get the information he already knows. It's the guy that wants to code something and not learn how to code. And that's the same guy that would come look for how to reverse cannabis. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, this is definitely not advanced level stuff yet. I think that's very fair. No, but it it will be as long as enough people ask enough questions and enough wrong answers are given, it will eventually get to an answer that's real. But that's all we're doing. That's why they're taking subscriptions right now. I want everyone to jump in. They're using you to tune this system in to be in a fine working machine right now it's just a blabbering idiot that'll give out whatever on anything because it really doesn't it's not a master at none of these things it's Until very likely this okay. type it in you're, you're not going to get that answer it's very likely this won't even be the best one honestly uh google has been working on yeah. ai quite a bit longer and they're basically they weren't going to release theirs for a while they were just basically like just working on it for a long time well google's google it's a it's a kind of a weird company that releases a lot of weird products they abandon after a while but they also have a lot of really really solid products i'm, I'm gonna be surprised if their uh, ai is not spectacular who else just the other well microsoft's been working on their own but they're uh, investing in open ai there's a few other ones go ahead Derek told me choose a male plant that is in the early stages of flowering with visible, visible pre-flowers or pollen sacs. Well, there if it says or pollen, it's telling me that it's going for both ways. But and it says obtain an ethylene generator, such as ripened fruit or ethylene releasing chemical, and then place it near the plant, and it will 
cause it to yeah. produce female flowers. You have to do more than just place it near the plant. But again, those yeah, are no, all still generic information. Again, like they could go to Graham and Seth's page and tell you that you need a specific Miller mole, micromole amount of a specific chemical to get the highest reversible uh, percentage. Like, it, it, the paper's out there. But until you those people using jasmonic acid and gibberellin for trichome production increasing or increasing it mm -hmm. both of them well not for uh, i haven't used gibberellic acid for um trichome production but i have used asthmonic acid um gibberellic acid has a masculinity effect so it can actually cause uh, plants to stretch out and to uh cause intersect issues so i wouldn't use that on a female because um, i was i just was reading a white paper well i've read it a bunch of times but there's a white paper about it's i forget the name of the plant but it was a different plant but they uh with just yeah. jasmonic oh, acid alone, it it only released or it only increased the trichomes like four percent. But when they did a combination of jasmonic acid and gibberellin, it raised the trichomes production like ninety percent to something crazy like that, and the density like forty percent. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. It can do that on some plants. Tomatoes, it'll do it on also, but tomatoes don't have. Uh, uh, they're not gonna. Don't intersect straight on you that you're going to worry about. Like you want your tomato plant to pollinate itself. That's that's something that the cannabis guy isn't after. That's the problem with like the cannabis guy not understanding plants. So like, we can use gibberellic acid on cannabis. It will help masculinize what we're having. So you can use that. To make STS slightly more efficient so that your female will have a better reversal. Um, it also can help with extending cell structure so that the flowers that are super tight push it up slightly so that it also will plump pollen better. Uh, but putting that on like a male just increases the masculinity of that plant. So you'd have to have a higher level of ethylene to counteract that endogenous hormone level before it's ways high enough for that male to look like a female. But it's like the STX formula. If we look that up out there, there it, multiple things will come up. But if you go through like the Ram and Ted one, they tell you where the highest Miller mole level is. It's 2.5 Miller moles. But you go through and um, the cannabis guys is just like nine to one and four to one and five to one but not realizing that the silver nitrate level in the solution is affected by multiple things. So it could be fresh today, be nine to one, and in three weeks has disintegrated in solution form. And now you have to be down to a six to one for it to work at the same rate. That's why some people's reversals fail. The STS they have is so old that it's not affecting the plant correctly. So they're getting, uh, Incomplete reversal. Yeah, I'm not going to read this whole thing or anything by any means, but this is just to show the name of the paper if anyone wants to look up. What's the name on it? Interactive effects of jasmonic acid, salicylic acid, and gibberellin on introduction of trichomes and arapidosis. Arapidosis. Yeah, that's what I was saying, trying to say. That, that name earlier. Really, the same paper that it's from. Yeah. 
that they use that plant because it's an example of higher plants. It's in most every paper is the example plant, arachnopods. Um, but it, it's not like cannabis. If nothing else, what I gleaned from it that I didn't know before is because I use a lot of um, uh, willow water, um, which is a good source for, for your salicylic acid. And I guess that salicylic acid and jasmonic acid will, uh, or and gibberellin, or I, I forget, I forget what I learned already. But in any case, what I did learn is to quit giving it. Uh, you don't want to give it willow water when it, when it's in flower, or to kind of counter react with I'm um, trying to achieve. But like throughout okay. veg and stuff, I'll give it willow water just to. Yeah, salicin, the, the salicin, uh, the um, willow. It comes from the family of salicin plants. Uh, willow barks in there. Uh, anything Calix, that produces alocasia. Yep. Yeah. What uh, they synthesize to make a like fucking afrin out of? Yep. Yeah, the the Indians used to chew on the bark. Yeah. It, it makes um it, it it triggers the systemic required resistance in your plant, and the jasmonic acid will help uh, cause a boost in uh, the jasmonic response, both of which in cannabis and other plants with trichomes will help produce higher amounts of oils and thiols and terpenes and shit, uh, which are the plant's defense. I, I believe I got a paper in here that shows it in tomatoes where it increases trichome production like 54% in tomatoes. Yeah, you can buy jasmonic acid or you can create something like you can get sagebrush and make a fermented plant extract of it Aftermanic plant extract will be high in jasmonic acids, which now can be used to spray on a plant. And a lot of these things, like the jasmonic, great. Cannabis will take that. Um, but the um, dribleic acid, using that on a female is going to cause issues with mm -hmm. the uh, sexual expression. Salicylic acid works great. I would give it earlier to veg and have it because those things are going to start to be a um, systemic uh, response in the plant. So you don't have, that's why you wouldn't give it through all the flower. You can stop and the plant will produce that in its tissue and in the system for a while. Here it says leaves of plants treated with jasmonic acid increased 48% in trichone density and 93% in trichone number. And those are great numbers, but you also have to take into fact what what stress does those hormones do to a cannabis plant? But when you read up on what gerbilic acid does, being that it masculinizes your plant, you don't want to put that on a female uh, cannabis plant. They're doing they these on aristopods and those... Nobody's fucking searching the buds of aristopods for fucking male flowers to go, oh shit, that's a hermaphrodite. So there's the difference. That's they were also stress that. testing the plants in this particular study. Was there yeah, punching but, the leaf with its with the forceps? Yeah. <laughs> but I have the same stuff shared this study multiple times on my Facebook page over in the PFA. Um, that's why I said aristopods. I, I knew what you were talking about when, when you said this. Are 
also another thing too that I've always wondered, and I think you shot you shot down the the reason why I was incorrect about it. But like I, I I've taken fresh cut tops and put them in ice water, and I, I could I could almost swear that they would get gooier and more resinous. But whether or not the trichomes did anything at that point, you know, I obviously didn't grow new ones in that time. But no, the plant just got more turgid, sucked up moisture. Um, but the, the trichomes filled with oil and like tiles and everything that's not water soluble in the trichomes. So, uh, like adding water at that latest stage couldn't have increased those things. Like, you're not going to get a greasier bud from water. Because it would, it was probably just the, the more the more water in the in the leaf then or in the, in the leaves because it would make your scissors a whole lot stickier when I would do that. But it's still kind of practice I use sometimes just because it's nice to have a bud stay turgid longer when you're, if you do wet trimming especially, mm -hmm. or if you have a whole a whole people a room you just of like people to say wet. turgid, <clears throat> or if you have a, um. A really dry climate, and you want to have it slow down your drying process a little bit. Uh huh. But you leave them in the water too long, <clears throat> and it, it turns detrimental real quick. But turns deturgid, deturgid dies or something. It gets floppy. I like to call it it's like a, a wet mop. It's a technical <laughs> term. The flop, the inflopification. <laughs> Flaccid, right? <laughs> the infloppening. <laughs> Flopception. Moving. Uh, and and by the way, the, the um, definition in, in Webster's says turgid with a J. Uh, with a J? The fuck? Really? <laughs> It, well, the pronunciation, so it was the back, the J. Oh, I see. Oh, so, hot turgid, ha ha. Just like yeah. uh, the 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 GIF is apparently a GIF. Apparently, you're supposed yeah. to say GIF. What the fuck? I'm not going to argue with that, Cam, because they're crazy. The problem is the creator of the GIF is still alive, so he's actually able to tell people the monstrosity he created is actually called a GIF, but. Jeff Peanut Butter hasn't gotten in on that action somehow. I mean, right? It's actually, it's literally spelled GIF. But he's like, it's GIF. Like a G. G-I-F. Ten um, points if you know what it means. I saw some people spell their name Jeffrey with a G and it's still. Oh, that's true. I've seen that. Like G-O-G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Graphic interface. I call my friend Geoff every time I say, what up, Geoff? Because your name's not Jeff. It's Geoff. That's it. G. Ah, what the fuck? Uh, what Gee, off my lawn. <laughs> he hates it. He's like, what the fuck? I'm not Gia. I'm Jeff, bro. Like, I know, but your name doesn't spell that shit, so I'm going to call you what it is. Well, my name isn't what it is. What up, Gia? I guess there's also Jacques and Jack. I've met people who were like pronounced Jack, but it was literally spelled Jack. I guess it's not their fault that they're French or something. This is a little, this is well, quite a bit unrelated, but I'm sure I'm French. I'm sure our French my... viewers love that statement. I'm sure it's not their fault that they're French. <laughs> when I was doing my genealogy <laughs> research, really apparently Poland only had like 12 names to choose from for each sex <clears> for like many, many years. 
So like when you go back so far, like if you go back over like 150 years, the the search engines don't even let you type in a name. They just give you a drop down menu. <laughs> Which one of these names was it? <laughs> Stanislav, Pavel, Ivan. What are they even? I don't even know. Piotr. I can't recall. Probably. Those are probably on there. I believe you. This ain't better for me. What's that, uh, Captain 420? Are you getting any feedback from my headphones now? That oh, may no. Uh, what we were getting, I think, is maybe when you were walking around, maybe. I can't swear that it was you. Somebody was making lots of noise. And if it was you walking around, I think we were picking that up. The, no, only, thing I did, the only thing I did was go back and take a cap off of a two-liter bottle. Fuck, maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's it's okay. It's know. okay. No, don't worry. Don't worry about it. We 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 heard something. I knew that it wasn't the end of the world. Um, no. <clears throat> what was I going to say? It's a good thing sometimes. <laughs> right. So, well, Jimi Hendrix wouldn't be Jimi Hendrix without the feedback. So there's that. Right. <laughs> and friggin' left-handed guitar playing. No wait. What is that? The other way. Yeah. There he is. Right there. Got him up on my wall. There you go. Hanging. Nice. Jimi Hendrix. Turns out Eric Clapton was a racist all along. Remember that story about how he was like freaking out in the bathroom? He's like, you didn't tell me he was that good. Well, that was kind of a weird response. You're like, right? Because you're like, well, what? There's tons of artists that are super good, right? Well, if you're a racist secretly, then that would be really bad. If uh, suddenly, you know. I mean more if you're, yeah, I could see what right? you mean. It would hurt that much more. It's like, oh, shit, he's good. And I think he should be not good. Right? That's going to be very frustrating. It's like, gotcha. That'd be like Hitler walking up to a Jewish painter and just being like, fuck. Right? It's instant karma. That's probably why he was so mad. Just kind of a shitty painter. People don't remember. It's funny. He probably saw Mark Chagall and was like, fuck, I cannot do shit compared to this. Was it Mozart's? Younger's brother or sister or something like that was like way more advanced and better than him, but he was mm, the one that his older sister, uh, Anna Maria. I might be getting her name wrong. Maria, Ma- fuck, I'm forgetting her name right now. I can look her up, but yeah, she was supposed to be a lot more talented even than Mozart, and um, he was kind of the the trained monkey compared to her apparently. But yeah, back then a chick. I mean, the fuck is a woman basically back then, right? Like you basically, she belonged to her husband, you know, like she was married off and yeah, women were property back then. So kind of like the whole civil war thing with women would go into the army, you know, serve their army as boys. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, Joan of Arc was actually the Joan of Arc was I think crucified basically because she uh, dressed up as a boy, basically right? because oh. they were dead. Yeah, yeah, and even that I think the reason why was because yeah. like the the priests I, I'm forgetting right now, but the priests basically told her she couldn't wear women's clothing, so she had to put on the armor, and the only armor that was there was men's armor. So that's what the English basically uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, burned her at the stake for. Can't win. Can't win. Uh, in the Civil yeah. War, I'm pretty sure that. There was a whole lot of women that would um, cut their hair and 
attention. Oh, to I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, there there were, were women that did go in and fight. Yeah, I've heard that now. Like some Mulan type shit. So, there you go. I guess in every big thing you hear a fucking a band of women that go out there and do their thing. They go out there and rock it. Right? Like, Why not? Fucking, fucking Wakanda forever. I don't know though because like uh, for a long time now since Roman times people have been doing like mass what do they call them uh, I can't think of the word right now where they have basically like platoon advances all of the Romans you know with shields and you know freaking spears and stuff uh, basically because it's so hard to fight back on that and if you're not trained to fight back you're fucked like that's basically why the Romans just marched all through Europe pretty much until they met someone that was almost as strong as them, which was basically actually the uh, Goths who started to actually uh, steal their tactics and basically use their own kind of mass advances with shields and stuff. Um, so just thinking to myself, like just a band of women, unless they'd actually trained in like battle tactics, they're just all going to get got basically. I don't know. I, I'm thinking out loud because I'm like, I, I know what you mean. There have been stories in the past, but I don't know how common it was. Honestly, you got one dictator who's got nothing but women around him to protect him. Oh, uh, Gaddafi! Gaddafi, his his whole uh, his whole like elite private security force. was all yeah. His whole elite force was all women, right? Sick, sick. <laughs> He's like, she's like, right? I mean, He's there like, used to be more dictators benefits. like that. Seriously, like if you're yeah. not if you're a dictator and you don't Cheers. have like all. You know, huge vixen, what Amazonian vixen security guards? Why are you even yeah, dictator? But never mind the fact that, like, how, how like intimidating would it be for these, you know, females to like literally just like fuck people up? And he just sits back and he's like, ah, my girls. Prince's band was all women, and they they rocked the shit out of their freaking. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty uh, sure he had sex with all. Yeah, more like Prince so. was a unique. Uh, unique yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, he, he definitely. I, I thought he was flamboyant and homosexual as can be, but uh, no, I guess he it wasn't. Was not even like that. Is it, maybe it's road band or how? I, I know someone who played bass for Prince once, on like a road tour. It's actually the guy that I do that Christmas tree lighting stuff for. He's a musician. He's, he 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 played bass for Prince. That's cool. But it might have just been like a house show, like you know, it wasn't a because he used to hang out down at the in the. Place that he owned on the cities or used to own clubs. Okay. Nice. But he wasn't like on any albums or or anything. Didn't Prince only put himself on all the album, like all the title or all the? So, yeah. Yeah. So he did all that. Then he got a band to go on tour with him each time. But... It's kind of like Nine Inch Nails. That a lot of that was just Trent Reznor. Live I can't remember who different. told this story, but it was like uh, some other movie star that it was at Prince's house, maybe like Seth Rogen or somebody. And uh, they were like just basically hanging out. And it's like two o'clock in the morning and in the winter. And Prince is like, I want a tiger, like a Bengal yeah, tiger, not even a tiger, but it has to be a Bengal tiger. Right. And uh, uh, Prince is like, they're trying to convince Prince that this is not a sound idea. This is not likely to happen, basically. And uh, uh, whoever the actor was, was like, Prince, this is, you know, it's the middle of the fucking night in the middle of winter. We're never going to get a, a tiger. And Prince just will not fucking have it. And the producer takes him off to the side and says, Prince has been living in Prince's life longer than he's been living in yours and my life. Like, we have to make this happen, basically. Was the, was the my answer. neighbor had a Bengal tiger. Well, there you go. 
But like, and hey, I, I bet so it wasn't during Mike the Bender, Bender during the middle of the night, though. Fuck. Mike Tyson yeah, had white type. You end up calling everyone. Well, you just have to know the right people. Is what you have to do. You have to know Maybe the, wolf. the motherfucking wolf. He talks real fucking fast. You have to keep up. But uh, seriously, you got to know the right people, and they would know who has a Bengal tiger. Seriously. Yeah, you know, be calling fucking Joe Exotic in the morning. What? What do you need? Oh, it's Prince. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. He's like, who the fuck is this? He's like, Joe Exotic. Oh, shit. Let's him. That one chick gets you on. So what's that chick's name from Joe Exotic? It cracks me up, though, now that I'm thinking about this. Like, it always made me laugh. My friend told me, uh, no matter who you are, even Paris Hilton at the height of her fame, could not get an In-N-Out burger after they closed. So once once the grills are off, lights are off, you're fucked. You're not getting a burger. Doesn't matter who you are. Uh, I wish I, I wish I was that guy. Just be like, sorry, Paris, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, it's so amusing. But... Yeah, you because know, you know, if, if she really you know wanted some food up at that time, she probably could have just started fucking throwing hundreds at you. I'd be like, all right, you know, I'll start it back up. <laughs> I asked him about that. Yeah, I was like, what would have happened if she just thrown like few hundred dollar bills at him he's like oh we probably would have started it up but she never thought about Fuck yeah. yeah oh what, well, what a fucking bitch seriously when you come to a restaurant after clothes what the fuck sorry Ryan, yeah when buddy's from south park stuck his finger in here was like he was the dog is that what you're talking about no, he, Paris Hilton was, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. She was his dog, yeah. Yeah, I love that. It was the greatest episode. One of the greatest episodes. All of them were great. The fish sticks episode. one was pretty good, too. Oh, uh, yeah, the fish sticks one was fucking, uh, <laughs> with, 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 uh, fucking P. Diddy, or whatever it was, uh, I think it was, right? And he's Kanye. Like, Kanye, yeah, so it was, uh, dude, oh, fucking hilarious, bro. And the story so was what prophetic. Oh, my God, what prophetic writing, because apparently the story was they tried to figure out who's the one celebrity that would never get the joke? And they're like, oh, Kanye. And so sure enough, he's, to this day, he doesn't get the fucking joke. Apparently still talks about it and stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. So who in he's here like, would I have didn't remember that. Hammer in order to be able to get to smoke marijuana? Say it again? What? How many people in here would like smash their nuts with the, with the hammer in order to that escalated smoke marijuana? Very no, quickly. put them in a, in a microwave, didn't they? What the fuck? There was an episode where you needed to have some type of ball disease to get your cannabis card yeah, on South Park. They were like, everyone was like throwing their nuts in the microwave or something like that. What the hell? And then when you got the disease, you would get a wheelbarrow to haul your big nuts around. Oh, is that the one? Oh, my oh, God. I haven't oh, seen that one. Was a car- yeah, oh. car- was like, yeah, dude. That's I like car- great, wheels, but I didn't know the follow Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I got, I got. I didn't know it was because of that. Here, but it's not. Yeah, that one. I don't know where I was It is so <laughs> surreal to think how many seasons of South Park there's been. Like, it's been on since the fucking 90s. There's like 25 seasons or something. Dude, fucking but that years. shit right there is ADHD at its best. There you go. 100%. And the fact that it's all like up to date with like the last week's news. Well, they're Pretty bonkers much. because they animate an episode in like less than a week. They're one of the only yeah. animated shows that basically does it that way. And so they literally... The Simpsons, the Simpsons made a, had a little joke in one of their things that said something like, no animation should take more than three days. If there, if there, if it's any longer than that, then they're just milking the, the studio. Well, you know, if been around long enough to fucking have that 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 you know a certain uh, 
like graphics and shit, like you know, CGI, whatever the fuck it is, and going through, um, you know, for South Park, it's like you should already have. Like, well, if they'd done it the original way, they made their own. Yeah, they, they originally had like paper, and actually that was easy, uh, an easy way to do it. To be honest, because they would just do paper cutouts, and then you can actually even see the old like uh, shadows and stuff of the paper. The first like maybe three, four, five seasons, uh, and then they actually started to uh, switch to a new system that they actually developed themselves. That was like a virtual version of that, basically. So they, they same came. way Gumby was made. They would had, they had clay stu- right. clay huh. claymation, yeah, clay fucking uh, figures, and they would. Just move them a little bit and take another picture. Clay takes move a long, them. long time. Though. Well, I guess it doesn't necessarily take any more than that paper. But yeah, you literally have to move it every single frame. Um, it's funny how someone, like, dude, they, they're fucking, they're so rich right now, and they did sign up with making paper fucking things. Oh, man. Oh, those These dudes, too. They, they are some of the only people that seem to actually be enjoying their life. When you think about, like, all the rich people that made tons of money and they seem all stressed out, those guys are always stoned, goofing off, coming to the Oscars on LSD, whatever the fuck, oh, yeah. buying, buying oh, famous right there. Uh, Casa oh, Bonita, just for fucking giggles. I mean, they are just goofing off. They, and actually, what's his fuck, uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's buying, like... Uh, uh, football teams, just like random ones, not even famous ones. Just, like, fucking random right, football right, teams he, in the he, UK. He just bought a um, what the fuck was it called? Uh, a cell phone company. Well, that's a really smart business. It's, apparently, he's going to get a buyout for fuckloads of money. Apparently, for that, and evidently, everyone loves that. Yeah, that dude. That dude. Yeah, dude, it's fucking great. It, I mean, I'm about to switch over to it right now, dude. Honestly, it's uh, crazy. It's like fifty bucks. It's like fifty or sixty bucks every six months. What the fuck? Like, come on, bro. Um, God, I'm I'm so I'm so perplexed. Like, uh, if you ever travel, basically anywhere else, the cell service is so much cheaper. It's fucking nutty, you know. Like, we basically oh, yeah. invented yeah. the technology of the internet and like wireless telephones and all this stuff, and somehow we pay so much more than everybody else. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. two hundred fucking, you know, two hundred plus dollars a month, dude. What the speaking I, of which I have to pay two hundred dollars a month because of this fucking show. At my uh, uh my data usage goes over Comcast's arbitrary bullshit fucking cap by when not I, all that much, by the way. And so as a result, I have to pay two hundred dollars for fucking internet. Seriously. 60, yeah, when I was on Verizon, I paid six hundred something a month because I used like eighty gigs worth of fucking uh data a month because I, I, I keep I keep my phone on YouTube all day when I when I was working. I just had I have a bunch of bunches of playlists of songs and i would you know you no know, radio I would, nowhere. I would keep my phone months. on all day and it, but at the time 600 bucks a month was just what i didn't really care i'd rather have a phone and now i pay 45 bucks a month for the same shit it's straight hot oh yeah well like mint, mint, mint mobile is fucking like literally dude it's like a fucking 100 bucks for like fucking six months or some shit that's cool so yeah, i get 400 minutes to other cell phones on other carriers, which it is a difference here in Thailand. I get 40 gigs of uh, data and what am I, 380 baht, so $14 a month. I uh, don't miss that uh, that un, or that limited data. That'll make you want to strangle a guy if you once you run out of data and it throttles you down to 1992 age. Well, my phone just pops up and says, "Hey, buy this 
package and for the next seven days you get unlimited data. I think it was like but it only costs you like an extra, you know, six bucks. Yeah, they did that to me too. It was like 10 bucks for another gig or something like that. Crazy. My 60 whole month unlimited data. Yeah. So I'm a shows for as long as I am or whatever. Just yeah. The only thing I am limited on is my, I think I only get 10 gigs of hotspot. So Dude, I used to get fucking unlimited everything for like the last like 10 or 12 years. So I got grandfathered in, and they've been sitting there trying to like just give me different fucking. They always try to get you off that plan, yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm like I'm not getting off that fucking plan, dude. Why should I? I want to renew my plan and like fucking be unlimited. Plan, yeah, and, and the company I have it with is kind of trash, T-Mobile, but the the plan itself is is delightful. So yeah, I don't pay. I still pay too much. Let's be perfectly frank. Like in oh, yeah. Germany, I'd pay thirty bucks for my fucking plan. I pay fifty bucks, and the service is not very good. But at least they don't pay a hundred for mediocre service, so there's that. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty. I'm pretty good for me wherever I've been. You're in California, both. Ah, T-Mobile sucks. Except for I couldn't afford one once, and then Mr. Toad hit me up and sent me a picture of the card. And I was like, hell yeah, for my phone, fuck, that's fucking dope as fuck. That was cool as fuck. Made my day, made my month. I didn't have to pay for a month. Sixty bucks. Right on. Oh yeah. Out of here. Like sixty bucks a day for fuck's sake. Which is terrible. Damn it! I had two lighters when this show started, and now I just tried to fucking smoke a hit for four twenty. I still to this day cannot figure out how I got two of this lighter. I went and I bought one of this lighter one time, a few months ago. And, cool, the other one. and I laughed at myself at the store. I was like, I never buy lighters with, you know, cannabis leaf on them and stuff because it's just too obtrusive, you know, right? So I normally I'd buy something like this, right? But I basically just like as a joke to myself, I was like, oh, you know how funny it would be if I bought a, a lighter with, you know, like a weed shape or whatever. So I get back into my car and as soon as I get into my car, in my like ashtray, like my tray where I put my wallet is this lighter. Whichever one it was, I obviously don't remember which one, but somehow I have two of this lighter. And to this day, I have no idea how I got two of them. I bought one and already had another one that was exactly like it in the car. I used, I used to always notch my lighters on it's the like bottom with, with sure. a knife. Because people, some rampant lighter thieves back in my childhood days. You should put a curse on the bottom. I curse thee to. Yeah, put some, some, some shit in Latin or something like know. that. Does anybody remember the lighter leash where oh, dude, it was I, I a have thing one. that you that yeah, you hooked on one. your belt and it, yeah, it was retracting cord? Yeah, yeah. Until you had a fucking yeah, until you had a fucking concert, bro, and, and someone's like, "Yeah, you lose your lighter real quick," and they also they put it in their pocket and they walk off, and you're like, "Fucking a puppy dog!" <laughs> fucking whoa, 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 bro, bro, whoa, fucking what the fuck? Yeah. No, the best was when the girl used it and she just let go of it oh, oh yeah, that, yeah that's the best it's right, right, right in the dick right, right, right in the dick like, thanks thanks appreciate you fucking yeah who rocks the wallet chain in here that's when you just fucking you just pull it back like a fucking bow and arrow dude and just hit it right in the fucking flat with it whap bitch eye for an eye sorry yeah, let my light leash go like that it's spring loaded 
put in a boomerang somehow. Bam! <laughs> fucking straight left nuts like, boom! Like, oh shit, I can't even move. You know? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. happens to you like once, twice. It don't happen a third time. <laughs> no, because no, you're like, it ain't burning my motherfucking lighter. Fuck you, get your own. No. Put it on your side. Flip it on your side. You don't pull it up yourself. Like, you know, you pull it up yourself. Like, I'll light your fucking cigarette a blunt for you. By the way, I want a hit of that now. Thank you. What's that, Koski? I said, uh, fucking. It's when you had a light leash on you and you actually, oh, yeah. you know, you you use it. And you're like, I, by the way, I want a hit of that shit, too. You know what I mean, how we should not fucking give me you the only rent for the flame that I gave you. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you a fucking, you know, a nice little fucking. That was one puff of butane. There you go. Yep. 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 Tell him to go buy the candle and I'll fucking light it for you. Huh. They'd be like, what? Yeah. You know. It's interesting Mr. Toad brought up the uh, lipid pneumonia. I think people uh, way underestimate some of these long-term damages. We're going to have to get some uh, other people, you know, long-term on the show. I'd like to get some, I'd love to get some doctors on the show. It's been tough. I've talked to a couple of friends of mine who are very reluctant, even though they have no problem with cannabis or cannabis people or anything else, perfectly friendly with me and everything else. Just don't want to be associated with weed just in case. No, no. It's their fucking job. Exactly. Yes. That's the whole reason people are advocates for it, but like when it comes down to like, oh, it's going on a show, it's like, nope, because I could lose my license. That's gonna that's gonna change hard once hard the national that. national Medicare mm-hmm. allows it. Yeah, when they can finally mm-hmm. get on that boat. Oh fuck! Because that's what's stopping a lot of them is because Medicare is a national thing, and yeah. Medicare doesn't consider it medicine, so they can't prescribe it. Well, because, because they, they don't, don't want to pay for it. that's the whole thing. Well, I, I think that what it's going to be is, is, um, cause like nursing homes and hospitals kind of act as their own, uh, pharmacies. So at one point these, you know, the nursing homes and everything, they're going to have their own suppliers. And that's kind of one of the reasons why it's taking so long to, to be legal is because, or I don't know, I, there's, I'm, I got a whole convoluted fucking conspiracy theory about it, but I'm going to bore you guys with it right now. All right. Medical market set everything out. That's all that needs to be. But the big, the big hospital medical market is totally different than the, the medical weed market. That's kind of just the joke in my almost to me. Where I think maybe what you're looking at is would be considered an aftercare or a pharma, where, big pharma. You know, pretty much where. You don't have anybody to take care of you. Are you gone to the point where you need somebody to actually watch you like nurses and shit and those places supplying that to the patient as an alternative to medicine or in conjunction with? Yep, that would be great. Well, that that's that will be a thing. I mean, it's it's one thing that you see a lot in nursing homes now that it's a weird thing where if the state's legal, but but there are no, you know, they can't. It, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but yeah, big pharma is to because they get federal funding for yep. certain things, they can't do anything with cannabis. That's exactly what yep. it comes down to. 
you can't treat somebody with a plant that can grow for free because we make all this money off these pills. Right. You know, the guy that created insulin, he gave that to the world. How much do you pay for your insulin today? Uh, <laughs> and also uh, penicillin, Jonas Salk. Uh, or, or no, no, no. Uh, what am I thinking of? Um, What's that guy that raised the, bought, it, bought something and raised things. the price? Yeah, several of them. Penicillin was yeah. uh, free. Also, uh, the cure for polio, that was Jim Salk. That's the one I think. Uh, he could have patented that, and gotten uh, tons of money for that, but he actually thought it was more important that uh, mankind profit generally. It's interesting. WD the different choices that people make. Go ahead. WD forty isn't patented because then they would have to give up their recipe. It's true. Yeah, they'd have to disclose how they make it. Sometimes the art is just as important as anything else. Um, what the fuck was I just gonna say? I forget what I was gonna say. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, see, fucking weed, dude, does it to you every time. You're like, hey, yeah, that. It's a Sunday driver. You know what? Actually, that that was that's the kind of cumulative effects of Sunday driver. But that was actually uh, Bedrock Boogie. That's the one. Oh, say you forgot about that one too. Shit, man, good, good, good stuff. Yeah, apparently I'm going to have some more stuff here coming up it's going to be probably pretty forgetful too so we'll see Yeah, nice stuff I'm in the process up. right now of saving up for a greenhouse a decent one nice. that I can have outside you know it's uh, going to be like a 26 foot long um, 10 feet wide 8 feet tall so I should be alright that's going to be big yeah that's not bad you can fit and all kinds um, of stuff in that you could fit uh, however many legal plants and then tomatoes and whatever else it's going to be awesome in there yeah, I'm not putting my wife's tomatoes in there. Last year, she got aphids in those pitches. You know how that feel about those. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, she can fuck with her toes out front. Mm. Okay. Maybe they'll keep act as a banker plant and keep all the aphids off of your plants. I'm fucking yeah. getting predator bugs this year, dude. Fucking a bunch of other shit. If I'm not yeah. growing indoors, I'm going to be fucking beasting outside, dude. I mean, I'm not going to go in 30-gallon pots because I don't need 10-foot-tall fucking plants. So I'll grow the uh, greenhouse and then, you know that sometimes causes problems also but it's like i want to you know be, be able to at least get you know six foot six and a half foot tall you know plants whatever else and you know i mean it's got a bunch of windows in the thing and fucking so i'll probably be putting them in like 10 gallon pots i mean about 12 of them fuck yeah i mean i, I couldn't believe how two plants in 30 gallon containers last year were fucking that big Ten and a half feet tall, so it's like I don't need plants that big again. With oh, you fed synthetically, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get big. Uh, and that was that was two and thirty gallon pots, so ultimately fifteen gallons of you know a piece. I've seen much. some monsters like ten foot plants in one gallon pots. Just yeah, recently, I mean, I'm not gonna try to I mean, if I can't be home for fucking five hours worth, I know you miss like one watering. Yeah, you're fucking falling apart. They're, yeah, they're dead, bro. <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> watering thing on there i don't know what mine is but the one that smashes all the time a little timer for your water spigot and put it on there yeah, yeah I, have, you want. I have a, actually, i have a couple of them yeah so it's works so good but, I gotta yeah my, I have, except for my spigot my fucking my my water outside sucks and i i mean i have a dechlorination filter but like jesus dude it smells like i just left a fucking ymca it's horrible <laughs> It's like all these little kids have been pissing at it. You know what I mean, it's what it smells like. Oh, interesting. It's like, yeah, it's bad. 
I might yeah. what about making that they might make the skunk come back and that catfish that we're looking for. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're yeah, missing maybe. you're missing that calcium. Uh need more of that chlorine and fucking chloramines. You need more of that shit from the water water sewer treatment plant that they fucking serve you water from. God, we, yeah. we get really spoiled in, in places where we have clean water. I've said this before that when my water comes out, I've, I've got a PPM measure, zero, zero PPM. It's 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 nutty. Uh, when uh, there's mine, ever like when there's ever even remotely anything, it's twenty. It's never a hundred or two hundred or three hundred no. from some no. places. Literally, LA is like three or four hundred. I can't remember exactly. So like your yeah. baseline is three or four hundred PPM pretty much, and most of that's like inaccessible, just calcium. But anyway, it's a bunch of stuff that doesn't even really get into the plants. Uh, And then you basically like if you want to put in a thousand PPM or whatever, like you're already starting at like a pretty high amount. Anyway, I I guess how how do I say this? Like we're spoiled by the fact that our water comes out clean here. And I was just thinking like uh, your water comes out smelling like a YMCA just down the hill from you. Practically in New York, they have that famous Catskills water that's like even in the tap in New York apparently comes out cleaner than bottled water. Is that crazy? Yeah, because not around here. <laughs> yeah, drink the water. You get, like, I know what you mean. Like the water in LA, the water in LA is perfectly safe to drink. By the way, but it tastes like ass. You know, you got to like filter Mexican. it basically. Yeah, fucking That's... Mexican water over here. Shit. The oh, water, the I remember water that. Like the water here. in Tijuana. Yeah, dude, you be having that run real quick, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Don't don't, don't trust the pot and don't sneeze too hard. <laughs> you know. Holy shit. Hey man, that's fucking true, true fucking story shit. You're like, I just, what the fuck? You squirt oh, no. water right out the back yeah. end. It's still one. It's still one of those fucking. Oh shit! Oh, I have to explain to everybody why you know get off of your fucking you know get out of your car, dude, and you got a fucking shit stain down your leg. Not, not a, it's not a good topic. You know what though? I've had problems coming back to the United States too. Yeah, yeah oh, because if you get used to something for like a week or two, and then all of a sudden you fucking come back to the United States, it's like even worse, bro. It's like that episode of uh, Always Sunny where uh, Frank has a tapeworm, and then Charlie yep. convinces him to kill the tapeworm. <laughs> it's like a pet tapeworm. What the fuck was the pet tapeworm's name? Was it... Uh... Oh, shit, I can't remember. I can't remember that name of it either, but I yeah, I remember that episode was fucking... <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but when was, the last, when was the last time we ever played Nightcrawlers? I fucking love that show so much. It's so ridiculous and dark, but I fucking love it. (laughs) A lot of people come to Thailand and get sick eating food. Yeah. Oh, I'm not fucking surprised. Um, yeah, right, right, right. So YouTube knows that I love food videos, right? I watch a lot of different like food and restaurant videos and stuff. And uh, so like all kinds of random, you know, travel stuff comes up, whatever. So now suddenly my feed is populated with, which is admittedly not a terrible thing, but it's a, it populated by the like Thai women in Bangkok, apparently the roadie girls or whatever that dress like scantily or whatever uh, and make random foods apparently it's a bangkok thing and there's apparently tons of videos because it's all over my fucking field feed so i watched a couple of them and i couldn't watch very far because i'm just like oh my fucking god i just saw you take money and then handle raw shrimp and then go back to like cracking an egg and and i'm just like that would get an f on any restaurant safety inspection and they wear plastic gloves but then they touch all those things and i'm just like oh yeah lady i've seen boobs before i also know what food poisoning is yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I went to a and, restaurant over, over the weekend with my wife, dude, and um, fucking um, a waitress slipped a glass up out of her hand, dude, and she fucking, it, like, hit the bar, and it, like, right right where the ice was, so, it, like, smashed, when went over the bar, and then right into the ice, uh-huh. and, and, like, uh, there was, like, two girls, there, uh, there was, like, one girl that didn't see, like, you know, probably couldn't get a good view of it or whatever else, but I'm on the other side of the bar, and I saw everything, and, yeah. um, and, I'm, and like, they're, like, contemplating with each other, oh, did the ice, you know, get get fucking glass in it da, da, da. i'm like what the fuck so i looked right over and i was like uh lady comes over with you know with some ice waters that she had poured previously this was before this whole incident and um she goes can i have you anything else i'm like yeah i want like two more drinks but you need to do something about that ice i'm not going to take it from that fucking container i'm like <laughs> glad you know someone ice? said something yeah because like what i the was fuck? like dude what someone's gonna no, be no, drinking no. <laughs> dude now check this nice. out fucking so one of the one of the other girls who comes comes over no one tells her that fucking this had happened. And she's oh, like, she you know, right like, in. dude goes right in. Seven, dude, she makes fucking two or three blended drinks and she makes fucking a couple of fucking mixed drinks. And then she makes like, a, you know, like something on the rocks all off the top, bro, with ice, with a uh, glass in it. I was, I was like, do I need to get up and like fucking say something to everybody in the spa right now? Dude, like, don't fucking drink that shit. Cause I mean, I, I don't want to be that guy, but I also want to see someone fucking throwing up blood in my fucking shit. You know what I mean? I'm over here trying exactly. to eat fucking, trying to eat steak, and they're like, "Oh my god, yeah. you know, yeah. me fucking got blood coming out of my mouth." Unpleasant. Like, great, motherfuckers! Like, you guys are stupid. So yeah, I told her about that shit. Her, dude, her face dropped. It was so funny. Next thing you know, I see four waitresses over there just fucking, just like hammering away at this thing, just getting it all clean, wiping it down, fucking putting new ice in it. So you got to eat yeah. milk steak, huh? So you got to eat milk steak. What's some milk steak like a Salisbury steak? Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, no. I guess I don't know, bro. I mean, you realize that we could just Google that. Yeah, that's, yeah, do something. I mean, milk, milk steak. It's probably a joke about wieners. Yeah, right. And he's like, yeah, you drink, you're eating fucking Viennis, little fucking little, little, little wieners. If it were a joke about anything bodily functions, it'd be poop. You know me. Uh, that's true. Yeah, probably, that's true. Yeah, he yeah, basically yeah. takes everything very seriously about poop. How to make yeah. milk steak with jelly beans? What the fuck? What are you talking about, that, Ryan? Doesn't sound very good. No, kid. So Frank was asking Charlie. They were asking Charlie a bunch of uh, what his answers to be would be for speed date questions. Oh. And when they when they asked him what hobbies were, I think he said milk steak. <laughs> or what it, what his favorite food was, he said milk steak. And they about said, your no one knows what about goes, your you know what sunny knowledge. Yeah. This is apparently, oh, so here we go. The recipe is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Do you watch the show according to WikiHow? Do you watch the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and love it? Then you might know of the character Charlie Charlie Kelly's favorite meal, milk steak boiled over hard with a side of jelly beans served raw. The famous milk steak is seen in the episode The Waitress is Getting Married. Ingredients, one medium, 8.8 ounce, or 0.25 kilogram flat iron steak, or top blade shoulder steak, two cups of milk, preferably whole, call it 4%, quarter cup of honey, quarter cup of honey half yeah. teaspoon of cinnamon, half teaspoon of nutmeg, a teaspoon of vanilla extract, and the garnish is a half cup of jelly belly jelly beans. What the fuck? Add the now milk, just, step one. Just a fan. Add the milk, honey, cinnamon, nutmeg, and vanilla to a medium-sized saucepan. Heat up the mixture, stirring until the honey has completely dissolved. Bring the mixture to a boil. 
Carefully place the steak in the boiling milk mixture. Bring the liquid back to the boil and reduce the heat so that the milk is simmering. By the way, cooking steak in milk is not that unusual, but the spices are a little unusual. Uh, yeah, Cook like this medium-sized steak the for and the honey and stuff, but whatever. Uh, I guess people have had uh, honey-baked ham and shit. I mean, Cook this medium-sized steak for five minutes on one side, stirring the top occasionally to stop a skin forming on the milk. Turn the steak over and cook for a further five minutes on the other side. Check how well cooked your steak is done. Uh, if you're after authenticity, the steak should be cooked over hard, and so should not be picked at all. No, oh, fuck that Allow white the spoon. What the hell is on that spoon, bro? Garnish with jelly beans. What the fuck? <laughs> what, a, what, what a ruined fucking thing of jelly beans. Jesus Christ. I like that I you didn't know. think that it was a ruined steak, but poor jelly poor beans are ruined. Yeah. That meat was the fuck. Charlie and Kelly. Mo- yeah, that meat looked ch- like, like shit after. Plus, it had a spoon with like jizz on the end of it. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I got to call out that recipe of just being a fan recipe, though, because I know damn well Charlie don't got any nutmeg in the fucking cupboards. That's probably true. Hey, fuck nutmeg. Who the hell has jelly bellies in their fucking cupboards, bro? To make steak with. Fuck. That's crazy. Ugh. I like to soak my, mine in beer or in, uh, what, uh, Italian seasoning. Or Italian dressing, I mean. Yeah. Oh, like, it's like, mar- like, it's like, it's like marinated marinade. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. 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 Vinegar helps. Chicken, but did you say steak? Yeah. I did. Crazy. You guys are crazy. I'm going to try it. What are your guys' uh, you weirdest steak food? steak at my uh, mom's house. <laughs> you never food? eat a steak at your mom's house, you said? No, you've never eaten a steak at my mom's house. If you've got Italian dressing, you're using that because it's usually dry as shit from her cooking it. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I love that. Hey, mom, Matt, well, you know what I mean? <laughs> so when I went home, I actually cooked all the meat in the house for my dad because he likes medium rare. My mom just doesn't understand medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad could learn for himself. He could, yeah. Uh, grow, no, dad's uh, his hands shake too much. Um, no, dad's almost eighty now. And there's a whole generation of dudes though that just kind of cracks me up. I hear from uh, women friends all the time that like the dudes that they know are just so helpless, and I'm just like, "Fuck, do you not know at least how to grill a piece of meat or something?" Like. Do these guys just starve to death? I guess they don't anymore because of Uber Eats, but I don't know. You should at least well, you always hear, you know, the, the man died of a broken heart five days after his wife died. It's he, he just didn't death. know how to turn on the oven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, fuck. He didn't know how to get water. You know, he's all, he's all, he's all ornery <laughs> and 80 years old. Fuck this fucking thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, fuck it. Where's the water the gas come on. from? Leaves the gas on. Doesn't I get know. the milk. Exactly. Leaves the gas on. Of the house, out of a broken heart. Goes, goes to fucking light up Winston 100. Fucking, uh, fucking bam. Five days later, you know what I mean? I had, a, I had a buddy from California up here once, and we were, we went, he wanted to go ice fishing. So I, I told him, I said, the second that I knock on the wall from outside here, I want you to light the pilot on the stove. And I showed him where to put the lighter and where to light it. He said, okay, that's simple enough. So I went outside and I, I turned the, the propane on and I knocked on the wall a couple times really loud, you know? And, uh, and, but then I stayed outside and I took a piss or something like that. I mean, I was out there for a while. And right when I went to grab the door, the door flew open. And, like, there it was on a, like a, on a, 
a Springer, like a, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of my words right now. But like, it, it was hard to, you had to put your weight into to open that door. But the door popped open like six inches because of the freaking, and you could just see like, um, the warped air from, you know, when, when you see hot air like that. Mm. But yeah, he came Warped. out and he, he didn't have any eyebrows left or anything. He said, I probably should have done it right away, huh? And I said, yeah. <laughs> God damn. The fuck, guys? Yeah, if someone's turning on the gas. Oh, do you hear my furnace behind me? No. 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 Yeah. I think he's turned on full blast. Yeah. Oh, I see. Shit, shit. Can you hear, can you hear me? Air yeah. con? <laughs> I had to come in. I was actually sweating outside with the fan. Oh, it's daytime over there, huh? Yeah, during the day, my air kicked on, and I was tripping because the heater turned off like fucking two hours before that. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here, dude? Yeah. I'm a fucking... I'm a stifler. I'm a fucking stifler, bro. I fucking... He goes on at night to up to like 60, 62, and then I shut that bitch off, and then by the morning, it's like 52. Fucking freezing cold. Like, I don't give a fuck. Turn it back on for a couple minutes. Yeah. Get oh, the bitch up there. No point. No. Like, no one wouldn't do nothing if I went that low. That's my Dude, whole house connected. So. Paying seven hundred dollars for fucking you know one hundred fifty gallons of fucking oil, dude. It, it sucks. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So I, say- I, I can just turn it off and turn it back on, fucking you know, halfway through the day and fucking get it up, you know. It's crazy. When, when I was sixteen and I was in boot camp for marijuana, um. There was there was a kid in our in our freaking group that um, he he couldn't sleep without the fan on apparently. Yep, me either. And so so at night he would open up his, the window next to his bed and he would turn his fan on. And I'm talking when it's like you know 20 below outside, and this kid would sit there and the whole room would just be fucking freezing. But he was such a freaking spaz that no one did anything about it because even though he was only you know he was half of everyone's size, he was just one of those guys that had that glimmer in his eye where it's like he. You don't want to make him uh, mad. Well, fuck him, dude. I'm, I'm freezing cold. I'm shutting this fucking shit off. He has something to say about it, dude. We're going to shoot the ones and then fucking let's see who, at, you know, we're both going to be in fucking a problem. But if I'm freezing my balls off at night, dude, fucking blowing fucking, you know, air out of my mouth, like I can see my breath. You can kiss my ass because you feel comfortable. All right. It's just yeah. about feeling comfortable. I'm, fuck that. Yeah, I'm, so, fuck I don't, him. I'm surprised nothing ever happened to him or no one ever did shit. Yeah, I... I would have been like pulling full metal jacket type shit and fucking, you know, yeah. soaping, soaping mm-hmm. fucking socks and be like, whap, whap, fucking fuck that guy. I guess we just figured it was like a penance type thing, you know? Maybe right. I deserve it because I was dealing weed. Yeah, but I don't deserve really. to freeze my ass off yeah, and fuck get that, sick. Dude. Right? Well, no, it was mostly just being scared because you don't want to get fucking. Because there, if you got to any fights or if you broke any rules, you got. You got pumpkin, they'd call it, where they, they you'd have to wear bright orange clothes and, and boots that were two sizes too big with no laces in them. Oh, shit. And then you had, you like, you lost all your privileges and fucking, and they did that so you couldn't run away because we were, it's out in the middle of nowhere in the woods. So but whenever, your, your fucking drill instructors wouldn't come out there and be like, wow, it's fucking pretty goddamn cold in here. Sergeant so-and-so wake his ass up, fucking make him do fucking. They do not know. give a shit about the kids. Maybe oh, one out of every 30 yeah. or 40. That's great. But no, they're in there because they have a complex and they uh they couldn't become a cop. 
Is yeah, ISIS want it. bad or something? Yeah, <laughs> anybody who's listening who wants to go to the fucking you know army, fuck that. I guess you know you, you're gonna be cold all night because this fucking one fucking mongoloid wants to fucking put his you know a span in a window, which is like, what are you in fucking? Like, like, you know, a halfway house or some shit? Like, dude, when the, when the hell do they actually start allowing Before fucking... we start to insult entire shit. armed services, what's going on? Yeah, dude, the fucking... Uh, th- this asshole, I guess, he's talking about fucking had, had like, a, a fan in the window, but nobody would speak up to him, and everybody would freeze their ass off all night. Oh, I gotcha. I'm not that guy, bro. I'd be pissing on you. You warm now, bitch? Like, come on. Shut the fan off. Like, you know what I mean? Fuck you, dude. I'd piss on I, you. I, yeah. I mean, what if it was a general, someone did. like a drafty ass fan no he was just a, another guy right. you know but no it was like a, it was like a privately funded even though I was, I was sentenced there from the courts it was still like a, a privately funded thing so it wasn't like like I had to sit in like juvenile detention before I went there and there you had you know every all the windows are bolted shut and shit but there I mean we had windows and we had I mean if you were if you were smart about it you could have ran away easily a couple like every every couple weeks there'd be someone that tried to run away and then all they did was they made you wear orange and shit. But big, that, big that kind of sucks. Yeah. Is they already have your name and everything else about you, dude. And you know, like hop a window. It's like, where? How far are you gonna get, man? Oh yeah, yeah and then I'm, just anyone who runs. I mean, unless you got the money and the way to get out, have a new name and shit. In Mexico, <laughs> I think I, I remember reading that uh, they don't actually consider it a crime to break out of prison. They basically consider it like the expectation of every human, basically, to want freedom. And so if you actually break out, they'll just, if they catch you, they put you back in jail because, you know, you're supposed to be in jail or whatever. But they don't, like, get pissed off or freak out or whatever. As long as you don't kill anybody or do anything stupid while you're doing it. What well, was the Mexican drug lord that broke out, like, three times? Didn't El Chapo, Chapo or something like that? Yeah, El Chapo. Yeah. They had to send him to the U.S., basically, so he can't break out, yeah. Something happened to this kid recently, right? Uh, yeah. They had a crazy shootout with him, yeah. Dude, that's a yeah. fucked up situation. Oh, yeah. It was literally to, to arrest his son. They ended up, uh, the, like, 15 federal agents died and shit. It's, uh, it's just yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they arrested his they ass and uh, he made a... <laughs> they sent out all his fucking uh, people and started shooting up everybody, dude. Yeah, yeah. everybody. The whole town. Turned to shoot an airplane down. When we mm. went to get the guy from, from Columbia, we... We sent like fifteen thousand or thirty thousand troops, and fifteen hundred died. I think. Are you talking about Noriega? Yeah, that was uh, Panama. Did that many die? I don't remember that many dying. How many? May, uh, I could. I have to down? double check. I just. I just listened to a. Uh, oh, it's been like a month now, but there's a podcast that came out about the, the smugglers, and uh, it's a pretty interesting podcast. That was a good podcast today on FCP about the smugglers. The Thai guy up in the left corner, he really knows Thailand. Yeah, these guys that I I, I just happened upon them because doing my research about different shit, and they were some of the largest ones in uh, in American history. Yet you'd never hear about them. But it's, I don't know. Like Which hundreds of thousands that? of pounds. Oh, Noriega. So I mean, if that was two hundred to three hundred Panamanian combatants, uh, and members of paramilitaries, and more than three hundred civilians were killed in Operation Just Cause. They called it, and twenty-three U.S. troops. But three hundred oh, U.S. troops were wounded. Was it fifteen hundred U.S. troops that were sent in then? You might be right. 
I was thinking it was fifteen thousand. I, I it probably was just fifteen hundred then though. But just because they they wanted to extradite him. Yeah, well, it was all that cocaine and all the money. Cocaine's all drugs. Although the killing of the Marines, so there was the, what was it? Uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, fuck, anyway, a Marine was killed. <clears throat> It was the ostensible reason for the invasion. The operation had actually been planned for months before his death. The move was the largest military action by the U.S. since the Vietnam War and included more than 27,000 soldiers. So, fuck, Korkowski, you were not lying. As well as 300 Air Force... What the fuck? 27,000 soldiers. The invasion began as a bombing campaign that targeted Noriega's private vehicles and the PDF headquarters located in Panama City. Several slums in the middle of the city were destroyed as a result. The day after the invasion, Noriega's deputy colonel, uh, colonel uh, retreated with some soldiers to the mountains outside David City uh, after laying mines in the airport. Uh, though this was part of a, con- a contingency plan for the invasion, Del Cid quickly decided that the Panamanian military was not in a position to fight a guerrilla war against the U.S. and negotiated a surrender. Twenty-three U.S. soldiers were killed in the operation, including that were uh, two that were killed by friendly fire. 324 soldiers were injured. Casualties among the Panamanian forces were much higher, between 300 and 845. The U.S. government reported between 202 and 250 civilian deaths. America's Watch uh, estimated 300 civilian deaths, blah, 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 blah. The fuck? That's a pretty big gap in military deaths. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, but I mean, it's that's actually to be expected. The U.S. is basically one of the only professional militaries that there is, really. Um Everyone said that the Russians were like the, the big bad other one, but it turns out the Russians basically are just kind of basically trash. Uh, they can throw lots and lots of bodies at the wall, but yeah, pretty much it, it, it's kind of it's kind of gross, you know, like in the Iraq War and stuff. Like, yeah, there's just no contest. Yep, I agree with that, bro. Right? It's like I don't know. It just it is. It's it's one that we were talking about. It just it is what it is. Like war is just gross. You know, it's like. Uh, Even the winners just kind of lose, you know, it's fucking gross. Anyway. Pulling out a butted Death Star for the next 420 coming up here. Sweet. I should wear something too. The name Ladies of that podcast is Deep that? Cover. Oh, I've heard The that. name of that pod. I'm sorry for talking over you. Oh, no, go ahead. But the name of that podcast was Deep Cover. And uh, there's a little bit more in order to find it easy on Google. You got to type in a bunch of shit like The Masked Man. But um, I think it was like, took me four and a half four hours or something like that to listen to it but i like i, I sped it ahead to like 1.75 speed hmm. but there's a lot of cool i don't know it's all taken down by one one fbi guy that infiltrated a biker bar i think in michigan maybe even oh shit then, but that biker guy he ended up kind of like falling into it too hmm. like he ended up banging a, a Colombian woman and shit and well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there was right. a one percent bike club MC in Michigan that actually was running a uh, farmers market and they actually took the market over. Somehow the guy lost it 
and the city didn't want to let them open it again, but the MC took it over and was able to keep it open for another four or five years for medical patients as like a safe access or safe transfer area. I thought that oh. was pretty cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not gonna make it the fucking 420. I'm I'm over here passing out myself. So take care, Gorkowski. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stay Cheers, warm guys. on the East Coast. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yeah. yeah like oh, I first wow, found out about the thing because there's this guy named Michael Vogel that I saw interviews with him on C-SPAN where John Kerry was interviewing back in the 80s asking him about how much marijuana he was responsible for smuggling. And uh, if it were only a minute, I'd play it, but it's, it's two minutes long. But it's, uh, he just, he tells about the 100,000 pound loads and how many millions of dollars. And one of the guys he was running for would give his, play, his, his operators a, gold bars with fucking diamonds in them for, for loads that they would bring in. Hell yeah. Cash is cash. Too bad D's not here for, that's what she said, jokes, but D and... But he passed away, so I can't do an interview with him. But the other guys in his little three, his little crew are still around. I, I was talking, I talked to Chad Westport about it to get him and maybe try to in it. See if he can get a hold of the guy for his little his series there he's doing. Cause he talked to the, the to the thing I was I watched. And like there was one point where like there was a plane that was had lot was losing engine power, so they had to unload or so the story goes, they had to unload like 20,000 pounds worth of marijuana over over some town in, in rural Minnesota or rural America. I have a feeling maybe that 20,000 pounds accidentally got dropped in someone's field somewhere, but I mean, no, that didn't, they're probably telling the truth. I don't, I, I, I don't need any mobsters after me. 20,000 pounds, isn't that like 10 tons? A lot of weed. It's a fair amount. One of the only ways that weed could kill you is if that fell on you. <laughs> One of the only ways, yeah. Wow, I, I picked a real burnt rubber one. I got a winner here. Yeah, and the drying process and the curing process, if you don't get it right with Death Star, you don't get all of it. because this one was sent to me kind of fresh. So it was kind of sealed in a bag for a while where I'm sure a glass jar would have been much better. Hmm. Because I, I, in the beginning, the first one, I was able to take it and put it in a glass jar and be able to 
you know, let it cure out a little bit more. Uh, and it started to turn more rubber, more chemical. And I noticed that it affected me and I stayed higher for a little bit longer. And I seem to be a little bit happier. Oh, interesting. And, you know, at this point, the weed is three and a half months old. There's something to the, uh, when you say that, it's kind of, it's, it's the thing that, that uh, I'm babbling like a crazy person. The thing that it reminds me of most is one of the very first times that I encountered properly cold cured in this case, doesn't necessarily mean, doesn't matter that it was cold cured, but it was cured anyway. Uh, but in this case, it was cold cured rosin. And I remember it was so impressively louder than mine. Just like so, it's like an order of magnitude uh, louder than my rosin. And my rosin was good. My rosin was honestly good. And it came from good flour. <clears throat> I think I actually made rosin out of my uh, cluster fuckies. People have been watching the show for a long time. Uh, remember me talking about my cluster fuckies. It was basically Colorado cookies and cream that a friend of mine had me take care of for a while and ended up causing a cluster fuck in my life because he also didn't realize that the plants were covered in russet mites, which I also was too stupid <laughs> to realize at the time. Anyway, it was you know, both of us fucked up, right? But anyway, so I called it cluster fuckies and cream. It was a fantastic cut, though. Uh, really, really spicy cookies cut, basically. Really incredibly greasy. And it would just gush blonde rosin. As soon as you would just, like, look at the flour wrong, it would just gush uh, blonde rosin. Uh, what was I talking about before that? I lost my complete train of thought. Uh, fuck. The smell, how much oh, flour oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah, thank yours. you. Thank you. It was super loud, like when you would smoke the flour, super loud. And you would dab the, 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 the rosin, it would still be loud too. Oh, here's the thing, by the way, it not only was loud as like smelling it, that was my excuse for not learning about cold cure at the time. I was like, oh, well, sure, it's louder when you smell it. But, you know, I want it to be louder when I actually dab it. Sure enough, his was louder when you fucking dabbed it. Now, I don't remember what cut he had, but it was similar enough to my cookies that I was like, this is a one-to-one -one example. And we were just talking about it. This, it was a nice guy. It was actually at one of my uh, tasting groups, basically. I did like a flavor festival or some shit, right? And this guy came down from uh, Seattle area, I want to say, and he ended up winning the, granted, we only had three people in the hash category, but even still, uh, we had three solid contenders in the hash category, and uh, he won, and he deserved the win by far, because again, he cold cured his organically grown flower. Uh, the cultivar itself was good, but it wasn't like head and shoulders better. The difference was that fucking cure, man. It was nuts. And that basically told me at the time that there's something about the, the curing process in that case that volatizes the aromas in such a way that they smell and taste better. It's just that that's all there is to it. It was nutty. Anyway. Tony's uh, show that he was on just the other day, with the one guy, I guess he's writing a book about drying and curing processes. Cool. So it would be nice to see that out there. Maybe some people in Thailand will read it. Oh, heck yeah. 
Now, there's a lot of beginner level stuff I noticed on uh, what Kindle or something the other day. I can't remember where I was looking. But anyway, I was looking somewhere and uh, looked up just cannabis or something. And fuck, there was just dozens of beginner level things. How many different times can you read the same beginner level thing? And there literally wasn't anything else. There wasn't anything for moderate, advanced, amateur, nothing, nothing. No pro level stuff, nothing. There's a couple books out there, but really almost nothing. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this will be the last joint of the evening. I think we'll uh, take off. We've got to do some watering and stuff. It's been a great show. Mr. Toad, it's been an honor, haven't you? And uh, gosh, you've been here the entire time. We've had so many chances to talk to you about all kinds of stuff. It's been fun. By the way, you're welcome back. I say this to, to great guests. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, anytime we have a show, you're absolutely welcome back. And also, you're welcome back as a guest if you'd like to come back anytime. Um, appreciate you, man. And before we go, I'd like to mention the Haze for Days Grow Off here in Asia. And uh, if you're in Australia, we'll try to work out something for you too. Get a hold of me on IG. We'll send you out some free seeds. And let's see how tall you can grow a plant. It will be a 150, 160-day flowering plant, people. Mr. Toad got, what, that one up to how many feet? I've done one at 25 feet and one at 18 feet. And those were both in 60-gallon fucking smart pots. So he got fucking good soil in the ground. But I've seen that line hit fucking 30 feet at my house. That Mendo Dope micro stand, was that 30 feet? Um, I don't know. I know they dropped some big ass plants, though, that's for sure. That was like 17 or something. I'm not sure about the new one. That was probably the old one I'm talking about. Gosh, I can't imagine looking at this 30 foot. How do you harvest yeah. that? You have to harvest that on an orchard ladder, right? Yeah, you got to cut it in multiple sections. Well, lucky where we grew it was uh, there's this lava rock at my house that's split in half from when the fucking. It got spit here from the fucking. Uh, when the volcano fucking went off, that was like a hundred and fuck, even more than that, 200 years ago, fucking long time. But fucking that, that rock split in half so you can walk up both sides I of it. So we would just walk up, cut it where we wanted it, just fucking harvest it that way. You'd have to cut it four times to hang in a room that had 10 foot ceilings and shit. That's idiotic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was nice though. We used to grow that haze there and the African up there. Both of them would hit 30 feet. But that was in the holes that were completely uh, mended with uh, living soil, dug as deep as you could fucking make them. I wonder what the longest someone's kept an outdoor plant alive for. I mean, are we talking 30 years? Can you need light deficit and shit enough to keep it? Or like in Thailand, when you got the 1212, can you keep one alive that long? We found or them here where or... that they will regenerate. Then they do that in April and they'll go back into veg. And it is kind of like uh, DJ's flow. He told me I can actually harvest that plant three different times hmm. here in Thailand because of the tie in it. But we do find some strains here that, yeah, you can just keep it outside here in Thailand and it just regenerates. And, you know, again, in February, March, you're going to harvest. 
when it does that regeneration, does it kind of like shed itself and just become a new plant or is it just stay, keep growing? Like, like I don't, it just I don't keeps, know. keeps growing. Okay. Because you don't harvest all the flowers or if there's any flowers on there, once it gets to April here in Thailand, all these equilateral strains will kind of go back into vegetative because we're not even at 12-12 right now, but we don't go to even 13 hours of light or darkness. Do they just go into veg or do they do we like- get 12 hours and 58 minutes. Like, do they get buds or like stems that grow out of the buds like monster cropping or do they just re-veg kind of? They re-veg right out of the top of the bud. The flower. Okay. The ends just keep going. It just starts all over again. Single leaf in the branch right out of the bud. And then once that gets so tall, you can actually go and I see the people out here, they'll tear the bud apart and smoke that. I've done that. After they get a new shoot sure, coming sure. out. Smoke it all. Yeah, because I've taken I've taken a sh uh, Shoots from yeah, a like the 20. lower part of a fem of a a plant a female plant that was like already at the end of maturity. I mean, it was fucking end of fall. But just for just for shits and giggles, like I tried to take a bunch of cuttings off it, and like I just reached way down in the bottom, like where there was still it was like on the bottom inside of like seven foot plants maybe, but there were still some you know secondary branches that would that would come up that would ha that didn't have any flower bud on them yet or any flower sites. And I just cut those and they fucking, they stayed alive and they, I guess I didn't keep them long enough to know if they started growing, but I kept them alive for like three weeks, maybe before I fucking all the shit hit the fan. Well, when I, I know every, I know every time I've tried to regenerate a plant, man, that sucker takes four, five, six months to flip and really show any type of growth out of it. I am terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I monster crops when I'm doing those are, yeah, it's weird. weird. I still, yeah, I've only done it a few times, but it's like, it, it's just weird every time. It just takes too long. Of course, I came into the first garden I seen here in, in Bangkok, and I went into the guy's room, and he says, you know, I've, I've been regenerating these plants now for like five, six months. And he opens up the tent and he's got three plants that have nothing but green leaves and just a few leaves. And I'm like, so this hasn't grown any, has it? He goes, no, man. Yeah, I heard that regenerating a plant takes a long time. I said, yeah, did you also read in there where you need to leave a little bit of bud formation? Yeah for the new growth to actually grow out of, to regenerate the plant, because you've just been giving leaves sunlight. <laughs> but you can also, like, uh, 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 what's his name? Chad Westport just mentioned it in, in comments on another show the other day, where instead of taking that whole plant to regen, or to, you know, re-veg, re you can Make just take a cutting. Yeah, you, yeah, just take a cutting of that and then let it, let your monster crop come out of there. 
instead of dedicating, you know, so much the more danger space. danger is that, that that thing has such a less sophisticated root system. Sometimes things will work better that way, but you never really know which one will be better. The best yeah. is actually if you have enough of a do, yeah. root ball or root whatever, if you have plant. enough of a plant, rather, that you could take both. You could basically take some cuttings and try to get extra clones because I've gotten clones off of I've gotten clones off of 12 week buds. Literally I've gotten, cause I've, I realized, Oh shit, I really like that. Whatever. Um, uh, I've got, I've got something revegging right now. It's literally a tiny little bud basically, but it's fucking revegging out of literally flower. Basically it works, but it has to be strong enough to survive the clone dome, basically the whole cl- uh, clone process. Cause it's going to be a while before it can actually photosynthesize and everything else. So it has to have enough, juju or whatever the fuck or mojo like austin powers or something to survive um i guess i'm just babbling in circles because like you never actually know which one is going to be the one that has enough and which one is just going to freaking peter out and rot and if you put it with other clones it'll end up rotting those other clones too so it's even worse um anyway yeah the one i had probably would have gone to shit just because i didn't uh it just just seemed to me that like they just hadn't didn't get those oxygens to tell them to flip switch and, or they never got enough light maybe even you know they were probably under do you have uh, any uh, tricks to help uh re-veg plants mr toad um, add amino acids increase light scheduling uh, change the spectrum up the, those are the things that i usually go through I try to jump up to 18 to 20 hours of light, increase the amount available amino acids to the foliar application. Uh, I try to leave as much foliage on the plant as possible so it can photosynthesize still. That's about it. You ever swazi plant towards the end? What's that? Do you ever swazi your plants towards the end? It's like no. where, it's where you almost take like almost yeah, like all these. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Uh, there's so many nutrients in a cannabis plant that are uh, immobile, <laughs> that are stored in the leaf. That if you remove all of them, it's going to be hard for that plant to grow correctly. I don't, I don't do that myself. I've done it right at the end, but like I'll, I'll leave the flower leaves, but all the fan, like especially all the fan leaves. But I like I do a pretty intensive defoliation anyway like i go by the kyle cushman kind of way where anything you anything that's even turned inside or facing towards the inside i'll take mm-hmm. do a lot more poking than tucking but he puts the lotion on the skin gentlemen time to, time to bounce i think what do you think my friends uh who wants to be first robert you look like you're uh itching for a stitching or something go for it buddy all right everybody have a great night toad it was awesome seeing you see you later yeah, everybody man. else team door and actually i wasn't even thinking properly we should give mr toad the pride of uh saying good evening it's been a delight mr toad honestly it's been a pleasure hanging with for a couple hours after the interview the interview itself was wonderful i'm sure everybody's going to be watching on repeat lots of good information uh thank you very much by the way cheers anything you'd like to say before we do buddy uh mostly just want to say uh thank you to all the homies that showed up green fingers captain all the homies in the uh, comment section that were here appreciate you guys Everyone else that I don't know, 
respect that to you. Appreciate y'all paying attention to us when we're up here talking. I hope to hear more stories from more people, man. Yeah, man. Cheers, that was man. great. Cheers, man. Oh, by the way, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Phil. You'll feel. You can uh, also hit me up on uh, email, which is Mr. Codes DDA at protonmail.com. And uh, if you get a hold of me in either of those, I can always give you a link to my Discord, and that's a way to get a hold of me through there. Sweet. And if you're looking for my gear and not just me, you can always hit up Dogga Garden. Uh, they carry quite a few of my stuff. There. So, yeah. Or if you're in Thailand, you can hit up that's true. Captain here. That's right. Captain has a bunch of my gear in Thailand, and I sent him. I sent him like a 40 pack of seeds over there that he's got available to folks with a whole bunch of freebies also. Yes. Nice. Right on. I just swallowed some weed. Cheers, Mr. Toad. <laughs> I hate when I do that. Peace. Have a good evening. I appreciate y'all. Cheers, Toad. Peace. Right, I'll Cheers, leave. everyone. But that was still annoying. Uh, go for it, Ryan. <laughs> Growing Otto. <laughs> uh, Sweet. Who's next? Uh, Captain 420, go for it. Well, everybody, have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Fumidor, for allowing Everybody. me to join your uh, interview with Mr. Toad there. Uh-huh. And, yeah, if there's anybody in Southeast Asia or Asia that would like to... Uh, Join the grow off for the haze of days. We're going to be putting some packs of seeds together to give away to the winner of that. I'm hoping to see quite a few plants over 30 feet. That's crazy. Lunacy. So get a hold of me on IG. It's Ohio's captain, just like on the stream, C A P T, dank. And I'll get those out to you. Yeah, man. Cheers, dude. Peace. Later. Christophe, uh, nous quittons, Peace, mon Christophe. ami. Uh, cheers, Chris, uh, cheers, Captain. Uh, nous quittons. Uh, à bientôt, mon ami. OK. Bah, bonsoir. Uh, good evening, uh, Fumidor. Bonsoir, evening, uh, mon ami. <laughs> et puis, bah, uh, thank you again. Et puis, uh, bah, à bientôt, mon, mon ami. Hein. Je ne sais pas trop quoi dire. Autre uh, uh, encore un tout petit peu, puis finish. Hein. Encore un petit peu, puis c'est et cool, cool hein, les autos. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Frosty. Right. Uh, frosty. Mine is almost done. J'ai oublié. Uh, matin, matin, j'ai... Je, je, je... Le... Oh, j'ai oublié comme le dit. Matin. Christophe, oui. à matin. <laughs> à bientôt. Pas de problème. Okay. Je sais, je suis en Cheers, Christophe. I was trying to think how to say I'm going to show off the... Go ahead, Christophe. Go ahead. No, pardon. I just wanted to talk to you. Sorry. Pas de problème. Pas de problème. Okay. Uh, need to wait for a second because there's a delay and when it, we talk over each other it gets garbled. Okay, there we go. Uh, was I talking about... Uh, I actually forget what I was talking about. Oh, I was telling him that I was, I was trying to tell him that I'm going to show him the flower tomorrow, but I literally can't remember. It's like the simplest fucking French, but I can't remember right now. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, time to end the show. Time to end. I can't even talk English anymore. It's time to end the show. There we go. Time to end the show. 
Thank you very much for hanging, my friends uh, and acquaintances, of course, as we've discovered on the show. This is not all friends. Anyway, friends and ancillary people that also watch the show, uh, thank you very much, all of you, for watching the show. Uh, if you guys want any genetics, go take a look at Fumidoro.com. I think you know uh, the whole drill there, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have seen it all uh, probably a million, billion, trillion times. If you have not been to Fumidoro.com, if you guys are tuning in uh, freshly and newly and whatever, maybe you're fans of Mr. Toad and decided to, to uh, tune in for solidarity, I'd be happy to uh, show you some of my seeds as well. Uh, take a look, ladies and gentlemen, at Morgana. If you're basically uh, brand new to Fumidoro, that's probably the easiest recommendation right there. Lime River Rose right behind it. If you're into limes, that's basically going to be right up your alley. If you're into uh, basically everything else, I think probably Morgana is probably the best uh, recommendation giggly goofy happy weed uh very uh, uh, uh how do i say this uh, uh, uh greasy uh beautiful looking weed it's some of the most stunning weed that people always tell me like this is the most stunning plant i've ever grown it's literally like a, a repeating statement that people say this is the most beautiful pl plant i've ever grown thank you fumador da, da, da. so if you want to grow a plant like that it's going to be the most beautiful plant that you've ever grown you want to impress a girl in your life or something or the boy in your life whoever it is pet Rooster, whatever, whoever you want to impress, ladies and gentlemen, in your life, uh, grow some Morgana. I bet you're going you're gonna to do it. Of course, if you'd like to try uh, Morgana V2, I think there's going to be even a little bit more color in that one. Uh, so far, I've only gotten a couple pictures of that one, but so far they've been really lovely pictures. But based on my experience with some of the other uh, Black Prince Ruby crosses, that second uh, edition of crosses, a lot more color. So even more color potentially than the first edition of uh, Morgana. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you're interested in uh, some uh, colorful phenotypes, but also in a nice sour cherry flavor, sour cherry Morgana, the V3 basically is for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's the sour cherry Morgana, crossed the Black Prince Ruby Father. I think you guys will enjoy all of those. What was I going to say? Uh, going to be telling you a little bit more about one of the uh, Black Prince Ruby. No, no, no. Let me think. What is the cross actually? Never mind. I'm not going to tell you quite yet. I'm going to tell you a little bit more. It's 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 we're retaining the mystery ever so slightly longer. But I'm going to tell you a little bit longer uh, in the near future about actually technically still it is a Black Prince Ruby cross. So I'm not lying with you, but I would be lying if I told you exactly the way that I told you just then. Anyway, going to be telling you more about that one. Going to be telling you more about some of the other crosses here in the near future, and uh, hopefully about a couple of the other crosses uh, uh, that I have not made public yet. Uh, going to be coming out with some uh, coot special crosses here in the next uh, little bit, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have been watching. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, for complicated reasons, there will not be any testing for those seeds, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, it's going to be kind of a one and done but there's a few strains available. I think I mentioned a Black Prince Ruby, the Black Prince Ruby number three, crossed that Coot Special male. Uh, let's see, what else did I tell you about? I told you about a Great Pie female, the Great Pie, not just some Great Pie, but a, a very good cut of it, and probably not the only cut of it, but one of the best cuts of it, uh, crossed to uh, a, a Coot Special again. I've also told you about, and now I'm again forgetting the third one that I told you guys about, Balsack. Well, anyway, there's some more crosses still. I think you guys should be happy. Keep your eyes peeled, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, some of you might be eligible, so I'm, not, I'm lying slightly because I might decide to actually do testers on one of them uh, because I'm interested in, in working with that particular line in the future, and it would be lovely to actually hear about some of the results of that from some people. So keep your eyes peeled. There might be some opportunity there. 
But in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately at the moment, it looks like I'm not going to have any uh, uh, testers, to be honest. Uh, in the near future, though, there are going to be, because I'm definitely working on a few more uh, strains uh, and... Uh, uh, this whole next generation that's going to be coming here in the near future, uh, that definitely is going to need some testing. So, ladies and gentlemen, keep your eyes peeled, uh, both for new strains but also for uh, testing. So people have been asking me for a while now, and I haven't really had any testers really to uh, send out. There's been some stuff that it would have been nice to get testers or testing on, but because I was so focused on the Coot Special shit, Whatever. It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, let's not drag that shit up again. Uh, I put all that off to the side. I probably could have gotten some incredible data, but uh, you live and learn, ladies and gentlemen. You live and fucking learn. Uh, much respect indeed, Mr. Scott is saying. Much respect to Mr. Toad. That was such a good talk, honestly, with Mr. Toad. We've had a, a string. I forgot completely to tell you guys until now, and, and it's a good thing that I remembered before fucking off. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have another great guest next week. We're going to have a repeat performance from Organic Cultivators, Wendy uh, Kornberg and James Boyer. By Boy, 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 fuck, I should ask him how he pronounces his name. Boyer? 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 Probably Boyer. Anyway, Wendy and James of the, the Organic, what is it called again? The Supernatural Conference uh, next week, not this coming week. Uh, I was joking with somebody yesterday. What does next Tuesday mean? Does it mean tomorrow or the week after that? Okay, no. Next following weekend uh, is the Organic Supernatural Cultivators Conference over in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, I believe. Man, it looked like a great conference. I was really going to go. And then the only reason I didn't decide decided not to go is, well, but a couple of reasons. I was going to end up having to spend probably two grand on it. But uh, I realized, uh, fuck, it's in the middle of nowhere. No offense to anyone who lives anywhere near Sturbridge, Massachusetts. I'm sure it's a delightful place. But compared to where I thought it was, it was nowhere close to where I thought it was. So I thought I was going to basically conveniently stay. Apparently, it actually is not that far from Charlie's Farm. But I thought, like, oh, Charlie's Farm was like, oh, whenever you come to Boston, come stay with me. Well, of course, Charlie's Farm also doesn't quite live in Boston because living in Boston literally costs you one kidney every single day. You run out real fast. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it just would have been... A nightmare. So I, I had no idea how to do it. So I was like, meh. Also, I'm not a morning person. So like if I'd had to rent a car and then like wake up at seven in the morning to go drive to the conference, that just would not have happened, ladies and gentlemen. So unfortunately, I'm passing on that conference. But what a fucking nice conference, honestly. Uh, 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 what's her name? Um, I hate when people say, uh, uh, um, Bug Lady Suzanne. There we go going to be there all three days of the conference she's going to be there like pretty much teaching the entire third day i believe i believe the entire third day is literally bug lady suzanne uh and it's not like a one-on-one -on -one, but it's like a 20 on one basically so great odds of learning uh, uh you'll actually see the whites of her eyes so to speak uh baller honestly not even that expensive of a conference. They're apparently going to try to make it cheaper. So I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it next week about what their plans are. But uh, evidently they're trying to make it cheaper. I heard them talking about it uh, on another show. Uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I would honestly recommend it. They seem like really good people. Uh, uh, the, the conference itself does not seem fluffed up at all. A lot of these kind of conferences, they really milk you, honestly, for your goodwill. Uh, oh, it's regenerative. And then half of it is just fucking... Just, eye roll garbage uh ask me how i know uh this one does not actually candidly seem like that ladies and gentlemen there seems like quite a bit of interesting good stuff 
especially for, and I have to admit this did influence my thinking, especially for outdoor growers. I have, as of yet, I'm still not an outdoor grower with weed. I would very much like to be, but I'm not. So I was like, oh shit, a couple of the, the talks are basically just that. Plus I got to spend two grand to get out there, blah, 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 blah. So I basically decided, hey, fuck it. In the meantime, you should go. Also, they're streaming. I'm actually half thinking about doing the streaming thing. But once again, I'm not a morning person. So I'm like, fuck, half their goddamn stuff is in the morning when I would rather be in bed sleeping. I hate to admit that, but it is true. I don't sleep that much, but not, 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 not in the, not like, don't, don't call me at five o'clock in the morning. Unless we're out still, then, then we'll talk. But don't, don't wake me up at five o'clock in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's, not a recipe for a happy humidor, just, just between you and me. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks very much for hanging. Uh, I did have to wake up. Did I wake up? Yeah, I did wake up at 6, 10 in the morning, which is bad enough for me, to buy a Slovakian microphone. I'm amazed that I pulled it off. I did it. I did it, actually. I have the Slovakian microphone right there. Seems like it would be accented, you know, like all like, no, that I could I almost pulled that joke off. I could have pulled that joke off if I could have pulled off a Slovakian accent. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh, happened though because I can't do that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I own a Slovakian microphone. Ta-da. Uh, thanks very much for hanging, my friends. I should get out of here before I babble too much. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. We'll try to do game night again. Actually, we pulled off game night last week. It was pretty fun. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys would like to uh, hang out for game night again. Come join us. Uh, was I clear that Wendy and James are coming on Tuesday next week? I think I was unclear. So, ladies and gentlemen, the guest next Tuesday will be uh, Wendy and James. So, we're on a roll so far. Uh, that's going to be actually the fourth week in a row. So, hopefully, I can keep it up. Uh, that's what she said, right? Uh, well, also, that's what he said, too, probably. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully, we can keep it up all together. Uh, hopefully, we can all keep it up uh, together. That's what she said, probably, also getting dirty now anyway uh hopefully we can all keep it up uh, for future interviews ladies and gentlemen maybe we can get some uh, maybe we can get some fun people on here and have some interesting conversations they're very rewarding it's it's very uh frustrating in a sense because the shows don't really do any better there's not really very many more viewers sometimes there's more active viewers but the cumulative views usually are actually less and stuff so it's very frustrating in that sense but the shows are so much rewarding for me, I can tell you. And I think a lot of the audience probably feels the same way. So as much as a lot of us do really uh, like the the hangs, and I, I appreciate that. Like, it's nice to just kind of sesh with your friends. And it's been challenging for a lot of us to do that for the last couple of years. And for many of us, it hasn't really gotten that easier as now a lot of people work from home and everything, adding its whole, whole new set of uh, complications and stuff. You know, imagine people used to have safety meetings and stuff behind their workplace a lot of times, right? Hush, hush do that now when you're working at home i mean you can but you're basically just doing it in your backyard right by yourself so anyway i can understand why people like to sesh with friends anyway ladies and gentlemen uh forgot to mention use the coupon code brains for uh 14 off ladies and gentlemen uh keep your eyes peeled for the new strains coming here in the near future hopefully what else was i talking about uh that's it that's it i feel like i forgot something but i guess that must have been it i feel like it was another announcement but can't fucking think of one so 
we'll leave it at that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, be kind, be decent. Be, oh, I should probably say goodbye to the chat because I didn't say hello to anyone. Uh, cheers, Ryan. Uh, he said, do you accept cookies? Uh, I drop a live stream almost every time I poop. These are some interesting stream of consciousness thoughts that Ryan is having right now. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, cheers, Mr. Scotto. Good to see you, buddy. Cheers, Atomic Spoon. Uh, nice to see you as well. Ned Denver, always a pleasure. Stony Creek, nice to see you as well, my friend. Uh, who else in here? Bugs One, good to see you, buddy. I don't grow nine. Sorry to say, not say hello to you, but at least goodbye to you. Cheers, buddy. Uh, who else in here? Robert Greenfingers, good to see you as well. Benny Ben, always a pleasure. Actually, I didn't say hello to a lot of you folks, so my apologies for not saying hello. I guess we can say goodbye and say hello next time. Cheers, Green Puffer Man. Cheers, uh, 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 RZ Banshee. Cheers, Nathaniel Chambers. Josh Colbert. Pip Jam MBF. Good to see all you guys. Justin Beam and all the rest, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for hanging. Oh, by the way, uh, before I leave, I'll just leave you guys with this thought because I had mixed feelings about the thought because uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to leave it to open to these people, but not those people. I don't know. Here's a thought for anyone just listening in. So I mislabeled a couple of clones the other day. More specifically, as I was taking clones, I took the tag being a lazy bastard sometimes and just cheap, I guess I sometimes will label multiple clones with one tag and just put it on those clones, you know, and just, you know, whatever. And it works for me. Shut the fuck up. I realized that I probably should just use one for each tag, but just shut the fuck up. In this case, it bit me right in the balls uh, because I took probably the clone and I'm fairly confident I know which clone it is, but I'm pretty sure I took the clone, one of them, like basically in this case, there were three of them. I took one of them, put it in its freaking forever, well, in a Dixie cup or not a Dixie cup, solo cup, basically transplanted it, put the tag in there, forgot about the other two and just left them there. And so now I have two clones that are almost certainly da 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 or da 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 I don't know. But the problem is, like, I'd have to physically grow them out to know what it is. And it's like, and then I would have to know which one goes where and how I want Fuck off. I have basically no use for that clone. And so I thought to myself, what a fun giveaway. So this is a question for anyone listening in. Is that a fun giveaway? It would have to be U.S. only. I mean, obviously, it's just not going to work anywhere else. I hate to say it. Uh... It's technically legal. I mean, there's there's no weed on it. There's no THC. It's just a clone. So there's no, like, little pistols or anything because, you know, some of my plants actually do have, I've thought about this, some of my pistols, uh, or some of my, some of my pistols, some of my plants, like my Ruby Jack number eight, uh, a couple of my Morganas, well, both my Morganas, I guess, um, a couple other plants, the, the Bedrock Boogies, they like to throw uh, uh, bracts with actual sugar, so to speak, with trichopeds on them. Uh, that would be potentially illegal to ship because I bet you anything if you tested it, I don't know for sure, but I bet you anything there's detectable amounts of THC in there. So those would technically be illegal. But uh, the clones that I have, for sure, there's nothing on there. Um, so I'm curious, would anyone be interested in a mystery clone uh, priority mailed to their door, basically? Or may, I don't know, maybe two of them because I guess there's two of them. I guess I could share two clones. I don't know. If you guys are interested, just... Let me know. Or, I mean, you could always tell, say in the chat or something right now before we leave. I don't want to die in suspense or something. I can give you one, Nathaniel. I'd be happy to give you one. Uh, I think it's a spoiler. I think it's T.O., but it might be something else. But it, it, it could be something else, but I'm pretty sure it's T.O. But I 
especially to it takes kind of a long time to flower it so it's like mm, mm. i would just take a new clone of to honestly um but i'd be happy to give it out anyway uh ladies and gentlemen uh well fuck it if nothing if you want one just email me i'll give you one no, no big deal uh anyway ladies and gentlemen uh with that in mind because i always have clones like that there's always something i've mislabeled or just fuck i just accident i just oh yeah i need a clone for the contest i'll just accidentally mislabel something right but anyway you know what i mean ladies and gentlemen there's always something i can use in the meantime uh thanks friends for watching the show much appreciations uh much appreciations uh, how to tell i'm not soviet spy much appreciations friends uh thank you though very much for hanging ladies and gentlemen uh, if you guys are not subscribed if you're new please do subscribe it'd be very helpful uh shows like mine are permanently shadow banned uh so uh there's basically no way to grow except for by word of mouth and by extreme random chance every once in a while we'll get someone in the chat and be like uh this popped up on my youtube feed i don't know what the fuck this is i'm normally like a drone pilot anyway it's always hilarious when stuff like that happens in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, uh, almost never uh, send one to Alaska. Probably, uh, like as long as it doesn't take too long for it to go, I would imagine it'd be fine. Uh, I mean, priority went real quick right across the country the other day. Uh, uh, Charlie's Farm got a little care package from me, and uh, boy, it just almost got there before I sent it. It was crazy. Uh, anyway, um, I guess it wasn't a dumb idea after all. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, haven't even had a drink tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for hanging. Be kind, be decent, be gentle, my friends. Uh, do not uh, be fucking pricks, ladies and gentlemen. Do not be dicks. Do not be douchebags. Do not be uh, fuckbags or washed up shit baskets. It was a washed up. Well, you can just imagine how bad that would be. Don't be one of those, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be a poopy shitty pants. And this is apparently very poopy themed. Thank you, Ryan Korkowski, for apparently implanting the... Uh, do you know that there's a whole poop implanting business apparently now? Uh, and uh, a friend of mine who's in the medical field told me that the best poop implanting, I'm sure, I'm sure he knows all about this now, is actually from your friends. Or no, no, I'm sorry, not from your friends, from your family. So those closest to you genetically are the best poop donors. So next time you're at Thanksgiving or something, as you're looking around the Thanksgiving table, or perhaps you're having a Sunday flapjack meal, uh, Ryan Murkowski. I don't know what your family traditions are. Perhaps you guys get together for uh, brunch and waffles and a chat after church. I don't know. I don't know what you guys do. Uh, they're, they're Polish. Maybe they have uh, weekly gołąbki sessions. I don't know. And, and stare each other in each other's eyes and play Polish games and talk about Polish stuff. Uh, lots of stories about Jan Sobieski probably uh, next time you do Ryan Krakowski make sure to look into your eyes and remember that each one of those people potentially donate to you if you're poo persistent thank you very much for hanging Absolutely.